early morning yesterday I was up before the dawn And I really have enjoyed my stay But I must be moving on Like a king without a castle Like a king without a throne I'm a dirty morning lover And I must be moving on Is that I'm just doing it But I have to have things my own way To keep me in my head Like a ship without an anchor Like a slave without a dream It's a part of those you can lay
another exciting edition of the Drop Drexel and Bell Show. I am Todd Dan Drop Wotelitz, and as always, I am joined this evening with my two co-hosts, Brandon Drexel Gerson. Hello. Uh oh, I hear a Skype sound. I can't hear you, Drop. You can't hear me? Yeah. Um. Well, you're very faint. Very faint. Ver- very faint. Uh oh. Should I boot up the ten-year-old laptop? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what about now? Can you hear me now? Uh, it's a little better. It's a little better, but you're not uh, not par. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, I think we still have a problem. Very weird. Uh, let me see what my s- settings are here. This is really strange. You can't. You can barely hear me. Well, I I I say right now, if I turn up my volume a little bit, it's fine. It was just right after you were coming out of the song, it was bad. Yeah, it's hmm. better now. Hmm. Hmm. Never a dull moment here. Yeah. <laughs> we can't ever seem to start a show without some kind of technical fail. All right. Everybody says it sounds good to them, so uh, yeah. I'm not going to okay. care my, about back. my two co-hosts. <laughs> I will not care. You guys can just struggle and crank up the volume, and uh, as long as the listeners can hear okay, that's fine. Anyway, uh, welcome again, people, to the Druff, Drexel, and Val show on PokerFraudAlert.com and VegasPokerRadio.com. And we have a lot of things to get to tonight, but before we get to any of that, as always, we have a free roll. $50 minimum free roll. And when I say minimum... How is it always $50? Somehow that's always you the way it You want the $50 back? Exactly. It's somehow always the way it ends up. But $50 minimum, if you donated from previous weeks when you won second or third prize or whatever and wanted to donate back to the free roll, or if you wanted to donate the piece of me that you won from Event 53 to this, whatever it is... I need a database keeping track of this, but in the meantime, I've been trying to just, like, memorize this, and then I forget it as soon as I start playing World Series events, and that gets on my mind. So, if you donated to this tournament, please post in the thread about the tournament, and I will increase the prize pool. Right now, the prize pool is $50, and that was from C-Money. Very generous guy, just keeps giving us 50, 50, 50 for uh, every week for this tournament here. Thank you, C-Money. And He's in Vegas now. Wow, I, I didn't even know that. So, anyway... Yes. Uh, this free roll, once again, is on the No Fraud Online Poker Room, which is part of PokerFraudAlert.com. If you go to the top of the screen, you'll see it says No Fraud Online Poker, kind of near the top. Just click on that, make an account. It's a completely free tournament to enter. You don't even need play chips to enter. So you'll start off with zero play chips, but you don't need play chips to enter. It's totally free to enter. Uh, right now, as it stands, though this may be increased, the prizes will be 30 for first. That is 30 real dollars, 15 for second, and 5 for third. I will send this to you in whatever way you like. Real money, real cash money, not some crappy money on some online poker site that will never let you withdraw it. This is real money. I'll send it to you on PayPal, check, cash, whatever. Uh, this is a No Limit Hold'em tournament. It will be starting at 7.40 p.m. Pacific Time. And that's about 27 minutes from right now, so you have some time. But very important, and people keep forgetting this. There is no late registration. So if you show up at 741, you're out. And it'll say you're on the waiting list. And that doesn't really mean you're on the waiting list. That means you have to wait till next week. So this is not my choice. This is the way the software works. And we can't change it. So you just have to show up by 740 sharp or just register way in advance and uh, show up when you're I I would be remiss if I didn't ask you. What are the uh, qualifications to be able to play in this set free roll? The qualifications to play in the free roll 
are that you had to have an account registered on Poker Fraud Alert by May 21st, 2012. That you didn't have to post on the account, you didn't have to do anything with the account other than register it. If you do not have an account on Poker Fraud Alert registered prior to May 21st, you need to get my permission to qualify for the free money. If you don't get this from me before you win, then I'm not going to send it to you. So uh, if you want to qualify for this free roll and you are not registered here by May 21st, please send me a message. Either PM me on Poker Fraud Alert or send me an email, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, and tell me your history as far as this site is concerned or a previous site that I was involved with. Tell me your history there or here. And uh, here, you know what? I have a phone call coming in. Usually I, I don't just take calls at the beginning of the show, but what the hell. Calling you on, on the air on Poker Fraud Alert Radio with Druff, Drexel, and Vowels. Who are you? And please turn down your radio. I know. I'm doing that. I, I couldn't believe that uh, I got in. Well, who is this? My God, Do we have to go through this every every time? Apparently. I'm not, I'm not even sure who this is. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's I'm Marty. Good. No, it's not Marty. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. This is Carco. You got me. What up? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kariko, who are you really? Oh, man, I, you know me, just drinking some Jim Bean and being a fucking total degenerate. <laughs> Do we know who this is? I, it might be, joke? is it oh, Mantha Yes, we went to this, I'm a legend. I don't know, at first I thought it might be Mantha Rat, but I don't think it is. No, this is not Mantha Rat. No, not the Mantha Rat, so who is it? Drop, come on, it's the biggest legend ever. There's I was a lot on the of first big... fucking radio show of, the, of you, you did here. Come on, bro. There's a lot of big legends in our community, so that's a is lot bad, is this bad? No, it's not bad guy. It's not bad guy. I was the first ever caller on Poker Friday. Oh, radio. okay, I know who it is now. This is a guy who has uh, rather large eyebrows that seems to like older women. <laughs> <laughs> this is Eric Ryland, and I guess he is oh, kind of a legend. Oh, hi. How Eric Ryland. Hello. Yeah. Yes. yes. The, I, yes. And I don't have big eyebrows anymore. I really? actually fixed that after uh, Weissman, or Weissman, how do you say his name? So Weissman actually made you shave down your eyebrows? Yes, actually he aimed me and he said, Ryland, you seriously need to just, it's not going to be gay if you fix your eyebrows, just do something. And you did, so, you took that to heart. What make you shave? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's it, honestly, I mean... But they're fixed now. They look good. Oh, very good. They're so, uh, Ryland, just hang on one second here. I just want to finish announcing the free roll. So uh, you'll have to PM me or email me if you want access to it and convince me you've been part of or at least lurking in the community for some time. No, I don't. I I'm don't not talk, need I'm any not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to out of the free roll. <laughs> I'm talking to everybody else. I, I don't care if you're in the free roll or not, Ryland. You're, you, in fact, you qualify. Ryland, you have my seal <laughs> of approval. Oh, Excuse me, I thought you were talking to me. Okay, so Ryland... During the the early show announcement. Yeah, so Ryland, uh, what... Marty, you can can PM drop if you're in need of 50 bucks. No, actually, he can't. He's not in good standing on this site. But look, uh, Ryland... (laughs) Ryland, Yeah, he's banned. Uh, So, Ryland, why are you calling, though? I'm I'm happy to hear from you, but why are you calling the show right now? Um, I mean, actually, I'll tell you exactly why. I I came right over here to Poker Fraud Radio, and I saw... I was actually two minutes away from when you started the radio show. I was looking for a thread. Solomon aimed me, saying that uh, Dan Boba, uh, Judah, or, uh, yeah, Dan is going to prison for five years. 
What? Yes. What? Wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. This, well, this is a huge announcement. I mean, not a good announcement. I'm not happy to hear this at all, but uh, what, what happened here? Solomon never lies, and I wanted to check out if there was a thread about it. They read about it, you know? No, nobody's heard anything about this. This is the um, first I've heard of it. Let me... Let me get the aim history up. Now, while he's doing that, it, I want to tell it, the listeners here that Dan Boba is also known as Neverheeb. He's a very, very early member of our community, going back eight years. And he has had a lot of problems in his life, mainly with drugs. But, Good friend uh, of 408 Mike. He, for the most part, he's kept out of like legal trouble. Uh, he's really been more of a victim of, uh, yeah, like he got uh, carjacked and some other things. But, uh, yeah, we talked about him last time when I called in. Yeah, like when you well, met him in person. So like he's gotten himself in bad situations, gotten beaten up, gotten guns pulled on him, and stuff like that because of his involvement in uh, the okay. drug community. But and, he's never had. And like, you would think, and you would think, I first thought when he said, you know, Dan Boba's facing five years. I said, I automatically thought, okay, drugs or something, right? Yeah. You're not going to believe this. It's it's totally believable because it's like it's not even like it's ridiculous. Okay. And I said, you know, w- <clears throat> WTF, no way, what the fuck happened? And he's, like, very sad. He's facing five or six counts for just being a fucking total idiot while he's on probation for something. Is that true? Is he on probation? I don't know. Uh, what he did was he tried to steal a sandwich at, a, and, uh, at, like, a mall or something, and then the security guard confronted him, and he... He pushed the security guard, and now he has to, uh, yeah. Well, does that that sound believable? I mean, Solomon doesn't lie. Let me tell you this. I am actually friends with Dan on Facebook, and this is his confirmed account, and I'm looking and I'm noticing that he posted yesterday um, that Mm -hmm. he said he just got off work, but then his previous post... Uh, his status, I should say, was inside the Templar's Creed reads that Christ descended into hell. Does the Creed simply state Earth is hell or that Christ, the way included living figureheads in Inferno, stuck me as a similar illusion, I suppose? Yeah, I don't know how to decipher that exactly, but. I mean, I guess I can validate that at this point he is not in jail because as of yesterday uh, in his hometown yeah, of Tokyo, he's, uh, he's still posting on Facebook. Yeah, he said he's gonna. He has to go and see, uh, go to court or something. He's okay, so I don't. I don't think years. it's gonna be five years. I think this is something where you can face up to five years for violating parole. But because this sounds like a fairly minor violation, and that he, uh, I mean, he probably, if this is true, and what I, kind of sandwich was it? Do you know? <laughs> did, did it have tomatoes, <laughs> tomatoes on? Tomatoes on the side. Yeah, were the tomatoes there or on the side? Yeah, we don't want. <laughs> Um, I mean, 408 can give us more information. Okay, but the point is here with the uh, try to steal something of value like a sandwich and uh, push a security yeah, really guard. Yeah, the security guard too. And he got I, I know, and at least I mean, I understand when you're on probation, it can really ratchet up the penalty. But five years is a very, very stiff penalty, and even for a probation violation, they don't typically give that unless it's something really bad. Or you know, the only other case is something like there was a weird case in California a number of years back because of their three strikes law, where two guy, where a guy who had a really, really violent past and had two very serious strikes. 
then mm-hmm. forcibly stole pizza from someone. He actually walked up to kids and just took their pizza, and uh, he was charged <laughs> with, with, with felony theft. And because that was his third felony, he was sentenced to 25 years to life. But this is a guy who already had two convictions for two very serious felonies, not stealing pizza. And it just happened that stealing the pizza was the final straw that broke the camel's back with him. But with Dan, I don't see him getting five years or something like this. Though I, I could see them locking him up for a few months, and it's possible that he's not in jail and still being charged. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know where Solomon got this from, but, you know, I just wanted to, you know, check it out and read about it. Yeah, I mean, it's Call an interesting thing. Uh, to accept, press 1. To send a voicemail, press 2. Anyway. Hello? Yeah, uh, we have one step on the phone. One step, do you have anything to add to this? Yeah, I'd like to know if when Ryland's going to be in New York. Do you want to meet up with him? Are <laughs> going to be anytime soon? Because I'd love to shove my, my fist down your mouth. Oh, okay. So I don't hold on, think hold that's on. what he wants. In his mouth. I, I, I was, yeah, I was going to say here, hold on. I thought that maybe One Step was attracted to Ryland and wanted him to come to New York for the same reason he would want. Have him answer, have him answer, have him answer the question. Well, no, hold on. I just want to give my right, analysis. Right, so here. you're asking, is this like some kind of sexual favor you're asking for, or do you want to like fucking kill no, him? No, I'm asking if you're, if you're going to be in New York within a year, within this year. No, but why do you want him here? Do you want to beat him up, or do you want to have sex with him, or both? <laughs> he wants to shave so him. the first choice. Now, why are you oh. so mad at Ryland? What, what, is the, what has Ryland done to you? That's, that's, that's not the issue. I'd like him to answer the question. Um, I actually will be in New York. Uh, all right. That's gonna be you, let, you let Solomon. You let Solomon know. Solomon will let me know. What? And, and, uh, and, 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 and I've never heard the tough side of one step before. This is interesting. This is like manly okay. one step. You let you let you let you let Solomon know. Uh, and then I'll meet you anytime. No, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you right now. We don't have to have Solomon as a mediator. What's the backstory? No, yeah, they won't tell us what the backstory is. There's no, there's no mediator. Uh, well, hold on, hold on. Tom to know where, where you'll be in New York. Wait, hold on. And, and I'll meet you, and hold then we'll on. go from there. Hold okay? on, we can't give I mean, time to this. Honestly, the Hang only on. thing, the only thing you're good for, one step, is calling into radio he, shows, yelling nigger, nigger. Okay, he hung up, and uh, stick with that. do you have any idea, Ryland? He hung up. Do you have any idea what this is about? Uh, yeah, basically, a long time ago, like on the NWP days, I like. Uh, I asked everybody, I was telling everybody, there's no way this kid is bisexual. I thought it was just a joke, you know? Yeah. And, like, he, that just, he just freaked out, and he said that. He, but a lot of us said that. Even, even I said that. So why is he focusing this on you? Oh, I mean, well, what he did was uh, he added me on Facebook, and I messaged, like, Three girls <laughs> randomly on the front page. This was like classic round. I wouldn't do this these days, but <laughs> I know this is bad. And I, I messaged them on Facebook. I'm like, is this dude like really fucking bisexual? Just Uh-oh. to like. <laughs> and once he got word of that. Well, like, what did the girl say he back? Said, he said that uh, he was really weird in high school, but he, she honestly has no idea. That's a big shock to me that, that one was, step was weird in high school. I would have never guessed that one. <laughs> okay, so so anyway, all right. Well, I understand why he's mad about that, that you're contacting people from his personal life. I know you did this a long time ago, but I understand why he's yeah. angry that you would uh, find girls on his Facebook and ask if he's bisexual. I mean, it, you know, it, whether he is or not, uh, he probably wasn't ready to come out with that either way. So, 
uh, in chat, one step is well, then, that it was so half then of his Facebook. Sorry for interrupting you, Balls. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that one step is claiming it wasn't just a few girls. It was half of his Facebook friends yeah. that you contacted. No, that, that's a lie. It was no more than four people. Well, and I'll tell you two, something. Two of them, only two of the four I messaged message me back. I remember it like it was yesterday. Let me tell you something. If you go to if you go to New York and someone who looks like pale Honus Wagner approaches you, uh, I would start running. Uh, you, what do you think that One Step is capable of extreme violence? Uh, I think that he is just well. If I say my thoughts, he's, maybe that will change. <laughs> maybe Have you it tried apologizing? I'm just curious. Oh, I did try apologizing, but he, but he, uh, you know, he's very set in his opinion of me um, for the rest of uh, our time here on Earth. So you know why? This is why. This is why it takes so long for us to finish this radio show because we have this long agenda, and we've gotten to nothing because we've had a bombshell that never keeps going to jail, and a threat from one step to the guy giving the bombshell. That he's going to kick his ass in New York and wants to know when he's going to be there. So th- we haven't well, done anything. you know what it, uh, what it was origi- it originally was he was going to find me and uh, you know beat the shit out of me. It wasn't just when am I going to be in New York. He was actually going to set out on a road trip and okay. find me. Well, maybe he's lost the funds to do that. Maybe he doesn't have the money to travel to Minnesota. So now he wants you to come to him. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what yeah, it is. It, it is kind of funny. Like, it is funny instead of like, hey, I'm going to find you and kick your ass, or I'm going to travel to where you are and beat you up. It's, hey, let me know when you come to my town. I'll kick your ass. Yeah, and here we are. You know, <laughs> lazy <years> way. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Three or four years later, he's obviously just all talk. Um, I mean, if he's that upset about, I don't know. I mean, he's just. Maybe he doesn't have that much uh, going on where he has to worry about this. You know, you know I should start. Cares? I think I should start talking trash to someone like a Quaternion, and then he can say to me, "Hey, man, next time you come to Fairbanks, you're dead." <laughs> yeah, and there's no way he's going to know when you when you do go there. So, <laughs> but uh, before I let you guys uh, get to your big agenda, um, I thought I'd let you know I'm moving to Vegas in a few months, maybe. Sooner than a few months, because the, those sites are going to be popping up there. And oh, so you're going to move to play. So you're going to move to play the legalized online poker that's supposedly coming to the state of Nevada. Yeah, and I wanted to be there for that, just to try. And I just wanted to change. I'm I'm sick of Minnesota. For I just need a long vacation. But uh, are you guys all in Vegas or no? Yeah, well, no, not all of us. Uh, Angel is actually in. Arizona and lovely Phoenix, Arizona, yeah. where it's 115 degrees at 7:30 p.m. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> and my grandparents uh, live in Scottsdale, Arizona, so I've been there quite a bit. Now, Ryland, I, I would watch out here because uh, a lot of people move from faraway places to come to Las Vegas, and it doesn't always work out. Uh, some of them. Oh yeah, but the thing is, I mean, between uh, what I'm already doing now with uh, affiliate marketing and stuff, I don't have to even worry about poker at this time. I'm making more than... I, but it's not so. just the money. But the town just eats you up. Yeah, it's not always just the money. It's not always just the money. It's the lifestyle, too. You know, a lot of people just can't really handle the lifestyle. And, and then some people, they just, uh, you know, hold themselves up in their apartment all day and uh, browse dead forums 24 hours. So, you know, <laughs> I won't yeah, name well, any I mean, there. We're not mentioning any names. I'm not saying I'm buying a house out there or anything. You know, I'm just... It's anything from away from Minnesota is going to be best right now. Yeah. So. 
Okay, well, uh, Ryland, uh, keep us updated with that. We're going to move on with the show here. And, of course, anybody who wants to play the free roll, you got 10 minutes to register and uh, on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. And uh, thank you for calling, Ryland. Thank you. All right, yeah, uh, talk to later. You. Thanks for answering my call so uh, early in the show. Peace. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. So that was Eric Ryland, a uh, guy who showed up in our community back, I think he wasn't even 18 then, and uh, took a lot of abuse, though a lot of it was very justified. And, uh, you know, he's grown up some, and, uh, you know, he's grown up so much that he actually had a relationship with a woman who was nearly 40 years old, and he's, like, in his early 20s. And uh, he But in his de- defense, she looked about 30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, now, does he have the record on the, on the former set we were all on for the most dupe names, but, like, using his name? Weren't they, like... At least 20 different variants of Eric Ryland? Yes, yes. He did use a lot of different Ryland names on Never Win Poker back when the forum was over there. So anyway, uh, let me tell you people about some things we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, the World Series of Poker Week 6 stories, including my own experience so far in the main event, where despite having a disappointing day two, I am still in and I still have average chips. So I'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about the World Series of Poker falsely promoting that 2012 was the biggest prize pool of all time for the World Series of Poker, or for any tournament series. Turns out this is not true, and they used a really lame technicality to claim that. We'll talk about that. Uh, The wrong time was printed on 40 different preliminary event tickets. This is not for the main event, but for one of the preliminary events. I think it may have been the uh, 10K PLO. Uh, One of them had 5 p.m., printed on 40 different tickets when the event was actually at noon. And they tried to contact some of these people, but some of them showed up late, and they actually got some static regarding getting a refund, including people who actually went ahead and played, and uh, and then claimed after the fact they wanted something back for it. And I'll talk about that. Uh, there are some cash game follies at the Rio. Now, this is not related to the tournament of the World Series of Poker. Yes, Follies. Mm-hmm. Not Folio, but Follies. Who uses that word anymore? Uh, I don't know. It just reminds me of girls in little skirts on roller skates. Follies. <laughs> I'm just reading for my agenda here. It says Rio Cash Follies. <laughs> I mean, yes, I wrote it, but uh, I, mean, I guess it's kind of like using the word stockings for pantyhose. I kind of helped produce it, Joe. Let's not get carried away. Okay, that's true. So we had uh, two different Follies that occurred at the Rio Cash Games. One of them had two people flopping the nut flush. How's that possible? Two people both having the ace-high flush <laughs> in the same hand of poker. And this is Texas Hold'em. This is not some so weird variant. This, it makes me ask, is this the only deck that was stacked with two aces? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so we're going to talk about We're going to talk about that. And a terrible floor ruling, maybe the worst floor ruling of all time that cost the casual player $7,000, and that $7,000 went to an angle shooter, a really scummy angle shooter. We're going to talk about that. Uh, I'm a, I'm a canned. <laughs> Tom Dwan is in the news. I should have told this to One Step when he called. He might have been at breakfast at the fine casino known as Ellis Island with Howard Letterer, of all people. There's a picture taken. It's definitely Dwan in the picture, but is the other guy Letterer? We will talk about it. If you want to see the picture, it's already up in the thread for our radio show. So we will talk about that and debate whether that's Letterer with Dwan and if they were together, what the hell were they talking about? Uh, Lock Poker is having major problems on their new network. They left Merge a while back on June 1st, 
and they have their own network. They took over the Cake Network. They're having a lot of problems, and they're not being very responsive. I will tell you about that. Epic Poker. If you thought they can't fail anymore, they have screwed their writers. Now, this a lot of people thought this was coming. This is not a shock. But there were a lot of people who were owed money that did work for them. And uh, it went to bankruptcy court. And some of these writers were attempting to still get paid. And we got the report from one of them who posted to Twitter. She, her name is Jen Newell. And she actually used to write front page articles for Neverwin Poker when she worked for Poker News. But uh, I will read you her tweets and give my thoughts about that. But uh, a number of writers got screwed by Epic Poker. And now the situation's final. An English gentleman, not Colonel Faversham, but another English gentleman broke Phil Locke's record for consecutive hours of play. If you remember, Phil Locke set up a camera in Bellagio and recorded himself playing for 114-something consecutive hours at 10:20 no limit. Someone broke that in England. Talk about that. We will discuss what percentage the pros had of themselves at one drop. We don't know a lot of these things for sure, but we're going to speculate on it and discuss it. And of course, we'll be taking feedback from the chat on that situation if anybody else has information on that. Two full tilt stories came out this week. Poker Stars and the full tilt deal, where Poker Stars was supposedly buying them. Someone came out today and is claiming that it was all a hoax. That it was all a hoax either to prevent Group Tapey from purchasing full tilt or a hoax to get Ray Batar into the country. And that this was never going to happen in the first place. And the DOJ was just uh, jerking around poker stars and the, was never going to let it happen. Uh, the guy claiming it was a lawyer, I believe, for party gaming. So it's not a nobody claiming this, but uh, there's denial on the other side now from poker stars. We will discuss that and then see what we can figure out. Also, Ray Batar, who was arrested last week, was granted bail. Surprisingly, he did have to put up some things for the bail, but uh, he was granted bail. We'll talk about that. We have a $50 contest tonight. Not talking about the not talking about the free roll. I'm talking about a contest. Older or younger than Druff is the game. We've played this several weeks here where I name six different poker players. You have to guess if they are older or younger than I am. And if you get four out of six right or more, then you win the the prize, which tonight is a $50 gift card which is a restaurant gift card that is good at uh, Chili's. It's always, it's always $50. It's always $50. This wasn't even my choice. This is thanks to Pooh. Pooh. Yes. yes. Pooh, who sent this gift card saying he likes the radio show, just wants to contribute to it. This gift card is good at Romano's, Mar- Macaroni Grill, Chili's, Maggiano's, and I think one or two other places. So I, I would like that gift card. It's a nice gift card. $50 gift card worth much more than the $10 we usually give away for this segment. And that will be on older or younger than Druff. And we're not going to take the first call tonight. Tonight it will be the seventh call. So it won't go to the person who's just waiting to hit the call button the second I announce it. We have two segments about poker relationships gone sour and broadcasted to Twitter. Now, you guys remember last week, Matt Marafiotti, at Zizzy on Twitter, tweeted all about Lauren Kling and her supposedly hairy butthole and how it grows back fast after she shaves it. Well, just as soon as that nasty stuff was all over Twitter, it seems to have gotten better again between them. And now before, before you go on, I have to say, normally I don't comment. And, and for those that uh, don't know, Druff does the write-up each week after uh, the show is in the archives. 
And uh, I have to admit, when I went last week and I looked at the summary, uh, the, <laughs> the title is pretty, uh, pretty hilarious. <laughs> last week's show, dated July... I'm sorry, that was... Yeah, was it July 4th? No, that's a real July, wrong yeah, no, no, July it, it, Did it say July 4th? It should have been July yeah, it 3rd. Says, yeah, it says July 4th, 2012. It's actually July... Third. Did we do it on Monday or no, Tuesday? We, no, we did on Tuesday. It was the 3rd. Okay. July 3rd, 2012, the Druff, Drexels, and Vowel Show, titled... One hairy situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the title of last week's show. So, anyway. Uh, he actually has tweeted since then that things have gotten a lot better between them. And, in fact, he's been reading this forum, and he's not very happy with what he's been reading. So we'll talk about that. And we had a second relationship in poker, a high-profile relationship that also had a very big controversy and also took to Twitter. And also has a postscript story to it. We'll talk about that, too. Is this like a copycat thing? It sounds like it is, but it's not. It's a completely separate situation. I guess it's just cool now to take your relationship problems to Twitter if you're a high-profile poker couple. Anyway, uh, we're also going to talk about, briefly, and I really mean briefly, the situation that's come up on the forum between Brandon, our co-host here, and Slim T. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it. And we're not going to take calls on it, but it is going to be acknowledged. Ten minutes, Max? Something like that. And okay. we're we're not going to take calls on it. We're going to discuss it and also explain why this is not going to be a major segment here. I've already explained it on the forum. For those of you that don't read the forum, we'll explain the situation and explain the actions that are being taken and not taken regarding that matter. Uh, maybe Ken Scaler will call in. Maybe he won't. Uh, we did hear from him last week. And... Uh, of course, we have the Ask Val segment, and who knows what else will come up. We always just fly by the seat of our pants here. So that's our agenda for tonight. And if you want to participate or participate, you can do so in our chat room. Uh, we try to read the chat room, though sometimes it's hard to pay attention to that and do a good show at the same time, so I kind of go on and off with looking at it. But uh, if you want to call in, phone number is 775-FRAUD. 55 775F R A U D 55 or 775 372 8355 or if you're in the 702 area you can also call 702 430 1808 and I uh, will take one more call here before continuing with the show caller hello caller all right I tried he didn't talk so uh, we are going to go on, and uh, you know I'm getting complaints from Slim T already in the chat. Uh, you are a pussy, Druff. I'm shocked. Slim T, I, <coughs> I will talk about this later. Hey, what the hell? Let's talk about this now and get this over with. Otherwise, it's just, it just, otherwise it's just going to drag on through the whole show and ruin the chat room. So this is the story, okay? Um, Slim T, who has since identified himself as Raw Wolf, which was pretty well known anyway. We we never said it, and he never said it, but it was pretty well known that Slim T was kind of a character being done by longtime user Raw Wolf, who has been a longtime fan of this show. We appreciate that. Uh, he came to Las Vegas, and he met a few of us. He met Brandon. He met me. He met China Maniac. He met John Stamos. And I spent very little time with the guy, I came after they'd already been together for a short time, and I guess he wasn't feeling well that night and went to sleep. But uh, before the rest of us left to go to dinner, 
which is what we did after we left Slim T. Uh, Brandon agreed to do something very nice and generous, and no matter what you think about this whole story, there's no question that Brandon really did this. Both sides agree. And there's no question that this was a very generous action on Brandon's part for someone that he barely knew. Right, this was above and beyond the call of duty. Yeah, or, in fact, didn't know at all until he met him here in, in Vegas. And this was... Uh, Slim T said that he had cancer. He told Brandon that uh, immediately upon meeting each other. And uh, he said that he can't eat the food at the Rio for that reason. And he had a, a list of groceries and things he wanted to have picked up for him and said that he's really too sick to do it himself and asked for Brandon to go do this, gave him $400 to go buy this list of things at Walmart. So Brandon... Well, I'm, I'm sorry, let me correct you. It was Walmart, Smith's, and three gas stations. Okay, okay. So it ended up being Walmart, Smith's, and three gas stations that Brandon went to. And Brandon did this. And in fact, Brandon left... Brandon left us early from dinner to go do these things. And when he went to go do it, he said, I really don't feel like doing this right now. This is really not what I'm in the mood to do, which is understandable. Who wants to go shopping at 3 in the morning when you're kind of tired? Right. But but he went and did it because, and I, I can tell you this for sure, because he said this to me, he said this to China when we we're all standing there. He said, that, you know, I feel bad for the guy. He said he has cancer. He didn't look well. I want to help him out. So I agree to Brandon, do it. Brandon, at that point, were you questioning why he wanted all the tobacco chew instead of some healthy stuff? No, I... I you know, this is the thing. I don't want. I feel as if I start talking and saying my side of the story, then it isn't fair that he's not here, and I don't want to debate or even go. All this has been said on the forum. If you want to rehash and talk about it, that's fine. But everything I've written is true. People can read the threads. It's been it's been said. But all I'm going to say about it is that I believed him at face value that he was not well. He didn't look well. Um, I mean, in my opinion, he didn't look. I mean, it could be for various reasons. I'm not necessarily vouching that he has cancer. I mean, who knows? I did indeed find it odd that he said that to me within literally minutes of meeting, but I took what he said at face value, considering the fact he did not look well at all, claimed he didn't eat for two or three days, and that, that was really my only determination. I went and I took care of it. And that's that's really all I, I want to say about it. Okay, so so okay. so what happened was Brandon went and got these things, and that's not in dispute. In fact, I even posted a picture of Brandon with the stuff in the shopping cart. Um, he spent about two hundred forty something dollars, tipped the bellman twenty bucks at the Rio to have this stuff sent up to Slim T's room because Slim T didn't go, come down and get it, uh, and that left about one hundred forty dollars not spent. What happened after that is what's under dispute. Um, Brandon claims that um, basically Slim T went psycho on him and was hassling him constantly to hang out with him and you know, was getting mad when he wasn't. And um, also Slim T asked Brandon to get action booked, like a, a bracelet bet for him. Slim T wanted to play two events and book a 100 to 1 action on winning a bracelet, where if he wins, he gets a 100 times whatever he bet. And he was willing to escrow the money. He did show the money, so, you know, I believe Slim T really wanted to make this bet legitimately. And, in fact, Slim T made this bet with me for $400, 200 for each of two events, and I got the $400. In fact, I owe him 200 back, since he ended up not playing one of the events. But, uh, he wanted Brandon to book up to $5,000 of action for event number 58, where if he were to win, he would win 500000 Now, the problem with a bet like that is 
you have to find somebody that's very, very trustworthy on the other end. Because a lot of people are very happy to take the 5,000, assuming you're almost surely not going to win the bracelet. And then if you do, by some miracle, win the bracelet, how do you know that person's really going to pay? You know, you can find... Brandon, at any time, was there a person that you had in mind that would have booked this bet? No, no. I mean, I... There was never anyone. I had told... See, this is the thing that, that bothers me now, and I, I, I don't want it. And so, someone in the chat is asking, "Why am I? Why is Druff speaking on my behalf?" Um, and again, th- th- this is it, guys. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to sit here and tell this whole story because, yes, then it does give the appearance that I'm getting to speak my mind and say my part, and then, the, then Slim T isn't. Um, and this is not what I wanted. I, I spent the whole week dealing with this. It's obviously been a very big nuisance to me. Um, so I don't know. I mean, what, what's, what's the best way to say this? Because I don't want to come across and say my side of the story and then give off the impression that I'm, I'm not letting someone well, else. Yeah, but the people, the people it, in the it, chat bring up a good point, and they're, they're claiming, why don't you let Slim T call in for five minutes? This isn't fair to only do one side. So you know what? We shouldn't only do one side. But I agree. I, but, at the same time, but, but at the same time here... I, uh, there's this one other is my problem. I said this to you from the start. Okay, I'm not going to sit here uh, on a radio show that I do out of enjoyment, and you guys all, or sp- specifically you, Druff, sat here and witnessed it, and it's going to go back and forth. He's going to say, I did this, I'm going to say I did that. Now, the only thing I'm going to say right now is two things. In the beginning, and I guess later on in the thread, he supposedly apologized, although I didn't go back. He made some very disrespectful remarks uh, about my girlfriend, which which I didn't appreciate, but that's neither here nor there in the grand scheme of things. And B, he said that I stole money from him. And Druff, as you can validate, uh, and he claimed this in, in many, many posts, Druff, as you can validate, I played for you, and only you. I didn't post it out of respect, because there are a lot of messages here. I don't want to embarrass a guy. That's why I never posted anything, and that's why we never talked about this on radio, because it was an odd meeting, and and things just got progressively worse as the week went on. But you heard a message from him validating everything that I said from the start, that the $140, and that was the only amount of money that was was even in dispute, was I had offered several times to repay him, and he clearly indicated that he did not want me to bring receipts or any change to the Rio, nor was yes, it I did hear that message. Me. I did hear a and message that Brandon played for me, where Slim T did say, "Don't bother bringing the change or the receipts." He he was saying that you know keep the change. He didn't say those words, keep the change, but he said, "Don't bother with any change or receipts." So, and this is when he was mad at Brandon. His, his exact words were, "I don't want the change. I don't want you to bring any re- any receipts. I'm sorry, we wasted each other's time." Then he called me a crackhead. So, so that the, was basically the okay, answer. But I want to shut I want to shut this down here because it's it's not fair that we just do this one sided thing here. But at the same time, here's why I don't want him on the radio here. And Brandon requested this, and I, I'm going to respect this request because. If this was a new story, if, if Slim T just called up out of nowhere and had never discussed this on the forum and said, I want to accuse Brandon of doing such and such, I would totally let him on the air. No question, because I'm, I'm never going to suppress these things where people want to come on radio and accuse someone of something, even if it's one of us. But this is a different story because this has been going on in the forum for you know, four or five days, maybe even more. I, I've, I've lost count. And there's 27 pages on this subject right now. And after 27 pages, we know very little. Because Slim T, despite many, 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 many posts on the subject, will not post the proof. And I made very specific requirements. I said, if you want to accuse Brandon of this, and you want to have a debate with him about it on the radio, 
And you have proof, which he claims he does. He claims he has 60 texts on his phone. I said, post the texts. And he has every excuse in the book why he can't. Uh, he doesn't Dr- know how. I'd like to make an offer right now to Slim T, because he continues to insist that he has this evidence. I will, If he will PM me his phone number after the show tonight, I will personally call him, just me. And he can dictate the texts to me while I type them out like a freaking secretary. I will do that for him. Well, and that I, will yeah, once and for I mean, all this get is crazy. this, this shit is what I'm not understanding. He's a, right. That, that's a very generous offer. And, and I will the, do that. And, and so what I'm trying to say here is that he has something very simple he can do. He says, I have 60 texts that will prove all of this. So we've been begging him for 27 pages on this forum, over 500 posts. We've been begging him, post the text. And he says, I don't know how I'm an internet retard. I'm not good at the internet. I don't, you know what? My mother is terrible at the internet. My mother is in her late 60s, and she's terrible at the internet. But she could easily copy things from a phone onto a message. All you do is you hold the phone next to you, you read it, and then you type, the, uh, you, you type it into a message. It's, you don't need any technological know-how to do that. And it's not like we're talking about a thousand texts where it's impossible to do. Sixty text messages would probably take about half an hour to type out into the forum. Then we could read all the 60 text messages. Then we can have our debate if the te- 60 text messages you know, show that uh, Slim T might have a point here. But he will not post the 60 text messages claiming he can't. What do you mean you can't? Take out your phone... Hold it next to your keyboard and type every word you see on the phone. Why can't you do that? Okay, do if it you for can't him. do that, I make it that easy. If I'm, you can't I'm do that, it so easy. Yeah, if you can't do that, and now Vowels is offering something even better. Well, she will call you, and you can read them to her, and she will type them, and then she will copy it to our forum. That makes it even easier for you. Now, I've been begging for you to do that for almost a week now, and he won't do it. And so why won't I just let him on the show to do this? People say, why don't you let him on the show to present his proof there? How can you give proof over a radio? That's what I'm not understanding. No, it's just going to be a big argument, but for the sake of everybody understanding that Brandon does not indeed have anything to hide, I think we need to let him on. Just give him three minutes. Well, let him make his point in three minutes. I mean, it's it's up to Brandon on this, but Brandon said earlier... This is the situation... All he's going to do is come on and say the same things that he's written in all these posts. Go ahead, let him. I'm not sitting here and debating him. I mean, I'm not, I've been through this for a week posting. Right, right. I'm not going to sit here. So, I mean, it's if not you, gonna, if you, it's not that's fine. Have, have, him, have, him call, have him come on, and then he can speak the same thing. And, and, okay, so and, you're going to let him. You, you don't mind although, him. Although, although you're in, not in debate honesty, him. you know, you know, I don't care. Just call him. I don't care. Right, I'm, I'm not, go ahead, I'm go not, ahead, Slim T. Call him. Give him three minutes of, of Go ahead, Slim T. This is not going to go on a long time, but go ahead and call in and, and make sure to say your most important stuff because it won't be long. Go ahead. I will answer yeah. this phone call. 775-FRAUD-55. I will answer the call. Here we go. It's call, coming in. Time to get this started. All right, Slim T. Go ahead. Yo, I could talk as wool for Slim. Either one, it doesn't really matter. Just be yourself. Just give me, just give me three minutes. I'm gonna tell you what I think, and uh, then y'all can decide, ask questions, or hang up on me. It doesn't matter. It's your show. So, um, literally, the the only thing that I want to explain right here uh, is the blood on the clothes, because it's a microcosm of the entire uh, time that I was out there dealing with Drexel, and I'd like to explain how things can look a certain way and then actually be the entire like different spectrum. So. I was supposed to meet up with Drexel uh, right when I got out there, and it ended up being 2.30 in the morning at the Rio. Now, I was on a different time schedule because I flew out from Alabama. 
So I walked down there in my goddamn pajamas, which it wasn't a big deal because it was uh, scrubs that were from a hospital because I've got a buddy that works there, and I, I take a bunch of those old clothes and paint in them. And I swear to you on my life, there's so many different uh, colors of paint on these clothes. It's like a rainbow. It's all the pastels. There's no way anyone in the world could confuse the colors on my clothing that day with blood. It's physically impossible. Another way I can prove this. Wait, wait, hold, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop, stop for a second here. This is like this the least important issue we've had to deal with in the whole in the whole fight, the, the blood on the clothes. Who cares? This seem like the most meaningless part, <laughs> but go ahead. Well, right, I, I understand that, but like I said in the beginning, this is a microcosm of the way Brandon Drexel goes and spends every small thing to make it sound like his end is right, but really, when you look at it in the light, he's just disgusting. Well, no, it I looks, mean, I mean, so it looks like to me... If you just give me three minutes, I'll explain this side, and I'm you can sorry. ask any question I'll ask. Wait, 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 but hold on, is, is hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We're giving you the three minutes, but hey, you're not you know what? Give him half an hour. I'm not going to sit here and do this. I've wasted enough time this week. I'm doing this radio show. Let him just talk until his heart's content. I don't care. It's fine. There you go. And, and that's great because, honestly, uh, Drexel, Druff, and Vowels, y'all should ha- keep this show. I'm big fans of the show. I think Drexel's great for it. He has a great personality. He gets the right guests. I mean, I've always been a fan of y'all's show. Okay, but you know, the way, that well, he well, le- the way that he led me on in multiple issues, I'm no longer a fan of him in person. It has okay, nothing to Rob do Wolf, with this, the show. This is what I didn't want. So, this, this is what I didn't want. First of all, Drexel actually just hung up on the show. He's gone. Okay? Uh, second, right. So second here... Uh, and, and that makes me unhappy. Your second, this is not what I wanted to hear about, was whether there was blood on your... You know, I, I think I might even believe your story. I think I might even believe this part of the story. In. If I could just say one more thing, then decide, Drew. Uh If you read the forum, Drexel said that the, the blood was a big thing to him. It made me look crazy. It allowed him to use weird terms for me like I was insane. But the way I can prove that is China was there, so was John Stamos, so was his cute girlfriend that I shouldn't have ragged the way that I did. That's because I'm an asshole and was pissed at the time. I tried to take it all back, and that's just my fault. Uh, they were all there, and they witnessed Drexel literally do a weird handshake that we don't do down here and pull me in close and do a half hug. He did this three times while I met him for the first time ever in my life. He also asked me why what I looked so bad and yeah, what all okay. I need. But what does this have to do with anything? Well, well, because the same the same guy that knew that I was wearing scrubs that I had painted all on on canvas in is sitting there, and he knew it was two thirty. I was exhausted and feeling bad. He's going to type on the forum that I was wearing bloody clothes. Okay, so was a, that part was a misunderstanding. What, what's the big deal? I mean, so he saw something that looked like blood. You know, I could I could spill uh, um, Hawaiian punch on my, I could spill Hawaiian punch like on my blood? shorts, and people would think I have blood on my shorts. I wouldn't be mad at them for thinking that. I go, oh, no, I just spilled Hawaiian punch on myself. Sorry, you know, like you know. Right, but that's Hawaiian punch. I'm talking about yellow paint and black streaks. I'm talking but about stuff so dark. But it was dark outside. It doesn't matter. A man of being a liar and a thief who <laughs> has no. Right. Well, that's also the way that you portrayed the four hundred dollars. We can move straight to that because it wasn't four hundred. While we were inside the Rio, I gave Brandon Drexel Gerson three hundred for materials that come from the grocery store. Now, this was cheese and milk and stuff like that. I asked him to do this. He easily could have said no. I also offered to tip him hundreds, if not $1,000 total, if he'd just get the bet on. So he knew he could make a grand off me cash, which I'd already given just the 400 I'd given him 300 inside the casino, and I had five or six grand on me cash right there, another 30 dimes in my, in my safe in the room. I offered to pay for all the bets that I wanted to make with him. He talked out his ass of all the, oh, I'm the hookup here. I okay. 
Okay, no, 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 hold on, hold on. I, I have a, a simple question. So when, How much so money did he receive from you? Drop in the parking lot, I gave him another hundred dollars for stuff then. How so much? How much money total? Did, how much money total? How much money total did Brandon receive from you? He total. received four hundred, but it was in two different. Okay, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. But that doesn't matter. He received four hundred. How much did he spend? You, you believe he spent two forty or whatever? It has nothing. Listen, listen to me for a second here, Drove. I think you'll get it. It has nothing to do with the money. He can keep it all. It was a tip. I owed him even more for the service, but it was understood that he was coming back with not the stuff from the grocery that night, but in another day with the actual stuff that was required and needed. And he led me on about those items through text for seven days. Okay. Until okay. I finally here, here's what this, we're going to end the segment here. We're going to end the segment here. Uh, look. Post the texts that make him look bad. You can copy them off your phone, or Vowels can call you later, and you can dictate them to her. In- until you do that, this is all just speculation, and, exactly. and until you, you post proof, nothing, it means nothing. You haven't made your case. You've you had, had 27 pages. You time to do it, and you didn't do it. So, okay, so, so post okay, the text. I appreciate your time. Okay. Thank I you. mean, you know, if you want to post those texts, then post the text. Yeah, but yeah, this I, is ridiculous. Yeah, so he's off the phone now. We're going to put Brandon. I hope Brandon is uh, just hung up on the... Uh, the show while he was here and isn't uh, leaving for the night. That would be very unfortunate. But uh, we're putting Brandon on here. Hopefully he'll come back. And that that'll be the last we talk about that tonight. Well, we we had to please the complainers in in text who or in the in the chat room who were saying he needs his three minutes. So he had his three minutes and he didn't do a thing with it. Yeah, uh, Brandon's not answering. Like now, now we may have lost Brandon for the night, which would be unfortunate. Mm-hmm. That's this is why I didn't want to have him on here. I like I, I was doing this out of respect for Brandon. That um, I was doing this out of respect for Brandon because, and I agreed with him. I agreed that we shouldn't just have someone on who goes on the forum for twenty-seven pages and will not post his side of the proof. Who, who won't post his story? He posts a story but won't prove his story. And I said, if he's had all these days to prove his story on the forum. On this radio show, he's going to do the same thing. Just accuse things and not prove it. So, the, the chat room was getting really angry that it was looking shady, that we're not letting him speak his piece here. Right, so, all and right. that's so, the so, only reason so, that I said so that I asked Brandon. I asked Brandon, out of respect to him, if we would allow... You know, he, we should allow him to call in. Brandon said okay, and then uh, something made Brandon unhappy, and now he's uh, he's gone. So... Um, that's but I mean, he he shouldn't he shouldn't leave us. But we gave the guy the, his three minutes. I think we proved that he had nothing <laughs> nothing to say that he hasn't already said, which is what you predicted. And uh, I, I just don't think it's a reasonable to leave the show over this. I, I guess he's really upset about it. Yeah, I mean, Brandon was uh, this was stressful for him to deal with this week, and. Uh, you know, he felt his name was being uh, unfairly dragged through the mud, and you know, hopefully he'll come back. But uh, um, I texted him. Hopefully he'll take a call here. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, can you hear me this time? Yes. Oh, okay. Hey, it's Matt the Rat. Oh, hi, Matt. Sorry for thinking. Hey, that, sorry for thinking that Ryland was you earlier. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I phoned in the first time and I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. Weird. So Weird. What's yeah. going on? Anyway, hey, I, I'm not going to talk about the Slim Tea thing, but I met Brandon when I was there, and I just want to say, you know, I met him and his girlfriend, and we had a nice night, and he paid for um, an expensive sushi dinner for me. So, I mean, that's just my take on him. I think it's, he's a pretty stand-up guy. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, Brandon's been very nice to anyone who has come to town. He's known for that. He's known for being very hospitable for, to people that have come from out of the area. And you know, that's always been known. That's why this whole thing is so surprising. And I was actually surprised when he was willing to do all of that for Slim T when he came out here. Because I, I was kind of wondering at the time, so was everybody else, why can't Slim T just take a cab to the store? And, and why can't he do these things himself? I know he wasn't feeling well, but, you know, he was walking around. I, I saw him, he walked around just fine. He may not have had a whole lot of energy, but he probably had enough energy to take a cab around to a few different places and get the groceries he needed and then go back to the Rio. And, uh, you know, if, if you don't have the energy to, for that, you won't have the energy to play a World Series event. So That's for sure. That's so uh, the, I just, I wasn't understanding why Brandon even did it. But I said, all right, he wants to be a nice guy and probably felt bad for him for his condi- condition. And I think, you know, when someone tells you they have cancer, it pulls at your heartstrings pretty pretty good. So. Yeah, probably. So uh, so that's that's what happened. And, uh, you know, I, I guess we're going to have to move on here. But, you know, Matt, I know you've come to town a few times. And I know that uh, Brandon's been nice to you. And, you know, we've enjoyed meeting you. I, I didn't get to see you this time. But, uh, you know, I thank you for the stuff you left for me with Brandon. And uh, you know, did you get did you get it? Yeah, I, I haven't picked it up yet, but I'm going to. I'm oh, gonna, okay, okay. I'm, um, I'm, I'm going also, to pick just real quick. I was going to let you know your your poker this this uh, tournament. This time I'm playing. I got like a dual monitor set up, and I tried to drag the poker table over to my other monitor, which I could do last time. But when I do that this time, it like when I drag it over, it disappears. So. I don't know if you know anything about that. I don't. I, just, unfortunately, uh, I'm like not. Th- I don't. Even, I don't even run that site. It's uh, it's run by Belly Buster, and it's he didn't write the software or anything. It's just you know, whatever the software can do, it can do, and what it can't, it can't. The only real restriction there is that you can't take the window out of the browser. So you can't t- if you're playing poker on the No Fraud Poker Room, you can't drag the poker window outside your browser. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Maybe maybe last time I had to do, like, another browser open in another window. Yeah. Probably that's what happened. But uh, I was going to say, hey, that one that one guy, a couple, uh, one of the first callers said, he said, like, oh, I'm not going to buy a house there. When I was in one of the malls there and they got those real estate things, uh, I can't believe the price of the houses there. They're, like, literally four times or five times cheaper than where I live. Yes, crazy. they are very cheap out here, but believe it or not, it's, it's still falling. And uh, I don't advise anybody to invest in Las Vegas right now because as cheap as it seems, it may go down even further because the, the area has a lot of problems. And uh, I would advise wow. waiting until the prices at least seem to flatten out to where they're not dropping anymore and preferably to where they just begin to rise again. Because you're not going to have it where if you want to buy real estate that the prices are going to rocket up and you're going to miss your chance. Once it starts to move up, it's kind of a slow process. So, yeah. And Bukowski seventy two is saying prices were up in the last survey this week, and that's good news. But I, I would wait for a little bit more evidence than that. It's never going to just shoot up from being super low to much higher in a short period of time. At least at the beginning of the rise. Well, like for one hundred and fifty k there, you can get like a nice three bedroom house here. I mean, I live outside of a major city, and I mean, 150K will get you, like, a two-bedroom apartment. Well, yeah, and, it, yeah, and it's like that in L.A., too. Like, in L.A., you can't, what, what you would spend for a house in Vegas, you get a whole lot more house than you would in a place like L.A. and many other cities. So, and anyway, I guess... Uh, anyway, good luck in the uh, main event. And yeah, thank you. And a long show, so I'm out. Yeah, thank you. Well, uh, 
Val's, I guess it may be just you and me tonight. I don't know if Brandon's going to come back. I, I sent him some texts. I tried to call him back here. Uh, he may have gone out for a little bit uh, to clear his head. I don't know what's happened. Um, I really would not have put Slim T on here if I knew that Brandon just said, no, don't do it. I put him on just because Brandon said, go ahead and put him on. And, and well, said, you know, I, I asked him in uh, in our chat if he would go ahead and, uh, and, and let him on just for three minutes just so we could appease the listeners. So, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that um, he was so upset about the situation. I, I figured that he would just let it brush off because he knows that he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Well, okay, I guess we're going to have to go on right now uh, with the agenda, and hopefully Brandon returns. And uh, if he doesn't, I guess we'll have to talk, and hopefully he'll come back next week. So, anyway, uh, let me talk a little bit about what happened with the World Series this week. First, I'll talk about my own experience, the main event. I am playing the World Series of Poker $10,000 main event. I entered uh, to play day 1B, which was on Sunday. And that was the second of three days. First two hours, you know, each level is two hours. And the first two hours, first level, I didn't do that great. You start with 30K in chips, I finished with like 23K. It's kind of already feeling down. But after that, I started doing very well. And even though I was not winning any monster pots, I won a number of kind of medium-sized pots and small pots and just kept chipping up. And I didn't lose any big pots. And by the end of the day, I had 105,400 in chips, which is about three and a half times what I started with. And even though about 65 66% of the field made it to day two, of the people that had made it, between day 1A and 1B, uh, 1,380-something made it to day 2, and I was number 54 in chips. So, obviously, I was very happy with that. That was near the top. So, I went into day 2 feeling very optimistic and very excited, and for a while, it was looking pretty good. I uh, I didn't do much the first level, but uh, towards the middle of the day, I already had 176K, and I thought, again, I would be finishing in the upper echelon of players, you know, as far as chip counts were concerned, for day two, and I was thinking, you know, my goal is to finish with 200,000. Well, so much for that. I've had a problem this World Series of Poker making draws. When I say this World Series, I mean every event I've played. I played something like 11 events. I could not make a draw to save my life, and the few times I did, it was for small pots, or I didn't get any action. So I had three hands, almost consecutive, three hands in a very short period of time, like five minutes. All three times I had diamond draws. Two of the three times I had an overcard draw. Two of the three times I had a straight draw that came with it on the turn. All three times I hit nothing. So that took me all the way down from 176,000 to 128, and then from there I could not win a hand. Then I had uh, another problem. My day two starting table started mostly with short stacks. And one of those short stacks, in fact, was David Skolansky. And I'll tell you in a second about what it was like playing with Skolansky. That's a story I want to hear. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> by the end of the day, the only person from our original starting table that was not busted was me. Now, to be fair, I started with the most chips. I started with 105, 
The second place guy in chips had like 70. Everybody else had less than 30. But they were all gone by the end of the day. So everybody sitting at my table now was new by the end of the day. Including a guy who had been there most of the day, replacing somebody else who busted, who was the day one B-chip leader. And this guy was just running amazing. He even made some bad plays, but got lucky. And he finished with like somewhere like 380,000 in chips. His name is John Huang. And uh, so he was to my direct left, which was a pain in the ass. And by the end of the day, we had everybody at the table being new guys, most of them coming in the last few hours. And as far as they saw, I was losing every hand. Because I was missing flops, or someone would re-raise me when I'd raise pre-flop and I'd fold. I looked like a mark. I looked like a donkey. I looked like I was horrible. Because I wasn't winning any hands, and it was very easy to run me off hands. Because I, I was never having anything, so I had to let my hands go. So that was a good thing. What was a good thing? Well, in terms of uh, people underestimating you. Whatever. Well, yeah, that would have been great if I picked up aces or flopped a set or something. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible, yeah, it was terrible yeah. in that I, I could not even see the flop some of the times because I'd be raising with you know jack nine in late position and someone would three bet me, or uh, you know, or I'd miss the flop completely and and someone would raise me or uh, you know or just call me and then bet when I would check to them. So I looked like a loser and my table in which was terrible. So it was great that. We're redrawing for day three, and I'm starting all over with a new group of people, and uh, because all these people saw was me losing at the end. Anyway, back to David Skolansky. I finished with 113,700, which is exactly average. So on the bright side, I am still in. I'm going to day three, and I have average chips. So it's not a horrible situation, at least not yet. At least I'm still very much in it, even though I'm not at an advantage anymore like I was at day one. All but, you need is one good double up and... Yeah, or, or or just a steady path of winning, yeah. Right. So, David Skolansky, uh, not surprisingly, was pretty tight. And I, I knew that. I knew that's how he plays. And I knew he was looking for just a good spot to get his chips in, because he came in with only 24K. But I was just kind of watching him. Now, first of all, he didn't have a word to say to me. He's never spoken a word to me, ever. So, you know... I didn't expect conversation, and I assume he still doesn't like me over what happened four years ago because I was part of Never Win Poker when Never Win Poker revealed some of the shenanigans he was involved with, with the keeping a vibrator in his car, with having a, a girl in her 20s living with him who had some kind of mental handicap right. due to inbreeding. You know, like the, these were very... Uh, <laughs> was it inbreeding? Was that ever proven? I think he or said it. Or just a rumor? I think he said it himself on 2 Plus 2. That when he explained the story that that she was inbred, I don't think that was even a rumor. But uh, and we've seen pictures of the girl. You know, she doesn't look like she's normal. She looks like she's got some kind of you know, mental retardation or something like that going on. So um, anyway, David Sklansky obviously doesn't like me. Since then, he didn't speak a word to me. But I was watching the way he was, just watching what he was doing there. And I, I'll tell you about two things I witnessed. Number one, he took a lot of phone calls. His phone was constantly ringing. Sometimes he answered, sometimes he didn't. He kept stepping away from the table to take phone calls. I heard a few words, but nothing really of interest. But uh, I'm not sure if it was that girl Sue calling him, the one that he lives with. The uh, are, are they still together? I, I don't know. From what I hear, yes, but I don't know for sure. But uh, he took a whole lot of phone calls during the time he was here. And this wasn't even that long. He probably lasted like two or three hours at the table. Uh, 
But also, there was a very pretty girl on the rail, not for our table, but for the table like in the section across to where we constantly saw this girl's back. This girl looked like she was in her 20s, long blonde hair, nice body, head on shorts so you could see most of her legs. And here was Skolansky, where all he had to do was turn his head to the left and he sees her. And knowing Skolansky's history, I knew there's no way he could ignore that. Like every so guy, he was rubbernecking. Is yeah, like saying. every guy playing at a poker tournament is going to notice girls like that, even if you don't want to. Like if you're a heterosexual guy mm-hmm. and you're sitting there in a room with a bunch of dudes and there's a pretty girl on the rail, you're, you're not going to not notice that. But some people just notice it and just know it's there and that's it. And then the the more perverted ones are the ones that keep staring or find some kind of sneaky way to stare. So I was watching Skolansky related to that girl. <laughs> I was watching, like, what's he going to do? This is what you're thinking about. Yes, yeah. This is probably why I didn't finish with more than 113K. <laughs> yes. So, so I'm watching him related to that girl, and when he's taking these phone calls, he keeps kind of, like, walking over in that direction and facing that direction. Like, and I think it was a perfect cover, because you're on a phone call, you're walk- you have to walk away from the table, and so he's just kind of facing away from the table, but very conveniently facing this girl on the rail for the other section. And also walking, like, all the way to the end of our section where he's, like, the closest he can be <laughs> without leaving the section. You sure it's not a coincidence? It could be. That's what I was trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out, is he really doing this to stare at that girl? Or is it just he wants to get away from the table so people don't hear his conversation or he doesn't disturb them? And I'll say I did not come to a complete conclusion on that. I cannot say with certainty that Skolansky was going over there to stare at that girl. But I will say that he did walk very frequently over there when he was on the phone and did seem to mostly be facing that direction where that girl was. And and I have to say, if like I was trying to find a way to do this, if I was trying to pervertedly stare at that girl and not be obvious about it, that's probably what I'd do, too. I'd probably well, do that. Well, you know, thing. somebody in the chat had mentioned that a lot of people, I think it's Bukowski, who, as you know, knows everything, uh, he was saying that a lot of people don't like playing with Sklansky because he does step away a lot. He's always making horse bets while he's playing poker. Yeah, maybe maybe he was making bets. I didn't hear any language on the phone about bets. I kind of heard like, uh, like, oh, you know, I've got to go again pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, no, my stack isn't that good. Yeah, but he he kind of seemed more like he was talking to someone he knew personally. Where I think a bet, you just like, you wouldn't be making conversation. You would, especially when you're in a rush between hands, you just say, okay, I want it on on this horse for race one, this horse for race two. I didn't hear anything about races or horses or or bets or anything. It just it kind of seemed like these were just friends he was speaking with. But he got a lot of calls, and there were also many times that he didn't take the call. Like, I'd hear his phone ring, and he'd press it to where it didn't make the ring anymore. So, I don't know what was going on there. But anyway, that was the story with Skolansky. So, we didn't have any interaction, but... uh, And the reason that he hates you is because of the old NWP bashing? Yes, yes. And he's the one who sent that famous message four years ago to me and to Mikon, saying that uh, for doing what we did that he's going to hire gorgeous actors to seduce our girlfriends. <laughs> that, that was his threat, that uh, we better watch out or otherwise uh, he's going to hire gorgeous actors to seduce our girlfriends and take them away from us. <laughs> so I'll tell you, you know, every time when I was uh, walking around with my girlfriend back then, I, I was always on the lookout for, for very good-looking <laughs> actors. And, and if I saw any... And it of, never happens. Yeah, if I, saw any, I, if, if I ever saw any, I was not going to go to the actors and get their autograph, I would have walked the other way. I said, ah, da, 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 
Remember Skolansky? Don't approach them. <laughs> that's what I would have done. What an odd threat of all the things that you could threaten. <laughs> that's a very strange one. <laughs> so anyway, that was four years ago, and uh, you know, and Skolansky, by the way, he's he's getting up there. He's like sixty-four years old now. He'll be sixty-five later this year. So yeah. Uh, um, you know, the relationship he has or had with that girl is not illegal because uh, she's well over 18. I don't know how but old she was. It might be immoral, although yeah. he claims she's very intelligent. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is very weird. I mean, the whole thing's just really, really weird when you have a guy in his 60s and a girl who's in her early 20s that, that has something wrong with her. And that Joe, what made it the creepy thing, it was so creepy because there were pictures of her in her little doll dresses. Right, she was dressed up like a doll. Yeah, and that just, ah, uh, that gives you chills. So you're telling me when you, were like, when you were like 22, you never dressed up like a doll and sat next to dolls? No, I, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, And I'm not saying that some girls don't, but it was it was creepy. Yeah. So, um, any, anyway, um, so this is a message from Jacep. You know what, just, even though this isn't, uh, it's a serious matter, but uh, in tradition here, in tradition, mm-hmm. I, I can't read this on the radio without doing something first. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob says in the chat, and he's, of course, uh, friends with Brandon and runs a site with him, VegasPokerRadio.com. I'm going to take a call in the meantime, but I want to read this. I talked to Brandon... He makes valid points that I completely agree with. Doubt he will be back on tonight. So I think it's going to be a, a two-man, or shall I say one-man and one-woman show tonight. And uh, I'll have to talk to Brandon about this later. Uh, call, you're on the air. Okay, call, you're not on the Hello? air. He hung no. up on me. Just hung up. All right. Maybe didn't expect me to answer. Anyway. Um, <laughs> let me so, I mean... I'm sad that he's not coming on, but um, hopefully he changes his mind. You know, this really sucks. I blame the chat room for this. The chat room pressured me <laughs> into, into putting Slim T on. Yeah, I did. I felt pressured, and that's why I asked Brandon if we could just give the guy three minutes. I just felt like that would get it out of everybody's system. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, and, you know, and I really, uh, I only put him on because Brandon said put him on. And uh, then something got Brandon mad about this, but uh, you know, had Brandon said not put him on, I wouldn't have put him on, and I told Brandon that before the show, and I, I that's what I would have done. But anyway, uh, move on here. World Series of Poker is falsely promoting <laughs> 2012 as their biggest prize pool of all time to the but media. But they're not talking about the one drop. Well, that's kind of what they're doing. They they are uh, claiming that they had the biggest overall prize pool. That's if you add up all the prizes given for the World Series in 2012, including what's going to be given for the main event, and that adds up to the most money ever given away of any poker tournament ever, including past World Series. And they were trumpeting that as a success to USA Today, the Las Vegas Review Journal, etc. One problem. If you take away the one-drop tournament, which wasn't a traditional World Series tournament, and most of the money that went into that didn't actually come from the players themselves, at least for the pros, it came mainly from uh, you know, people backing them. Uh, but if you take away the million dollar per entrant uh, that was uh, put into that tournament and $43 million of prizes that were given out, if you take that away from the overall prize pool, this World Series falls to... 
nowhere near number one. I think something like fourth or fifth. So, and it's actually down from last year if you take away the one drop. And you really have to take away the one drop because it's a totally, it's, it's so skewed, it's so much higher buy-in than all the other tournaments that it's it messes so everything up. That it, it's sort of stolen the thunder from the main event. That's true, too. Yeah, so, so you just have to look at it almost like it's not a World Series event, almost like it's a, a, a separate, like, ridiculously high buy-in tournament for super rich guys or people who are backed by super rich guys but not a traditional poker tournament, and it even had a cap on it. So uh, you can't add that to the prize pool and talk about the success, especially because the other years didn't have a one-drop tournament. So, I mean, I guess next year they could hold a $10 million entry tournament, and then that'll totally blow away this year. But that doesn't mean the World Series is more successful. That just means that one tournament skewed the numbers really badly because it has a super, super high buy-in. So it's absolutely ridiculous that they're making this claim. And I understand this is a PR thing, and you want to make your tournament look as good as possible, and it's a marketing thing, but at least be honest about it. If you, if you didn't break last year's numbers, if you didn't break the numbers from the peak of the poker boom, that's understandable. It's not even Harris' fault. It's understandable that just people don't have the money to play because of Black Friday, because of the economy, things like that. But... You know, promote the good things. Promote the total prize money given away. Promote the fact that you still got 6,600 people entering the main event, which is very impressive, even if it's not quite as high as last year or the year before. But it's close. Like, promote that. And don't mention last year. Just promote, we got 6,600 people entering the $10,000 main event. How much do they have to gain by these promotions? Does it just vastly increase the number of entrants the following year? What do you mean by these promotions? Well, I'm saying by making these claims, uh, they must have something to gain. Uh, they must uh, feel that it'll attract more entrants next year, or that it'll bring them, you know, yeah, some yeah, that's what they're trying. Fame. Right, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it look like the World Series is just the hottest thing ever, and that it's not shrinking. That it's actually rapidly growing, and every year it becomes a bigger thing. And you better be part of it next year. Because uh, this is just blowing up so huge, and it's the, it's just uh, something that's ever growing. They don't want to admit that it's starting to shrink, even if it's not their fault. Because then people say, "Oh, you know, who wants to be on the downswing? Who wants to be doing something that's now not the hot thing anymore?" Like everybody wants to be there on the way up, not on the way down. So I, I think that's what they don't want. They don't want the impression that the World Series is now yesterday's news. So I can understand where they want to fight that, but you don't have to make false statements about it to, to fight that. Anyway, uh, that's, so that happened. Then also, this has been very underreported. It was reported to me actually by another player who I was playing with during the bracelet bounty event, which was a big failure, by the way. At least failure the way it was run. But uh, Another fail. A big time <laughs> They've fail. They've had quite a few this year so far. So... Uh, the wrong time was printed on about 40 tickets. I forgot which event, but it was an event that started at 12. And it was an expensive event. It was like a $10,000 event. I think it was a PLO event or something that started at 12 o'clock. About 40 of them were printed as 5 p.m. due to some glitch in the system. One of the guys who was unfortunate enough to get one of those 5 p.m. tickets was at my table for the bracelet bounty event after this had already happened. And he told me the story. Now, apparently they realized this mistake before the event started and tried to call the phone number they had on file for all 40 people. However, 
they did not reach them all, which is understandable. People change their phone numbers, people's phones are off, you know, whatever. If you think you're playing at five, you're probably sleeping. So um, this guy did not get down there. I think they actually reached him by phone, and he didn't get down there till about uh, 1.40 p.m., 1.40, 1.50 p.m. So he missed almost a full two levels. And he had to make a decision at that point, because you have an event you want to play. You missed part of it, not because you were late. Well, you were late, but it wasn't your fault, not because you overslept, not because you just couldn't make it on time, but because you were told a different time to show up than it was actually the right time, right on your ticket that they printed. Now, they were offering everybody a refund. You could show up there and say, hey, it's, it's 2 o'clock now. It's been going for two hours. I want my money back. And they would have given you your money back right then. However, what if you still want to play the event? What is the right thing to do at that point for these people? What, what do you think, Vels? You know, I don't know. I honestly, I, I think that the bumbling, the bungling, and the bumbling, and all of the mistakes that they've made so far, just from your stories, it seems like management is uh, not training people right. They're just they're making horrible decisions. I, I don't know. Yeah. So this is a tough situation because you can't just give the guy extra chips. You can't say, "Hey, um, we start with thirty thousand in chips," but I think you probably would have won two thousand chips by this point, or the average is 32,000 now, so we'll give you 2,000 chips. You can't do that. Uh, you can start the guy with a full stack, but he could still complain, hey, why should I have to start uh, two levels later than everybody else? And you can't restart the whole tournament and erase everything that's been done. So aside from offering a refund if they want it, what do you do for the people who want to still play despite coming late? Well, I think the fairest thing to do at this point is to start the person with a full stack, so whatever they got blinded off, you give them back, and give them a refund for the portion that Harris takes for themselves. Give them back, basically, their entry fee. Because every tournament, part of it goes to the prize pool. That is most of it. Part of it goes to the house. And in most cases, including the World Series, part of it goes to the tournament staff, like the dealers, like as a tip. I say take the part that's supposed to go to the house, which I think in this event was like $415, and give it back to the player. And say, if you still want to play this tournament, because it was completely our mistake, you can play, and we will let you play with no entry fee. That is, you're still buying in, you're still paying towards the prize pool, but we're letting you get back your entry fee, because we didn't do our part at the house by giving you a correct ticket. So that's what this guy was actually asking for. And that, he, is, that does seem like a fair solution. Yeah, he asked them for it, and they, they gave him the middle finger and said, no, we're not doing that for you. Tough luck. You, you chose to play. You could have gotten a refund, so F you. So you, you chose to play. You busted too late. I understand why he didn't get his whole 10000 back. He doesn't deserve that. But he deserves back his entry fee. And uh, they didn't do that. So I, I thought that was really bad. I think that, uh, And I think they may have been afraid they're going to establish a precedent if they screw something up, then people can ask for the entry fee. But the truth is, if they screw up something major, and it's not the player's fault, and it really does impact that player's ability to play in that tournament, they should give back the entry fee, because what you're paying for, and that is for them to run the tournament for you properly, they did not deliver. And printing the wrong time by five hours on the tournament ticket is not giving the person what they paid for. So that that happened there. Um, One other thing I want to mention, this happened to me. Jeff, let me just ask before you move on to your next uh, story of fail. Did they take no responsibility for the misprint? 
they, are they saying that uh, the players somehow should have known even though it was printed incorrectly? No, they took full responsibility in that it was their screw-up, kind of like a mistakes-happen sort of thing, but what are we supposed to do? So they're like, look, we can give you a refund. You can have a refund if you want before you play the event. If you don't want to play anymore, we're not going to hold you to playing here, but we're not giving you any kind of discount. We're not giving you your entry fee back. You can either choose to play now whenever you've shown up or choose not to play. But that's your only choices. So That's ridiculous. Yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. Now, this was reported to me by somebody who was sitting with me at the table. So I want to put an asterisk on this, that this is all alleged. I don't know this happened for a fact. Oh, I see. The okay. guy, and the, guy, uh, the person would not be willing to come forward and maybe uh, call in and talk about it? Um, unfortunately, I've lost track of him. But uh, I, I should have okay. gotten his info, but for some reason I, I meant to get it, and then some hand happened, and I forgot. But uh, so this is all reported to me. But the guy seemed very sincere about it, and he was a you know a high limit player, and you know I can't see him making this up. But I will say that I didn't verify any of this, so the guy could have been incorrect with details, or maybe a tiny chance, I guess, of him just making the whole thing up to screw with me. And uh, in that case, I apologize to Harris for the false accusation, but I, I, if I had to bet on this, I'd bet a lot of money that this is all true. So, anyway. But if that's the case, then we definitely want this guy to come to the forum and let it, let us know that he pulled one over on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, if, if you were tricking me, definitely come out and... Uh, and, and rub it in my face. You can you can call into my show Absolutely. and say that. that. That would be a good that would be a good joke. Yes. Now, uh, speaking of World Series fail, and this will be the last World Series fail story I tell, unless something new happens between now and next week, which probably will. Uh, they have improved a lot, despite all these fail stories. They actually have improved a lot on a lot of fail things from previous years. And I was just about, but prior to the bracelet bounty event, to say that for the most part they've gotten better this year. But there's still one really, really glaring hole that they have in their operations of the World Series that they just haven't fixed, and I don't see any effort to fix it. And this happened to me. I was a victim of it on day one of the main event. Now, usually when I think of day one of the 2012 main event, I have nice feelings because I did very well, and I walked away very happy with my 105K chip stack. But before that happened... I had two unfortunate things on day one before I even started playing. One is I wake up to a power failure. And that's not Harris' fault, but I wake up to a power failure at home, which actually made me late. But I got there somewhere like 12.05 to 12.10. I go in the room to Amazon Blue, Blue being the section of the Amazon room. I go in there, and I'm looking for table 456. Blue 456. Well, not only is there no 456, there's no blue. The blue section is just not there. And I another I, misprint? Well, yeah, I start thinking that. I start thinking maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> maybe there's another misprint. I didn't know what the hell. I, I show up. I've had it before. I show up, and I find the table, and it's empty. And, uh, and the dealer says the table's been moved. Now, usually the dealer has no clue where you're supposed to go, but at least you know your table's been moved. I've never shown up and found that my table just doesn't exist, nor does the section. So... <laughs> So I'm walking around aimlessly trying to figure out what to do. I'm like, okay, well, I've got to go to a floor man. So I walk into one of the sections, no floor man. I wouldn't, ask, wouldn't the dealer call the floor man for you at that point? Well, the dealer just goes, floor! And then... And nothing happens. Well, yeah, and there's nobody there, yeah. then there's nothing gotcha. to come. So I didn't even bother to do that. I couldn't see a floor man anywhere. So then I go to the next section, still no floor man. Then I look around again. And I, go, I look one more time. I still can't find a blue section. I'm still really confused. 
I finally find a floor man in the third section I go to. And he says, oh, let's see here. It says Amazon Blue 456. Okay, well, you just got to find the section that says blue and then go sit down at table 456. This is what he's telling me. And I'm like, did you listen to me? I, I'm not asking what you do when, like, how to read your seat card. I asked you, what do I do if this does not exist? Because it doesn't here. He says, oh, oh, uh, oh, yeah, you're moved to the Brasilia room. And then he gives me the wrong directions to go to the Brasilia room. Now, I knew how the to get to the... incompetence is... <laughs> so, it's costing you money. It's not only just annoying, but it's actually... You're late now at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I knew where the Brasilia room was, so I didn't have to follow his wrong directions. But I go there. <laughs> I, I finally find this blue, which is moved to the Brasilia room. No other indication that it had been. And I, I go there, and of course, uh, I've lost some chips from the blinds being taken out of my stack. So I want those chips back, because this is their fault. They, absolutely. They, there's no indication of what happened. So the floor man absolutely refused, told me that, uh, he said, well, how did these other players get here? I said, well, they came on time. I, I was a few minutes late. But when I'm a few minutes late, you don't just leave me in the lurch and have, have, me, have no idea where to go and waste ten more minutes. And uh, he he wouldn't buy it. He told me, tough luck. We, we announced it. I said, well, why don't you leave someone there to tell people where to go who come a few minutes after it starts? Oh, we did that, he said. I said, no, you didn't. I didn't see anyone. Well, he stayed about three minutes afterwards, and then he left. I'm like, why can't you leave them there for like half an hour? <laughs> why can't you put up signs? Like, why can't you do something other than just everybody leave, and if you show up a few, late, a few minutes late, tough luck? So uh, I argued with him. He wasn't letting me get anywhere. I said, okay, let me have your supervisor. He says, I am the supervisor. I hate that response. I hate when he said, let me have your supervisor, and they say, I am your supervisor. I don't care if it's the World <laughs> Series. You still report to somebody. Yeah. I don't care if it's the World Series or someone on the phone for customer service. Don't tell me I am the supervisor unless you're the CEO of the company. So I said, no, your supervisor. Who do you report to? I want to speak to him. So the guy just walks away from me. He doesn't say yes or okay. He just walks away. I actually assumed he wasn't getting him. So then I'm like, okay, fuck it, I just got to sit down and play. So I sit down, and uh, I'm in the middle of a hand, and the supervisor shows up a few minutes later, maybe ten minutes later. And, uh, well, at least he went to get him. Yeah, and so the supervisor then interrupts me during the hand and says, okay, I'm here to talk to you. I said, well, I'm playing a hand right now. He says, well, you have one minute. I'm very busy. What? Yeah, so he gave me one minute to get through my hand. So, you know, it better not be a tough decision. You know, like what, what if Jeez. it's like set? What if it's like set over set, and the guy goes all in? I've got one minute to make a decision. <laughs> so, Lucky for you, you were drawing dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so anyway, that hand, I uh, fortunately I missed the flop, and was able to fold it to talk to him. So uh, I went to go talk to this guy, and he was even worse than the first one. He was telling me that not only didn't they leave the person there for half an hour to tell people where to go. That they left him for, uh, oh, no, sorry, I, I skipped that. He said that they announced it only up until noon. He said, we announced it every 30 seconds until noon. I said, what about 12.01? No, we're not announcing it at 12.01. The tournament has started by then. So I said, so, so if you come there at 12.01 and you don't know where to go, well, you should show up on time, he tells me. Were you one minute late? Well, I, yes, I was late, but, okay. uh, but, but uh, <laughs> once I'm late, that doesn't mean I should not know where to go. So, so then I said, why don't you leave someone there? to ask people, hey, are you here for the blue section? Hey, it's in Brasilia. This is where to go. Why don't you have that? He said, we did. I said, no, you didn't. I didn't see anybody there directing people. He said, yes, we did. We had someone there in the blue section directing people. 
I said, no, you didn't. There was no blue section. How could you have him there if the section didn't exist? And he said, no, the section was still there. I said, no, it wasn't. I looked. He said, no, no, it was. It just wasn't labeled blue anymore, and there were no tables. This, this is really what he told me, that the blue section existed. It just wasn't labeled blue and had no tables. But I should have still known to go there and, and found the guy. And you still know that it was the blue section. Yeah, and, and yes, and found him to direct Somehow. me where to go. That was what the supervisor of the supervisor told me. Well, at this point, I realized I was dealing with an idiot. And then also that I was never going to get my chips back that I got from the stack and that this wasn't worth arguing. That the right play at this point was to give up on this, realize that this was so full of fail, and then just sit down and play my hands and, and hope to work up a big stack. And that's what I did. My final words to the guy were, obviously you're just going to make excuses and not tell me anything that's reasonable, so goodbye, I have nothing more to say to you. And I sat down. So, so th- that well, was good it. Good for you for letting it go. So, so that was it. And, uh, fortunately, it didn't affect my play. I did well that day, but uh, they just can't figure out what to do. This is so common. I've never had it where the whole section disappears, but I've had it where I show up and the table uh, is empty. And I even had it at the bracelet bounty event right before that, where the room was locked and you couldn't even get in there. Now they did have the security telling you go to the other room, but then still you get there and you don't know what to do. Uh, so. They need to come up with a good plan at Harris. They've got to fix this for next year to where if they change what's printed on your ticket, if they change what, where you need to go, what table you need to sit at first, there needs to be very, very clear indications to anyone showing up exactly where to go, exactly what to do, exactly what their new table assignments are. And that's a major change they have to do. And in fact, I'm going to try to find some way to suggest this to them. I can't do it to the World Series Tournament director because guess what? I'm blocked from his Twitter. But is there another way to reach him other than Twitter? There has to be a way to write in a letter of complaint. There is, and I think I'm just not going to write it to him. I think I'm going to write it to his boss if if, if I end up you know feeling like I wanted to do it. But um, this guy will there be more letters of complaint this year than ever before? No, I actually think this wasn't even the worst year <laughs> by far. But really, uh, <laughs> but it just had seemed to have more of the problems towards the end than the beginning. But I, I guess we have had problems all the way now that I think of it. But uh, every year they have problems, and the problem with this tournament director is he's just very, very sensitive, and he's blocked so many people from his Twitter, including me, including Brandon, and our former partner, Mikeon, is even blocked from his, uh, his Twitter. All three of us are blocked, and uh, I, I know Brandon was going back and forth last year with him. Brandon wasn't being disrespectful at all, but Brandon was having an argument with him about something in Twitter. Still shouldn't have been blocked, but I don't even know why I'm blocked. I don't even know what the hell I did, but I'm blocked from him, and uh, so are many other people. Uh, involved in poker, many of whom can't figure out why, but the slightest thing that bothers him about you, he blocks you. So I, I don't think that's a good thing to be doing when you're in charge of a major tournament like the World Series. You should be very accessible, even to people you may not personally like very much. But he probably takes so much crap that he just doesn't want to deal with it. That, that I mean, is what Probably a lot of it is superfluous. Well, that, that is what happens. Bullshit. But But I think you need to separate... I think I'm not saying he has to respond to everything. But I think you should always leave the ability to be contacted. And uh, the only people you should ever block from the World Series of Poker Tournament Director account would be people who are either being threatening and profane or people who are constantly harassing you with garbage. You know, just just ridiculous. Yeah, stuff. absolutely. But you know, there's. I'm not sure Twitter is the right venue for contact. I think there's probably a better way. Yeah, I know. But uh, I think when someone blocks you from their Twitter, it's pretty much saying, no matter what way you contact me, I'm not going to take you seriously. 
<laughs> so, yeah, I guess Twitter is that serious. <laughs> I, I mean, it's kind of Twitter is serious business. Yeah, it's kind of sending a message as far as I'm concerned. Like, you know, you can't even see my tweets. I'm going to make it where you can't even see my tweets, so don't bother contacting me in any way. Like, that's what it kind of says to me. And there's no way to email these guys? Well, there is, you've got me feeling like I'm I'm going to send an email, or I, I'll I'll tweet him on your behalf. Okay, well you can do that. Okay, and, and I mean you could even tweet him and say, you know, there's a lot of problems with when people's seating assignments don't end up where they actually sit on their initial seating assignments. They get there and they don't know what to do, and the instructions about this are very poor. What are you going to do about this next year? I know a number of people who have this problem. Blah blah blah. So. Um, uh, by the way, Annie Duke has me blocked, too. Uh, Bubbles in chat is saying that he's blocked by MyCon and Annie Duke. So, so. am I, actually. <laughs> I'm actually blocked by those two people also. So. <laughs> you two have so much in common. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Bubbles, welcome to the club. So, uh, so anyway, like Jordan Morgan, I don't know if you guys know who he is. He got blocked by the World Series of Poker Tournament director, and he was complaining about it on Twitter. And I said, hey, join the club, bro. I've been there a long time. And then he followed me after that. I guess that made uh, Jordan like me. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So Apparently, I, a lot of people are blocked by Micon. Jacef also is blocked. Crow <laughs> Diddley just said the only thing tw- the only thing tweeting anything at the World Series of Poker tournament director gets you is blocked. Blocked. <laughs> <laughs> which is true. Yeah, you can't talk to the guy. So. Yeah, so so anyway, that's uh, that's what's going on at the World Series, and I I hope next week. And this is so strange to think about. It's it's so strange to think about how like one week made such a gigantic difference between anywhere from not cashing in the main event to going to the final table. It's just huge. So I'm going in tomorrow, day three, with average chips. A week from today, or actually six days from today, um, you know, Tuesday when we'll do our next show. We are doing our next show on Tuesday. This is the last time we're changing our schedule because the World Series will be over. Tuesday, July 17th, I will be able to tell you if I busted without cashing, if I busted and cashed something, or if I'm going to the World Series of Poker final table. I'll know that by next broadcast we do in six days. It's crazy. Well... Uh, my fingers are crossed. We really need, you know, it would be nice to see a big finish here. It would be. I, I'm really it hoping really that. And I'm trying to draw some inspiration from the fact that when I finished in 88th place two years ago in the main event, going to day three, I had 59K. And I have about double of that right now. So a lot can still happen either way. And I hope it's on the good side. Anyway, that's the World Series of Poker for right now. And... Uh, but we were going to talk about the follies. Yes, that's what I was going to get to next. We had some follies yeah. that occurred. <laughs> now, some more fail stories. Yes, just, uh, yes, slightly different. Yeah. Now this is fail stories from the Rio Cash section, which I, I will say is run by a completely different crew than the World Series of Poker tournaments. But uh, I think it is all under the same umbrella. When I say the same umbrella, I believe that ultimately it all answers back to uh, Jack Effel, the tournament director. But uh, these are really run by a separate staff that uh, operates separate from the tournament staff. But uh, some real bad stuff happened. First thing, <laughs> two people flopped the nut flush at a 5-10 <laughs> no-limit hold'em game in the Rio cash section. 
And Just throw as many ace of spades as you want in that deck. <laughs> so we, we have a picture of this up on our radio thread. Someone snapped a picture of it. Now, there's two funny things in this picture. First of all, you see two aces of spades there with an all spade, <laughs> with a three-spade board. You see one guy has the ace-queen of spades, and the other one has the ace-king of spades. So uh, you clearly see two aces of spades there with all the chips in on each side. <laughs> I had to give it a double take. I'm like, wait, I, 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 was one of those a club? What? <laughs> oh, imagine, no imagine, look how much money is there. Like, imagine you just like <laughs> shoving all this money, like, oh, this guy's such a freaking moron. You know, I have the nuts, and he's just putting it all in. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna make so much. He's like, nut flush. He's like, nut flush. Like, Hold on a second. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You know, imagine how your emotions go when you just like watch someone just shoving <laughs> all this money, and you're just like, "Oh man, what a fucking moron!" And then, <laughs> and then he's thinking you're that about you. Your sanity. Yeah, he's thinking that about you, and then you you turn over your ace king of spades, and he shows you his ace queen of spades. So, so now what what was the um, outcome of that hand? Well, uh, they ended up, uh, I think, just having to cancel the hand. The funny, the other funny thing in the picture is there's a third guy sitting there holding cards on the button like he's still in the hand. Like, what's what he waiting he for there? A six card? <laughs> is he trying for a straight flush? To, I don't know what he's doing, but I imagine this is a guy who, uh, maybe they turned over the cards first before he could muck his hand or something. But uh, whatever, this really did happen, and uh, apparently this is not the first time this summer. This is just the first time someone got a picture of it. And uh, this made me think back to something that happened to me last year. Last year, not in the cash section, but at the World Series of Poker main event, day one, 2011, I had seven, eight of clubs on the button. I cold called two people, and I was thinking to myself, come on, let's see a flop straight or all clubs, flop straight or all clubs, flop straight or all clubs. And the board came, queen of clubs, jack of clubs, nine of clubs, I have, flush, I have flopped a flush with even a straight flush draw. Right, with the draw, okay. And both players checked to me. I bet one of them called. The turn was another queen. Guy checks. I bet he calls. I'm sure I have this unless the club hits the river. A deuce of hearts on the river. I go, okay, this is mine. He, But he fires out at me. 5K. Something, he just played something really weird. Like, maybe he flopped a set and made the boat on the turn and then uh, just played it really weird. So obviously I couldn't raise him or fold. He could also just have a queen. Right. So I called. He showed me 9-9. Nine, nine. He had a boat, and I lost. No big deal. Typical hand, right. but... What? Then, right when the hand was over, the guy to his direct right said, Wow, I had a 7 of clubs there. That would have been such an ugly hand. I'm so glad I folded that. <laughs> and at first, I didn't register. At first, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that Ace of 7 of clubs didn't call. We would have had a huge pot, and I would have probably busted or come close to it. And then I'm sitting there for a few minutes, I go... Whoa, 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 whoa. Ace seven of clubs? <laughs> but I had the seven of clubs. So yeah. did you demand that they turn the whole hand over and spread it out? Or the so, whole deck? So so this is what happened. So unfortunately, by the time this dawned on me what he had said, they had it, changed they had the already deck. Switched they had switched the deck. So uh, okay. I still wanted to say something. So I wanted to make sure that this guy really knew what he had, or really said what I thought he said. Yeah, maybe he didn't really know what he had. So I said, excuse me, did you really say you had the A7 of clubs? And he said, yes. I said, or how sure are you you really had that? He said, I'm pretty sure. So I told him pretty the truth. Sure. I, I said, I said the truth is that I have 7 eight of clubs. Now, I didn't look at it again. I looked at it once. I usually look at my hand at least twice, but this time I only looked once. 
So while there's a small chance I could have remembered wrong, I clearly remember wishing for clubs and wishing for specifically the cards that would have given me a straight with 7-8 before the flop and came you're out. you're sure you didn't misread your hand just because you glanced at it so quickly and you're sure it wasn't a club? Yes, so so not 100%. I mean, a, a spade. Right, so not 100%. So I would... So, this was the conclusion I came to. I said, most likely it was either me remembering it wrong and just shooting off 11k of chips like a moron, or <laughs> this guy having something like a six of clubs and just changing it in his mind during the hand and not realizing it because the actual other card didn't really matter, just that he had a something suited and the flush would have flopped and he would have lost. Like That's really the significant thing in his mind, not what the small card in his hand was. So I thought it was probably more likely that he had like a six of clubs and just forgot. And I thought it was secondarily likely that I just didn't really have the 7-8 of clubs. And the third option was, maybe the deck was bad. But I dismissed that. Well, the next right. day, I it, next day it turned out there was a bad deck in the World Series of Poker with 60 cards instead of 54. <laughs> that was the one you had. So, so, so I Wait, think... how does the dealer not feel the difference? I, I don't know. That's a good question. But uh, anyway, that was last year. And uh, after that story came out, and now after this thing with the two aces of spades... I really have to wonder that uh, I, I really, really have to wonder if I lost 11k for no reason there because they maybe I was dealt the second seven of clubs. Anyway, uh, and there's no way once it once the deck's been changed, there's no way to demand to see the the previous deck, right? No, no, it's gone. So yeah, it was another late. dealer walks off with it. Now, had I been able to prove that. Oh, and I, I said something stupid just now. But Did you say 54? I, I said 54 in the deck, yeah. There's, yeah. yeah John Stamos right. just pointed Don't that out to me. You're right. Yeah, I learned something new every day on this show. I just learned tonight <laughs> that there's 52, deck, 52 cards in the deck, not 54. I was thinking of the Jokers, I think. So, so uh, There were wild cards in there. Yeah. yeah. So um, someone just asked me something in, chat, in, that, in the chat uh, PM box, actually. And I'm going to answer this, even though it has nothing to do with what we were just discussing. Does it have to do with a toilet? Because uh, there's another toilet. conversation going on here. This is actually in PM. This is from okay. Bubbles saying, what do you know about the UB documentary that's coming out? I'm sorry, oh. Bubbles, if I revealed something private with you saying that. But uh, they did announce a documentary by Eleven Grover. He's been an active poster on 2 Plus 2. He, he used to post a lot on uh, on my previous site I was involved with. And he's even uh, he has an account over here. I'm not sure if he's posted here yet. I think he's posted a few times here. But uh, I met Eleven Grover, and I will be in that documentary. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was not paid for it. This is something I did voluntarily. And he wanted me to talk about my experiences with uh, Travis McCarr and talk about my experiences with UB and AP. This documentary is mainly about UB and not really the AP side of it, though I guess they'll touch on that too. But uh, he asked me to keep it confidential about this documentary, so I kept my word about that, but he announced it on the Snake in the Grass site show, <laughs> and he had talked about how he wanted to announce it on tonight's show, but then couldn't make it, so... Now, have you actually seen the footage? And I mean, I, and I'm asking because sometimes editing can make you look bad. It's funny you mentioned that. He actually told me that he's going to uh, let me look at that before it gets uh, actually, actually get released, com- completed. Because because yeah. uh, you know he had respect for me and didn't want me to 
he said he's not giving me creative control over the project, but uh, you know, if if he shows it to me and there's something I'm really unhappy about, then we can discuss it. And because you know, I was doing this voluntarily as a friendly party, and you know, he doesn't, okay. he doesn't want to make me unhappy with it, which uh, I thought was nice. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, we had a good conversation, and we I, I talked about a whole lot in the interview. They're, of course, going to cut most of that out and only put in the best parts or the most relevant parts, like they do with all kind of documentaries where they interview people. But uh, I look forward to seeing it. And this guy is very, very thorough. If you read, read his posts on the matter, he's very, very thorough as far as getting information and uh, putting it all together. And what he's really doing with this documentary is he's putting together really a start-to-finish documentary on the whole thing that happened for people who are interested in the in-depth details of the story, but yet don't have time to sift through hundreds and hundreds of pages on the internet reading about it. He's, it's going to be more of a concise description of everything and yet go into a lot of detail. So you'll learn a lot more from this documentary than you would from watching 60 Minutes or CNBC, and those ones that I was on about it, where it's just very briefly explained for the layperson. So you anticipate this will be a quality pr- production? Yes, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be pretty good. And again, I didn't get paid for it. I don't own any part of it, and I, I don't benefit from it in any way. But I, I went there for the same reason I went on to 60 Minutes for free, and the same reason I went on to CNBC for free, and that was because I wanted to tell the story, and I wanted the story You're to You're just out. a truth speaker. Yes, That's exactly. Right. Just like just like Asian Spa, the truth speaker. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway... Uh, um, Someone asked, will it be available online? It will in some form. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be free or if they're going to charge for it or whatever, but uh, you know, I'm not involved in that sort of thing, and I don't own any of it, and I don't really know that stuff very well. But uh, they're just starting to announce it. It's not coming out like today or tomorrow. It's going to be sometime in the future. But uh, they're just coming forward with it now that it is going to exist, and they're in the process of making it. So just wanted to... Let that out there. We will look for that, and I'm sure you will announce uh, on radio when it's available for us to view. Yes. And, uh, Very good. So that's that's what the story with that. I wasn't going to talk about that until uh, someone PM me about it. I figure I might as well say it. Uh, we have another story from the Rio Cash section, another, another folly. <laughs> there was a very bad angle shot against a casual player that resulted in one of the worst rulings ever against... You know, really one of the worst rulings ever I've ever seen in the cash game. And the worst thing about it was that it hurt a casual player who's probably never coming back to the game. Or at least not to the Oh, radio. this is the I'm a, I'm a can Right, guy. right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was some pot where everybody was checking down. Uh, not very much in the pot. Like $300 in the pot. Again, a 510 no limit hand where everybody had a lot of money behind. So this is not your typical 510 no limit game where the... Uh, most people have a few hundred bucks on the table, and maybe if you have a thousand or two thousand, this is one where everybody's very deep. You know, seven k on the table, type of things like that. Right. Uh, this was a hand with very little action. Check, 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 check. And there was, uh, I think, some kind of small bet on the turn. Pot was only like three hundred dollars total, and a an Asian guy who didn't speak very good English. Flipped over four deuce, which couldn't beat the board. It was it was he had four high basically, with no draw or anything. He throws it up and says, "All in." After everybody had folded, but it was a, it clearly a sarcastic "all in." Everybody yes. saw his crappy hand, yes, and like, it, there was no question. Yeah, actually, actually, that everybody he was had, his cards. Right, actually, everybody hadn't folded yet. It was a he bet to him, 
someone bat to him, and then there are two others to act behind. And then <laughs> instead of just folding his hand with the four high, he threw it face up and jokingly said, "Oh, all in," like, like uh, you know, like he's going all in, face up with four high, no draw. Right. So obviously, in and this is a very wild game where everybody's doing a lot of raising. It was, you know, it was kind of like a, an action atmosphere there. And so the action casual Asian player makes a joke, ha ha ha, I've got four high and I'm going all in. Ha ha ha, like you know. So and he actually threw his hand away. It hit the muck and face up four high, four deuce. So the right thing to do there is to you know, laugh along with him and that's that. Well, one scumbag in the game said, Wait, that's a verbal declaration of all in. This guy has to go all in now. Now, wait, was it the dealer who said that, or was it one of the people at the table? No, one of the people at the table said that. Oh, and are you kidding me? Yeah, I didn't then, realize that. So okay. so uh, then the dealer was asked, and the dealer said, you know what, I think by the rules you're right. And <laughs> so they called the floor man over, and the floor man ruled, it is an all-in. So then, then came, of course, what do the remaining players do? There are two players yet to act. Um, so I think the guy who was... Next to act was the one who had uh, called out that uh, this has to be an all-in. That guy then called the all-in. And... He basically stole his chips. Then the other two people folded because they didn't have enough. They They didn't have cards. Enough of a hand hand to really call it. They couldn't call. The guy who said it had to be an all-in turned out he had a straight. Surprise, surprise. Right. And, of course, that easily beat four high, and he got all that guy's money, 7K. And the Asian guy just stormed out angrily and probably is never going to come back. So, uh, worst ruling ever. Uh, They actually have the right. (laughs) They actually have the right at these places. I like PLOL's idea. He says, I would just pick up my chips and run out of the room. Yeah, well, people actually suggested that. People were saying that what he should have done was just just left and said, look, you can kick me out, but I'm taking my chips back. I'm not considering this at all, and I'm just taking it, and I'm I'm leaving. And that's not the same as stealing. Uh, It it may be hard for them to actually force him to pay there. If uh, if he hadn't actually put his chips into the pot, they might not let him back. They, no, they never let him back. But yeah, but they kick him anyway. Uh, I guess he got five k of it. Someone's correcting me in the chat. Five k, seven k, whatever. Uh, you know, thanks for the correction. Though. I always appreciate corrections uh, because sometimes I get these details thank wrong. Thank you, genius. But uh, and we're not saying thank you, genius, to mock the guy. His real name is no, his name his in the name chat is genius. genius. <laughs> 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 so, but but anyway, uh, they can rule. The floormen are empowered to rule for the good of the game. They were allowed to rule based upon intention. Now, they've got to be careful with that, because in poker, the more important thing is what you actually do rather than your intention. But this wasn't even a matter of intention. This was a matter of, this guy was just making a joke. It was a clear joke. Everyone understood it was a joke. And there's no way it could be taken as anything but a joke. He had four high, no draw. So it was a very, very clear joke by a casual player. And basically, the guy who said it has to be all in... Uh, was trying to steal from him. Here's a correction from Jason. It was 5K. The cards didn't hit the muck. That's what I, I read originally with the muck, but okay. Oh. And it was another player it, not involved in the hand that stated it was an all-in. And, uh, well, that's... Uh, I, well, we had our facts wrong. And that's what I thought, too, Jeff. I didn't think that 
it was an angle shot by the player who had the best hand. I think he just kind of took advantage of it when he saw that he could, but somebody else initiated it. Okay, but somebody else still called the all-in. Someone else still, you know, like right. that's, that's what's so ridiculous. The right thing to do there, even if, you know, the story is the way Jacob's saying it, that some uninvolved player said, wait, 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 that's really an all-in, which is also shitty to do. That's even shittier. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, why are you getting involved? You're not in the hand. But... Uh, um, it's the most annoying thing. You know, if, if, if you're a decent person, you say, I don't care what the rule is. I'm not taking this guy's money. We're just all going to, you know, we're just not going right. to take it. Give everybody their chips back. Yes. That hand's null and void. Yeah. Of course. I mean, you, you, don't, uh, you don't take it just because they technically give you the ability to steal from this guy who's trying to make a joke. So, uh, I mean, that's just really, really awful. And Disgusting. I... I I have a feeling this guy just left. It was, you know, a guy who didn't speak English very well. He probably just felt like the the white man screwed him and walked off. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's true, the white man did screw him. But uh, I wonder if this was appealed to someone higher. It, well, I guess I, I don't know if it could have been overturned. But uh, I mean, obviously, if it happened to me, I would have demanded for a supervisor and then a supervisor, supervisor, and the supervisor, 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 and all, all the way. I, I would have had uh, President Obama come in and rule on this, if, you know, if it happened to me. Now you can't come in after a fiasco like this. You can't come in, let's say, the next day and demand to see the manager and ask for your money back, right? It's too late. Once once the hand is done, nobody's going to recall the exact details or amounts. Yeah, well, you can, but the problem is getting Harris to give you the money back at that point. It's one thing for them to overrule the ruling and say, no, 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 never mind, it's not an all-in, that guy doesn't get your money. But once the other person's gotten your money and has gone home, now it's going to come out of Harris' pocket, and you know they're never going to do that. Especially for some, if it's like for 200 bucks, they might do it. For 5 k there's no way they do it. Really? Yeah. Even if a certain Jewish attorney were to call them and, and make a demand? <laughs> you know what? This may not be a bad call that uh, that uh, Alvin Finkelstein can make. I, I think tonight we're not going to get anyone there, but it's very hard to reach them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that might be uh, that might be a good prank call in the future. Maybe next week. <laughs> well, I, I'll maybe take any chance I can to have Alvin on the phone. Maybe, so. we, can even Go do for this, maybe we can even do it ne- this week if we can reach them. I just know it's very hard to reach anyone at the Rio during the World Series. But, uh, Anyway, that that was really bad and just another failure. I mean, they've they've got to have people with common sense, and they've got to have people above the floor men who really have common sense. So where if the floor men screw up, that there's always someone that can be called over who will have some sense for the right thing to do, and that you won't. But shouldn't, have these shouldn't you only be hiring floor men who know what the hell they're doing? Yeah, yeah, you should. But uh, you know, I think that there should be some pretty major screening and training going on with these guys. You should, but sometimes people can seem okay on the surface, and it's, it's hard with... with Until there's an you incident, need. you yeah. don't know just how big of an yeah. idiot they are. But what you always need in, in a situation like this where there's just so much money at stake, it's not like it's a McDonald's where you know you don't need to have a, a top manager yeah. on call 24 hours. This is something right. where, for so much money being at stake, there should always be someone who can come down and say, wait a minute, this is wrong and just not allow it. I mean, it's a, whether that's technically in the rule book that that's an all-in, they should have the authority to overrule it and say that was clearly a joke, that was clearly uh, something that wasn't intentional, it was clearly a mistake, and you know this was not... We're not going to consider that a valid all-in. And, and anyone with common sense would understand that. And uh, um, so, anyway, um, that's... You know, it's, it's almost like, let, let's say I was on the phone... And uh, well, you're not supposed to be on the phone at the table. But let's say I got a phone call quickly and I violated that rule. 
and mm-hmm. uh, um, and I say something like, let's say I I tell the person, hey, I better hang up because uh, you might confuse me. I might end up accidentally saying I'm all in. So I go, what? Right. Wait, you said you're all in. Your mouth. You said I'm all in, and then I look down and I have seven deuce off suit. <laughs> you know, on a, right. in the same situation, you know, like in some situation like that. Like you know, you have to make common sense rulings here that uh, not let the angle shooters get away with it. Not let people. Uh, it's, it's called the integrity of the game, as just said in our chat. Uh, but by should, Bobby Orr. Should, should players at the table all stand up together in 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 unity and say we won't we don't agree with this? This is ridiculous. Yes. Uh, this is a theft. Yes. I, I think you know. Yes, and I would have taken that money. If at least three or four people had stood up and said this is crazy, we won't we won't have this. Yeah. And maybe. Yeah, and and I I I wouldn't have taken that money. I, even if I could have been the beneficiary of that 5K, and even if I could have gotten away without without any kind of damage to my reputation, let's just say. Let's say I knew for a fact that nobody there knew me and that nobody there would ever tell this story with my name attached to it, but I'd just get away with it. I, I couldn't do it. It'd be like theft. Like, I would know this no, guy it's, was... It's was horrible. It's horrible to sit there and watch it happen and yeah. not say anything. Yeah, so... Um, you know, uh, Todd, Six-Toed Pete makes a good point. He says, commercial break, I need a smoke. And I wondered if, at some point, as our radio shows get longer and longer, if, if we couldn't have some sort of little uh, advertisement and uh, give people a chance to go pee and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, yeah. If, if, you want, if you want to go pee, you can go to it right now. I'll just talk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can bring you with me. I don't know if you guys want to come. <laughs> uh, you can go. I, I'll, um, I'm no, no. I'm actually fine. I, okay. I was actually thinking, though, that uh, it shows that run four or five hours, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, to have something for just you know three or four minutes in the middle. Yeah, something to think about. That's true. Not a bad idea. So uh, we uh, outside the World Series, some things happened. Uh, Tom Dwan was spotted at breakfast. Into breakfast with a mysterious new lover. Maybe <laughs> he, he was at breakfast at the lovely Ellis Island Casino, which is a, a shithole. So for someone as rich as Dwan oh. here, uh, he uh, apparently doesn't mind eating with uh, with regular folk. But uh, the interesting thing was not that he was eating breakfast at Ellis Island. I think only one step would care about that. Uh, the interesting thing was who he was eating with. Someone claims it was Howard Lederer and took a picture. Now, the picture shows someone that looks very much like Tom Dwan, but unfortunately we can only see the back and kind of side of the other guy who is said to be Lederer. Uh, it's definitely it, Tom. Yeah, it is true that the person in the picture with him looks older than Tom. Looks kind of like a big guy, like like uh, Howard Litterer is. Uh, has like a bald spot and a receding hairline, like uh, Howard Litterer does. But you just can't really see the face. So there's a lot of people who play poker who have that type of body description. And uh, I can't say from this picture if it is or isn't Howard. I could believe it either way. But uh, if they were eating together... Well, yeah, explain to us what would be the big deal about it if they were. Well, uh, the problem is that uh, Howard Lederer was one of the people who was very much involved in stealing the money from Full Tilt. I mean, he can deny it all he wants, but it's very clear that three people very much involved with calling the shots over there were Ray Bittar... Howard Lederer and Chris Ferguson. Uh, there's also some a- allegations that Ray First was involved too, and Ivy, you know, his involvement is but questionable. He, but the Lederer is definitely one who can't slip out and say he didn't know what was going on. Right, right. So, so uh, Tom Dwan, who actually was coming out in defense of Full Tilt at first, uh, and has since backed away from that kind of. But uh, 
you would think that Tom Dwan would not want to be seen with him, much like uh, people don't want to be seen with Russ Hamilton. Like it made Lane Flack look bad when he was caught on camera golfing with Russ Hamilton. Uh, when Howard Lederer is public enemy number one and has harmed the poker community in the way he has and stolen from the poker community like this, and when you're a, a public figure in poker like Tom Dwan is, I don't know why you go to lunch with Howard Lederer. I mean, Howard Lederer uh, put Tom Dwan himself in a very bad spot because he was a full-tilt pro. He was a full-tilt partial owner himself. I don't believe that Tom Dwan had anything to do with what happened at full-tilt. I have full belief that Tom Dwan was not given any kind of decision-making power or visibility into the way the company was run. But, uh, you know, you don't go to breakfast with Howard Lederer here if, if, if you really feel that he's hurt poker, if you really feel at he's least, done this. At least not publicly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that that's what's making people raise their eyebrows and thinking, you know, maybe Tom Dwan is, is closer to Howard than he's let on. So I'm not going to say that's Howard because I, I don't know. It's just a picture. It was posted on 2 Plus 2, and it's impossible from that picture to tell if that's Howard or not. But uh, and I wonder if the person who took it, I, I don't know if, if they got a closer look or if they just saw this and, and snapped it from a distance and never approached close enough to see if that was Howard's face. So. Well, you know, we've talked about the new upcoming power of Twitter. It's possible that uh, if enough people tweet to Tom Dwan about this, he will come out with an admission or a denial. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's hopefully what we'll get. And uh, then we have uh, another picture, of course, if you want to see the, uh, the picture with the two... Uh, Aces spades at the Rio. So those are both <laughs> on our radio thread. Anyway, uh, yeah. moving on to our next planned subject for the evening. Lock poker. I haven't talked about them in a while. And I know whenever I talk about lock poker, it gets uh, a certain individual very angry, but I'm going to anyway. Lock poker <laughs> is having major problems on their new network. They left the merge network on June 1st. They joined, or actually bought the cake network, which was really struggling. They bought the Struggling Cake Network, renamed it to Revolution Gaming, and uh, they've had a lot of problems over there. But while the problems have existed from the start, they've gotten especially bad recently, including a canceled tournament, because I think the thing crashed or something like that, where not everybody got their money back. And, even more disturbing, people who have deposited and their money is not showing up in their account. Now, I'm not saying Locke is stealing from them. I think this is a glitch. But so the biggest it's just it's a technical issue, or is it bad management again? It's, it's both. Uh, I don't believe that Locke is stealing from people intentionally. I don't think that they said, hey, we'll, we'll just let you deposit and take your money. I don't think they're doing that. And, you know, and I've criticized them a lot, but I don't believe that's what they're doing. But uh, on the other hand, they are not responding to people. The customer service on Locke is so bad now, and they have so many problems, they're overwhelmed. So people write to customer service, and they're just ignoring everything. People are not getting responses from Lock Poker with their problems. So there's posts all over 2 Plus 2. So this is a post today, 3.11 p.m. on 2 Plus 2. I'm going to read it from a guy named KK89, who's been on 2 Plus 2 for about two years. He said, do not risk your money by depositing on Lock at least until this issue is solved. And the issue he linked was a thread about how if you deposit there, your deposits vanish into thin air. He said, not enough people are reading the link thread. By posting here, hopefully I can prevent more people from getting into the situation as the guys from that thread. More people visit Internet Poker than Lock... Oh, he's talking about the sections of 2 plus 2. It doesn't matter. But anyway, he's telling people just don't deposit on Lock because of 
problems. Now, this is what the thread says about the problems unlock. Um, these, these were, this was happening starting on June 30th. And people just aren't getting answers. That their money is going in, and they get an, a message saying, processing server did not respond in time, but the money goes away from their card anyway. So they end up paying for the deposits, but then the server doesn't actually process the deposit, and they don't end up with it in the account. So people email Lock and are not getting answers because they have so many problems there. I think they're overwhelmed and they just can't answer everybody. So uh, this is just dragging on and on, and it's not getting solved. And... Um, Risen, Eric Lynch, who's the Poker Room manager, he made one post on 2 plus 2, and uh, his post said, forward me your username and email address to risen at lockpoker.com or PM it to me, and I'll have someone look into it ASAP. So that sounds good, except people are doing that and they're not hearing back from him. So, uh, basically, people... Uh, how many people do they have uh, doing customer service over there? Like two? <laughs> probably. So they're just not getting answers there. And uh, I, I think this will eventually be resolved, but uh, this has been dragging on for more than a week now, and it's very disturbing. You deposit into a poker site, the money comes out of your uh, your account, uh, you know, your bank account, your credit card, whatever, and uh, you can't get any answers. Your money's just gone, and you can't play, and you don't see it in your lock account. And uh, th- this is someone else named Kedu or Kidu who posted on Two Plus Two. He said emailed Risen, ignored. Skyped Shane, which is the, one of their other reps, four separate times ignored. So, and this guy deposited 1K and it, it had vanished. So, uh, I mean, this is really bad. This is the type of thing, and they just have scandal after scandal over there. And this one I don't even think was an intentional thing. I don't think they were trying to cheat anyone here. And they might eventually make it right with for everybody, but to let this go on now for 11 days is unbelievable. I mean, when you have a major issue like this, you you have to do what PokerStars does. PokerStars is so good at communicating with people and, and making people like treating people like human beings. And I I've been one who's criticized PokerStars on many occasions for various things, but I will say, the customer service wise, they've always been excellent. They uh, they let you know about what's going on if there's some problem. They compensate people when there's a problem. They let you know the status of the problems and what they're doing about it. They don't just disappear or, or, or fall under an avalanche of emails and, and figure that they just can't do anything about it. because It's too called many competent management. Right, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, it's unbelievable that, that uh, for 11 days later, there's still people saying, hey, no, they're not answering me. Hey, what do I do? My, my money's still gone. And I just can't believe that... Uh, this is happening over there, but given that it's lock poker and that they screw up the simplest things and they handle it customer service-wise the worst possible, in the worst possible now, way... Now, has there been a mass exodus? People just taking all their funds off the site and getting out? I think there will be. There hasn't been yet. There, there are people saying, wow, I was just about to deposit, now I'm not going to, which, of course, is the smart thing. So if you, if you want to deposit on lock poker, don't right now. <laughs> Do not post because... Uh, uh, you uh, you're not deposit there, or your your money's going to be gone at least for now. And uh, by the way, there's a guy in the chat named Midwest Hustler who wants permission to play the free roll, and he sent this at 7:25 before it began. And uh, I'll let him. So Midwest Hustler, if you win or have already won, uh, it's fine. You'll get the money. 
Anyway. Is that a familiar name? I, it, for some reason, it doesn't feel like the first time I've heard it. I've never seen him before, but he sent a no. convincing enough message. But, <laughs> but uh, and anyway, you know, they've had so many problems there from the Jira scandal to the uh, promotion about the extra rake back. I mean, I wrote all about all the different things they've done that were shady in the scam scandals and shadiness forum on the site, and you can still read it. It's a sticky thread. And this I don't really see being shady, but I see this as just terrible management and just really leaving your players high and dry. And uh, and China Maniac's asking me uh, if the Intertops cashier is the same as Locke. And I, I know Intertops is part of the network, but I, I don't know if, uh, if they're the same. And uh, so, anyway, that's that's. Uh, I also got sent a link for about some affiliate program scandal they're having. So, what a mess over there! Uh, I have someone in the chat here that I'd like to talk about being in the chat, and I wonder if this is the real person. <laughs> You know, this community wouldn't be Could here. It be? This community would not be here if it were not for over eight years ago, a certain guy who was running up his role on Poker Stars deciding that he wanted a fan site for himself. This was a guy named Dustin Neverwin Wolf who said, Hey, I, I want NeverwinPoker.com and contacted his college friend, Brian Mikon, to create NeverwinPoker.com. And Neverwin. Uh, despite uh, a lot of tough times recently, is in our chat, if this is really him. How can we determine? Uh, can we have him call? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe we, maybe I can play the sound of a dog barking and see if he gets excited. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, Wait, I have two dogs here. But no, definitely care. never one call in here. Uh, 775-FRAUD55, 775 Three seven two eight three five five never win. We would like to hear from you. I mean, you're like the the father of this whole community here in a way. Uh, call in that number. Show your caller ID so you get through. And love to hear from you. But to answer your question, never win. I have one hundred thirteen thousand seven hundred in chips. So not the best day two, but not the worst day two. I mean, I could be out. I could be crippled. I have. Slightly more chips than what I finished day one with, and uh, basically I couldn't make a draw, so that's why I didn't uh, do very well. But still around, got average chips, and he keeps saying how many chips you got. I wonder if he's even listening. <laughs> I mean, I, now I believe it's never win. Now, is he probably just, is. now <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I'm starting to believe it's him. Uh, somebody tell tell Dustin to call in. Yeah. So because <laughs> I don't know if he's listening. Yeah. Someone tell. I Dustin think he's just chatting. Yeah. Like, but how do you know the chat's even here? Like, well, maybe he just like randomly went into chat. Like, oh, everyone sits there every night and chats with each other. Fifty people in the chat. Okay. Uh, well, he obviously made an account on PFA in order to be in this chat. So, how long ago did that occur? I don't know. Uh, uh, I could look it up, but uh, I was actually reading right now. This, this link was sent to me by someone in the chat. Blacklisted Lock Poker Affiliate Program Review, and he said, "I'm not someone who goes around blacklisting affiliate programs." I'm not also someone who generally airs their dirty laundry in public. And this is a guy who has affiliate programs where basically this guy makes money when you click on the links for these sites and sign up through his links. So he says, I wanted to stress that uh, you never see me complaining about an affiliate program in an affiliate forum. I always prefer, prefer to handle things privately. I wanted to stress that so you know how serious it is when I hear I'm saying that I'm blacklisting lock poker and lock poker affiliates. Three weeks ago, I wrote about what an interesting month it was going to be for poker affiliates. This is due to Lock Poker purchasing the Cake Network and renaming it Revolution. Unfortunately, things aren't going well, 
And uh, he went on to write that he registered as an affiliate on May 11th, and that um, uh, on May 17th, uh, he wanted to get everything set up, but he never received a reply. He was trying to get it set up for June 1st when they went to their new network. And uh, he actually contacted the guy who runs PokerNewsBoy.com, which uh, our user Steve-O works for. And uh, he was hired as an affiliate manager at Locke, so he just contacted him about it. Anyway, uh, basically, uh, he still wasn't getting answered. And, and finally, uh, he had 500 players ready to, rake back players, all ready to move on to Lock Poker. All he needed was to be able to lock into it, uh, log into their, uh, their affiliate system and to get it all set up. And he couldn't reset his password. He didn't have a forgot password option, uh, and, and it was a, a huge mess. So uh, I, I can't read the whole rest of this because I, I haven't read it before the show, and I've, I've tried to paraphrase as I was going through it. But uh, I will be posting this on the forum. And uh, so this guy had a very bad experience with luck. And you heard some of it, and you can read his whole story when I post it on the forum. But, uh, wow, they're just up to a lot of troubles there. And I just got kicked out of chat. I was about to ask Dustin if it was really him. Yeah, I, w- I was kicked out, too, so don't feel bad. I'm back in now. But uh, uh, Brandon is not with us, in case you've joined us late. Brandon's not with us because uh, he's been having a dispute with Slim T, one where I'm very much on his side. I don't see that Brandon did anything wrong here. But uh, Brandon <laughs> never went to said not dupe. Dog bark turned me on. <laughs> if it's still really him, I don't know for sure if it's him. But uh, <laughs> look, uh, <laughs> Brandon left because Slim T came on. First, we were going to let Slim T on here. Then Slim T did come on because Brandon said he could. And then Brandon got pissed once Slim T was on here. And I'm not sure exactly what set Brandon off at that point, but he said this whole situation has been stressing him out and he just wasn't in the mood for radio, so he left. So he probably won't be coming back tonight to the show. So that's why it's just me and Val tonight. And hopefully we'll have him back next week. And, uh, you know, of course, I only did this because I only put him on, Slim T, because Brandon said it was okay. If Brandon hadn't said it was okay, I would not have put Slim T on because I had said before I wasn't going to put Slim T on because he was not posting his proof. And you can't just accuse someone of things without having proof that they're guilty of what you're claiming they did. If you claim you have the proof and refuse to provide it, then it's on you. And I didn't want to give him airtime on the show until he actually provided the proof. And uh, the chat room was pressuring us to put him the on chat anyway. room was making it us feel like if we didn't give him a, yeah, a couple of minutes to tell his side that we were, you know, denying him his free speech. Yeah. So uh, I may be guilty here, but I asked Brandon, can we just let him on for three minutes? And that way we appease our listeners. And, uh, you know, I know Brandon's innocent, so no worries there. But apparently uh, he got upset. And I just want to shout out to Brandon. Love you and uh, support you 100%. Come back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the uh, it's funny It's funny how I felt a fear, to peer pressure from the chat when, uh, you know, I, I go all the way through high school and college and no one peer pressures me into doing drugs, and yet uh, the chat peer pressures me into putting someone on to, uh, <laughs> to accuse Brandon of things. Anyway, uh, but I, I'm not really blaming the chat. I, I'm just kind of kidding about that. I mean, the ultimate decision lies with me if I put someone on or not, and I decided to because I, I didn't want it to look like that uh, we were refusing someone 
someone's ability to accuse a host of wrongdoing, even if the person's case seems really weak and, and really flimsy and he won't post the proof. But I still wanted to give Brandon the chance to say yes or no, but I, I should have just said, you know, forget it, I'm not putting him on at all. So anyway, that, that's that's why Brandon's not here with us. Hopefully we'll have him back next week. And uh, I like how Bukowski remembers all these obscure things about... Never Bukowski has an amazing... His brain is like a steel trap. Yeah, he's, I, I call him the walking image <laughs> library. He's also like the walking uh, community encyclopedia. So he, he said... Uh, he's asking everyone right now, what type of... What brand of woman's shirt do you like to wear to the Orleans at 4 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember these things. Okay, so uh, I think it's time we play our game here. Older or younger than Druff. Now today's prize is a $50 gift card that's good at Chili's... Romano's Macaroni Grill, Maggiano's. These are all chain restaurants, and uh, you can have a pretty decent meal there for 50 bucks, or at least uh, knock off most of your bill that way. And uh, I have this gift card. I will mail it out to you. This was donated by Pooh. I don't know where he got this gift card, but uh, he you, decided Pooh. to give it to us instead of use it himself. He could have had a, a, a nice uh, you know, veal parmesan dinner there at uh, Romano's Macaroni Grill. Instead, he wants someone else to eat that veal parmesan. So, and you can, of course, use it at Chili's. There's, you know, you got to find one of those restaurants that you're going to like. So, seventh caller at 775-372-8355. And this is Brandon's idea, seventh caller. So, anyone who's, like, just waiting to get in really fast doesn't have the advantage this time. Right I've now. just been asking uh, Dustin to call in, so if he calls in, um, that will okay. nullify this. Yes. Caller, uh, you are caller number one. Who are you? Oh, I'm Hockey Guy. Okay, Hockey Guy, call back. Okay. Okay, we have okay. one. There's one. Here comes call number two. Call number two, who are you? Caller number two. All right. Caller call number, number two, wherever you are, you're gone. Right. Caller number Hiding. three. Call in. Here we go. Caller number three. And people are nice to call in, even though they're not going to be the winner here. Okay. Caller number three. Who are you? God damn it. I want to be caller number seven. Well, you can, you can try back. You can try back. Who are you? <laughs> Dark Star. Later. Okay, Darkstar, our sponsor. Caller number four we're waiting for here, 775-372-8355. You're welcome to call right back. Uh, but we've had so far, uh, was it four calls? I'm losing track. It is four, yeah. Yeah. Here's our fifth caller. Oops, now I'm screwing something up badly. Uh, we, we had a fifth caller from 302, but I didn't get him on. Sorry about that. Caller number six, who are you? Caller number seven? No, you're six. <laughs> Hang up and try again real fast. Aww. Okay, this How is fun. I, I kind of feel like I'm the screener at uh, Kiss FM back in the 80s. <laughs> so, uh, next caller is the winner, 775-372-8355. I can't believe we're not, like, we got six real, there we go. Whoever from the, uh, the uh, one step was the eighth call. We're not even taking his call. <laughs> the call. Caller from the 470 area code, you're the contestant today. Hello, who are you? This is Bubbles. Bubbles, congratulations. And I'm glad it's you. You know, you've, you've been a good user on this system. And just turn down the radio, though. Hello? Yes, turn down the radio. Yes. I hear myself in the background. Uh-oh. Hold on. you got to kill the radio here, Bubbles. As much as I like hearing myself talk, I don't like hearing myself that way. 
Jeez, now we're getting okay, this camera. Okay, break yourself. I can hear now. People who Slim okay. T just called in as one of the calls. <laughs> 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 After everything that happened today, Slim T wanted to be the contestant. That would be like rubbing salt in Brandon's wounds. Man. Oh, God. Would he be immediately disqualified? Okay, everybody, we, I know some of you are listening to this a little bit behind on the, on the web, but we already have our seventh caller. Now I'm just getting hammered with calls. I'm glad we have a lot of listeners, but but uh, just getting hammered. That's Don't awesome. call anymore. We got our contestant. So, Bubbles, are you ready to play older or younger than Druff? Yep. Okay. The first player, and h- how well do you know poker players? You know them pretty well. A little bit. Okay. The first <laughs> player, he's been very successful at the World Series in recent years. He has two bracelets. He uh, plays a lot of cash in LA and Atlantic City. And, most notably to me, he broke my heart six years ago, not romantically, but in a poker fashion, when I could have beaten him in the second day of the limit shootout and gone on to a six-handed final table. And he rivered me. He runner-runner rivered me to beat me in that hand, avoid being crippled, and then went on to beat me and move on to the final table himself in that shootout. In the James. 2006. Nope. It was Rep Porter. Rep Porter, is he older or younger than Druff? Younger. Rep Porter, and what do you think, uh, uh, Angel? Do you think he's older or younger well, than I? Uh, that you you do pick the tough ones. Um, he's got some miles on that face, but I'm going to go younger. You're going to go younger. So, Rep yes. Porter, and I better I better go plug in my laptop here. My battery is about to die. Rep Porter, no, he was born in 1971. He's 41 years old. He is one year older than me. Sorry, you got yeah. that one wrong. Both of you. So. Uh. You, you can only miss one more, or this gift card gets held over for next week. It will on, be given away. I'll just keep keep doing this uh, gift card competition until we give it away. I'm not going to use it myself, I promise. Okay, Bubbles, number two. John Hennigan, also known as Johnny World. Is he older or younger than Druff? Older. What do you say, Bubbles? <laughs> i got to go younger on him, too. Just because he shaves his head or whatever doesn't okay, mean well, he's old. Fortunately for Bubbles, he continues on in our contest. John Hennigan is older than me. Older? Oh! Born, I'm, I'm, I'm 0 for 2. Born nice March, right, March 10th, 1970. He's 42 years old. The next one. David Benjamin, ex of Erica Schoenberg, who seems to pick degenerates that she shacks up with or marries. Older. You say older. What do you say, vowels? Well, I seem to remember that uh, there were a few posts about the age difference between those two, so I'm going to go older. You both say older, even though he looks older. He's not. He's He's barely younger. He's born July 5th, 1972. He just turned 40, where I turned 40 a few months ago. And your back is up against the wall here, Bubbles. You, uh, you, You have to get the next three right, or otherwise the contest is over. The next one, he was successful, extremely successful last decade, the mid to late part of last decade. Recently, he's had some struggles, but uh, at one point was really kicking ass in the tournament circuit. We're talking about J.C. Tran. Is he older or younger than Druff? Younger. What do you say, Vowels? I, I say younger, too. 
Well, this was probably the easiest one, and indeed he is younger. He's born January 20th, 1977, and even though Asians are hard sometimes to tell their age, yeah, he's only 35. Well, since we're talking about a Tran, we might as well talk about another Tran. This one is Kenny Tran. Kenny Tran, the king of calling when you try to bluff him, making sick calls when you try to bluff him at the World Series of Poker main event. Very hard guy to run off of a hand. And uh, eventually the sick calling was his undoing that year at the World Series. He has three kids with a pretty well-known commerce cash player named Jade. Jade Tran, who uh, they were together, then they were not together, and then they were together again. I don't know what the hell their situation is now. But uh, Kenny Tran... I got cut off. You there? Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about Kenny Tran here. Do you think Kenny Tran is older or younger than Druff? He's younger. What do you think, Vowels? Well, you you do pick some tough ones. I'm looking at a couple photos of him, and i got to say he's got an ageless face. I, I just don't know. I, I'm going to go older because I'm just trying to second-guess your your strategy. Okay, well, Spew Artist is saying I'm a tellbox because I'm claiming he has three kids trying to make you guess he's older when he's actually younger. You know what, Spew Artist? You met me in person. Maybe I am a tellbox. Maybe that's why I didn't do very well on day two of the World Series. You're right. Younger. He was born in 1974. Don't have an exact <laughs> birth date, but I was born in 72, and that makes him younger. You weren't trying to fool us after all. So he is... Uh, uh, no, no, he's saying I was. He was saying that by saying he had three kids, that people would automatically assume he's older. Because, you know, having three kids by now. But, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know, though. Well, I, I go by the young the youngness, apparent youngness of the face. And to me, this guy definitely looks young. So I figured you're trying to trick me, and I figured he had to be older. Yeah. But uh, you weren't trying to trick me in that way. Okay, so uh, by getting both of the trans, Bubbles has kept himself alive for the final question. And here is the final oh, Bubbles. one. Here's the final question. This Okay, it will be, do- it will be donated. This, this, <laughs> this, this individual, a very well-known figure in poker and outside of poker, one time he was playing blackjack with me, and a guy at the table said, Hey, has anyone ever told you that you look like Jean-Robert Balland? Well, it was Jean-Robert Balland. The question <laughs> is, is he older or younger than Druff? He's older. What do you think, Vals? Uh, I, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm going to go with older also. Well, John Bo- Robert Belland was born 1970. Nothing. He was born 1970. He, he is older. You're the winner. Yay! Bubbles, you did it. Hot damn! So you got it. I mean, you you just came back. You missed two of the first three. I thought you were just not going to win this one, and you just I ain't never won no belt down contest before. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny how these people just, just manage this. Like, we've had a lot of good performances here. We had Hockey Guy winning the Druff Trivia, which was really, really hard. We had Biebs win the Older or Younger last week, five out of six, not even knowing who these people were, just by extreme guessing. And uh, and then you, who missed the first two of three, and then wins the final, you know, you get the last three right, even though two of them are Asian. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. Asians, they just, they age very well. It's hard to uh, tell how old they are, and you, you got them all here. So, and, and the chat room was saying a lot of these questions were tough, so very good. So some people, some people in the chat room are saying you sound like Slim T. How do you feel about that? 
That was just a little bit of a joke. Okay. I am from Georgia, not real far from him. Okay. I passed him every trip to Biloxi. Okay. cutting out. Yeah, you know, I actually almost went to Biloxi four years ago, but it, it didn't work out because of a hurricane. But uh, I, I don't think I'll ever be there. So anyway, um, congratulations. Uh, you'll have to just send me your address because I have to physically mail you this card. And uh, uh, We'll run a free roll for it or something. Oh, you don't want the card? Wow. He, he's uh, following in line with uh, the generosity of our listeners. We have the most generous listeners. Yeah, it's amazing. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. And I mean, that's five years worth of work for some people like drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's uh, true. A $50 card, you know, you, you some people have to do a five-year radio show stint to make that type of money, you know? So, so all right. Uh, if you want to give it away, then you're welcome to hold some kind of free roll. But I do want this given away in some way, so uh, either hold a free roll for it and I'll mail it to the winner or uh, get, give me your address and I will mail it to you. So thank you very much for playing Older or Younger Than Druff and congratulations. Okay, thank you. Good job, Bubbles. So he came back. I thought he was going to lose. I thought he was going to lose one of the tram questions that was going to be it. I really yeah, thought, I, I really thought I, it was I over. I didn't think he'd make it through. Honestly, the, the last three games, I can't believe we had winners. You know, it's thanks to John Robert Balland that I appeared on TV at all during the 2010 main event. I, I really thought I was going to be on TV that year because I made it to 88 out of 7,300 people. And there were very few big names left in the field. There was the grinder. There was David Benjamin. There was John Robert. And then there was me. I mean, that, that's pretty much it at that point, I think. And uh, I think Charter was in too at that point, but oh no no he went out you know, he was out before me so yeah it was just just us so um, I only made it on TV when John Robert took a super sick beat or like aces against kings on the river all in and he was walking around complaining about it talking about how sick it was and I was one of the people he went up to to discuss this with and ESPN filmed it and I guess they put like a a tiny clip after that beat, showing him walking up to me and start talking. And that was my entire TV appearance that year for the World Series of Poker main event. And strangely enough, I was on TV plenty two years, or one year before that, playing with Phil Helmuth when I didn't catch anything, and I went out day two. So, anyway, um, people are requesting a piss break. <laughs> one person's requesting <laughs> a piss break. I, mean, I was going to say, my only memory of Blonde is the... Um picture that Indiana Slim always had up on NWP where he's shirtless uh, with a very strange look on his face walking through what appears to be a jungle area. I don't know if you remember that. It's kind of a famous picture. So since uh, our contest is complete, let me move on to our, our next little segment here. This segment has a name to it. That's the segment. Our Love Hurts segment here on Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff, usually Drexel, and Vowels show. Just tonight with Druff and Vowels for most of the show. Love does hurt if you are a poker player in a poker relationship. And a poker relationship, of course, is with another person from poker. You and another poker player in Poker Bliss talking about bad beats and flops and odds and cashing and min-cashing and winning tournaments. And it's all very good until something goes wrong and love hurts. 
And this week, love hurt twice for two different people. I guess one of them kind of began last week. Now, most of you remember last week's debacle with Matt Marafiotti and Lauren Kling. We talked about it for like an hour on this show. Matt Marafiotti just went absolutely nuts. And I apologize if the music is too loud. I'm going to have to adjust that in the future. I thought I turned it, it down. It grows back fast, Jeff. It grows <laughs> back fast. But anyway, uh, Matt Marafiotti and Lauren Kling, uh, he went off on her with a lot of really vulgar stuff. And I'm not going to repeat all that. We went through that last week. If you want to hear about it, go to last week's show. But Matt Marafiotti and Lauren Kling, it seems like that was going to be the end. Like, that was going to be the very, very end after what he did. Uh, in fact, I wanted to have him on this show talking about the stuff he was accusing her. He was saying she was cheating on him, and he made a lot of vulgar statements about her body and uh, various problems he accused her of having. And then he deleted all the tweets, and he deleted his Facebook, and, and everything seemed to have been retracted without him, and he even posted like an apology about it. So I thought maybe the guy just kind of decided he went over the top, decided he shouldn't have done that, and he was being inappropriate, and, you know, he apologized. That wasn't that surprising. What was surprising was that I got a series of tweets from him while I was playing day one of the main event of the World Series on Sunday. And he tweeted to tell me that he was reading my site and was very unhappy with the things that people were writing about him and Lauren. And that these two are friends that they now are hanging out again and that he doesn't appreciate these things being written. That's an odd response when he's the one who brought it on by his tilt. Yeah, he's the one who wrote all this stuff. But uh, for some reason he doesn't like people saying the same things he was saying just a few days after he said it. And he was very mad that these things were being said on my forum. And he was also saying that these people are cowards to write this on the internet and not to confront him directly. Then I kind of started getting some sort of veiled threats through Twitter, saying that, uh, you know, this sort of thing has to get under control or he'll be seeing me soon, or something like that. Like, not a direct threat, like he's going to beat me up or anything, but sort of like, I'll be seeing you if, if, you know, you don't get this under control. So I said back to him, this is a forum where people are free to state their opinion. People can, uh, you know... It has to be within reason, but they can state their opinion, they can state gossip, they can state what they think about a situation, and I'm not going to censor that. We're not two plus two. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to censor that saying, oh, that's too mean. You know, I'll let people post these things. So I said, you're welcome to register an account here and respond to what they're saying. You're welcome to PM me or DM me or email me something that is a statement of yours that I will post on your behalf. But I'm not going to delete things on the forum that you're unhappy with reading. You can respond, but I'm not going to censor it. So I thought maybe this would escalate into a big pissing contest between me and him. And I really didn't want that while I'm playing the main event. And I think he was playing the main event, too, at the time. But uh, he actually responded to me positively and said, okay, thanks. Well, you know, I'm just, uh, I, I just made a mistake. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not reading it. But he was saying, you know, I... Uh, I have some issues. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to get over them. I'm trying to get better as a person, and you know, good luck in the main event, basically. So, I said, all right, thanks. <laughs> that was that. Now, someone told me today 
that they saw on his Twitter that he and Lauren Kling have gotten back together. Now, I can see his Twitter. Wow. Most of you can't see his Twitter because he has a private Twitter now. But I can see it because he actually followed me uh, while all this was going on. And I can see it, and I can't find that. But the person who told me this is very reliable, and I believe that this person actually saw it. So I think he probably announced that they're back together and then decided it's going to create too much drama and removed it. But I would have to guess they're back together. So that's, that's pretty amazing considering everything that happened there. I, I, is this like another Rihanna <laughs> situation? I, I, mean, where, I, I don't know. It's, I it's mean, the strangest thing. I, I, it, that's, it was pretty abusive, the things that he said about her. Yeah, um, and, and, and if it was true, then she cheated on him. And So if she cheated on him, and he's taking her back, and she's taking him back after all the terrible things he wrote, and even if they're both true, even if she really cheated on him, and we know he wrote all these things, like, you know... How could they take each other back? I mean, or even if she didn't cheat on him, she's totally innocent. Why is she taking him back after all this? Like, even if he's vowing to improve everything and uh, and, and is sorry, I mean, that was pretty extreme stuff he wrote there. And, and if he did have a good reason to write it, if he wrote this because she cheated on him and she's really guilty of it, then why is he taking her back? I mean, it's so weird. Obviously, they're two adults; they can do what they want, and it doesn't hurt anyone if they get back together. But uh, <laughs> it's just it's the weirdest thing. And and of all people, I think I was the first one that he publicly tweeted to about the fact that they were even hanging out again. And I think it's because some of you guys who listen to this show, who posted negative things about him on our site, uh, pissed him off. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of lashed out at me for a little bit. So, you know, good luck to both of them here. As I said, I'm not... Uh, uh, it, this is not really my business, but they made it public, so in a way it kind of is. And... Yeah, I, and he did not agree to uh, come on the radio show and talk about this. Obviously. I didn't even ask did you. What, did assumed, you make that offer? It assumed he didn't. I assumed that uh, he didn't want to uh, come back on here. I, I assume he didn't want to make a spectacle of it, even though he kind of was. So I, I don't know. But yeah, she's come back. <laughs> Best of luck to those two lovebirds. Yes, Lauren Kling is back with Matt Marifiotti. Doesn't matter if there's hair on her ass or not. <laughs> he wrote bad things on Twitter about her. Okay. It so. goes that fast. <laughs> So, uh, they're back together, but that's not the only relationship that was in the news on Twitter having to do with poker. That's right, folks. In addition to Matt Marifiotti and Lauren Kling, we also have Amanda Musumichi and Ryan Erikesso who just won a tournament tonight. That's right. Ryan Ericasso just won the what they call the World Series of Poker National Championship, which is something you have to qualify for with a certain number of points. Like if you got a certain number of points in either the World Series or World Series circuit events over the last two years, uh, you get in for free, and if you have a certain number of points, you can buy in, and everybody else just can't enter. And it was like $10,000. Anyway, both he and Amanda were at the final table 
and uh, that was tonight as the show was going on. And it's over now, and uh, Ryan Erickenzo won it for four hundred seventy-six thousand dollars. Nice, but, but well, they were congratulations they were, to they you, were, Ryan. Right, and they were together there, and uh, they broke up on the fourth of July. You've heard of the uh, Tom Cruise movie Born on the Fourth of July. This uh, this relationship died on the Fourth of July, and uh, I'm going to read you the tweets that were associated with this uh, relationship. Another Twitter fest. Another Twitter fest. Again, a a high-profile poker relationship that ends with tweets. And then it has a postscript to it, just like the Lauren Kling and Matt Marifiati relationship. Okay, so here's how it went. Things were looking pretty good between the two of them. As recently as June of this year, Poker News did an interview with Amanda Musumici, who finished in second place in one of those big no-limit, big buy-in, or not big buy-in, big field no-limit events. She won 480000 It's funny how they kind of won almost the same thing, too. Uh, 480000 by finishing in second place in June at a World Series event. Poker News interviewed her and asked her, if you had to play someone heads-up for eternity, who would it be? So they were expecting an answer like, you know, some awful player. They were trying to bait her into insulting some known player. She came back with, My boyfriend Ryan, poker pro Ryan Erikezo. That's a face I could look at forever. It's so cute. Oh, how romantic. Isn't that sweet? So she wasn't saying that he sucks, that she wants to play him heads up. She just wants to play heads up for eternity because he's so cute and she'd be looking at his face the whole time. Very beautiful. And how could a relationship like that ever go wrong? Well, apparently his face is not so cute anymore to her. Or at least wasn't at the time this was written. Look at his face now, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) On July 4th, Ryan tweeted the following. Independence Day just took on an entirely new meaning. Hashtag free man. Now, that's not as good of a hashtag as it grows back fast. But it is still a hashtag saying that he's now independent of his girlfriend, Amanda Musimichi. Now, Amanda's Twitter is a pretty frequently updated Twitter account, and she did not touch her Twitter on July 4th or July 5th. Then she returned to updating it. On July 6th, she returned to updating it, but just with uh, updates as far as that event she was playing, the one that she final tabled that she played tonight. Uh, But she didn't make any mention of the breakup or anything else personal. However, she finally broke the silence on that the next day, July 7th. She said, and this is when they were both deep in the event, into this World Series National Championship event, she and Ryan Erikeso, who was now, were now recent exes. She wrote, It'll be interesting when I get moved to the table of the man who physically assaulted me just days ago. Ryan Erikeso seems pleased with himself, though. Well, that's a pretty severe accusation. I mean, that's, that's saying right. a guy physically assaulted a woman, and you know, it's, that, that's pretty bad. So... He must have responded privately at that point, because 20 minutes later, even though he had not tweeted anything yet, she tweeted this. Apparently, Ryan Ericaso thinks I'm the scumbag lowlife for tweeting that. Wish I had enough joy inside of me to laugh at that. Then, about eight minutes after that, a guy named John Hines, who I guess knows both of them, realized that the two of them are are playing in this event here, and both deep in it. And uh, John Hines tweeted the following to both of them, worry about it later. Right now it's time to lock up a six-figure score. 
hashtag bracelet hunting, hashtag or did you forget? And he also tweeted it to to Matt Marafiati. <laughs> oh my. So then Ryan answered John. <laughs> Ryan gave his first response on this. He said, um, she's the mature one though, clearly. Then even Matt Marafiati got into this and said LOL and tweeted at all of them. Well, it went on from there. Um, a guy named uh, B- Will Bowers, who tweets from Bowers Max on Twitter, jokingly suggested that the two of them should play heads up for roles. That is, heads up for bank roles. And she wrote back, somehow that seems unfunny after someone chokeholds you two feet off the ground. So that was the first detail given about this allegation that uh, he had physically assaulted her. Now she's saying that he choke-held her two feet off the ground. So Is he strong enough to do that? Eh, probably. I mean, she's not a very big girl. I, I, I walk, I've walked by her at the World Series. She's a pretty small girl. Uh, then... Um, uh, I just I'm looking at my own thread about it. Here's here by the way is what Matt Marafiati said to me on uh, the same day. He said, uh, "Me and Lauren do not care what people think. We still hang out every day. I'm glad you guys are enjoying yourselves, though. I hope I didn't start a new trend of sorts. I have issues. I'm going to therapy for them. Other than that, I'm still the man." So, and then I said back to him, "Glad to see you and Lauren made up. I'll be looking forward to your next round of similar tweets in 2013." So. Uh, uh, anyway, getting back to this situation, um, she then tweeted even more. She tweeted pictures of herself and her injuries. She tweeted a fine of example of Ryan Ivercazzo's work. Sorry, it, sorry, it's gross. Yeah, that's real life. And it's a picture of her opening her mouth, and you can see blood on her teeth. And then she tweeted something wow. else. And another display, hashtag maniac, Ryan Ericasso, take pride in your work, was the hashtag. And it was a picture of a busted-up laptop. So, these are pretty serious, these, uh, these accusations. And, uh, you know, she had the picture of her bloody teeth. She had the picture of the busted laptop. And uh, then someone asked her, what caused all this? What made this whole thing fall apart? And she tweeted back, Story is, I wouldn't let his friends come over, and he was very, he was angry. A-N-G-W-Y. Very angry. So, she's saying that this whole thing happened because he wanted some friends to come over. She said no, and somehow this degraded into a big argument, and she alleged that he then physically assaulted her by chokeholding her, and then uh, you know, breaking a laptop and, and making her teeth bloody and whatever he did to make that occur. So there is no mention about whether she went to the police on this. There's no mention about any other action that was taken after that. But uh, um, I don't know what to say. Um, I, uh, there's a postscript to this. There is a postscript. Are they back together? What I can tell you is that the tweets have all been removed. And I'm not sure why, but uh, I have to think that it might be that they're back together. Because she was so enraged about this, even posting, I mean, to, to not only say that someone physically assaulted you, but to post 
pictures that uh, look pretty bad of uh, of the assault, and then to delete those all of a sudden. Why would you ever do that unless you're trying to protect the person and their reputation that you were accusing in the first place? So uh, either they just kind of came to terms and decided that they're going to take down the Twitter trash talk, or maybe they're back together. So <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I, I guess the moral of the story is if uh, if you are in a relationship with a poker player... Don't tweet when he beats you up. Don't tweet when she has too much hair on her ass. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think Just what you need to do is present. you need to realize that if you're in a, a, a tumultuous relationship with a poker player, you just uh, you need to not take to Twitter for uh, some time at least after the breakup piece. You're probably going to get back together and and just go right back into everything that you've been dealing with before. So just save yourself the trouble and don't tweet about it. As as entertaining as it might be for us, just uh, you know, don't tweet your bloody teeth, don't talk about hair on your girlfriend's asshole, don't. Uh, don't do any of those things. Don't talk about being cheated on. Don't talk about being beaten. Don't do these things unless you really want to leave it up there. Make sure you have the strength of your convictions to leave it up there or don't do it at all. So, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they were back together. In fact, if I had to guess, I'd say that's probably what happened. That's probably why it's all gone now. So, <laughs> uh, I guess this wouldn't exactly be the uh, best example of a abuse victim standing up for herself. But you know what? Maybe there's more to the story. You know, maybe We're just hearing her side. And maybe if they're back together, maybe there's more to this that we don't know. That if we heard his side, that would be more understandable. So, you know, maybe it was a, a fight that happened both ways. Maybe she hit him first. You know, who knows what the hell happened? I mean, it could, there's so many ways this could have gone. I'm not even going to speculate and uh, I just think it's so strange that we had two very similar situations in such a short time of two poker couples taking to Twitter to ba- one bashes the other, and then it all vanishes, and it looks like they might both be back together. So, wow. Is Amanda, um, w- would you consider her a friend? No, I, I don't even know her. I spoke you don't to her, know her. I, okay. I spoke to her once. I think she's friends with Jacep and... Uh, I've spoken to her once on radio on a previous show I was on. Um, I don't even know if she knows who I am. I don't know if she could pick me out of a lineup. Uh, It's definitely not someone I'm friends with, but I have nothing against her. And from what I heard of her on the radio show, she seemed pretty cool. I actually, in general, had a high opinion of her uh, from what little I saw. But uh, She did seem cool when she did that show. Yeah, yeah. She seemed kind of like a a laid-back kind of East Coast chick that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, was, was... willing to kind of be like one of the guys and curse and all that stuff. And, exactly. And, you know, kind of a brash East Coast chick, but uh, yeah, it seemed down to earth and nice and obviously a good poker player to have uh, accomplished all she has in the last few years. So, uh, you know, this Ryan guy, he must be pretty good too. He just won that uh, national championship there. And uh, I don't know. You know, if they got back together, then good luck to them and uh, I hope this stuff doesn't happen again. <laughs> Do you have a, a song for their uh, reuniting as well? Like a Peaches and Herb song? <laughs> I probably should have gotten that. Uh, <laughs> I, probably, I, I wasn't sure if they reunited, so that's why I said it. Let's play this again. <laughs> I tweeted a picture of my bloody teeth. <laughs> and my laptop's busting. I had to go to Best Buy and buy a new one. And it wasn't even a sale And it pissed me off Baby, come back 
everyone on Twitter can see. Okay. <laughs> Didn't know you could sing soprano. I tried. So, uh, anyway, folks. Uh, that's the that's the story with the Twitter this week, and uh, we'll wait. You know, I'll be checking my Twitter tomorrow and see if we get even more, uh, even more action. Who knows what next couple will implode through social media? And uh, let me go back to uh, our agenda here. Well, full tilt had some uh, news this week, especially today. Uh, first of all, well, let me take a call. What the hell? Kind of in between segments. We'll throw them on here. Hello, you're the uh, 14th caller for our contest, older or younger than Druff. Do you think that a reporter is... Oh, wait, we already did this. Who's calling? I will fly one day. <laughs> all right. That's, the point That's of that not call. good. No. All right, so uh, let's. Uh, people are saying to call Brad Booth. I I don't have his phone number, so I can't call him. So uh, I think the number I have is old. So anyway, uh, let me go back to talking about this uh, the situation. With Jeff, that, I think that was that was Dustin. Did I just hang up on Dustin? Oh, damn it, you're right. You did, yeah. I think he was just trying to make you laugh. Uh, Dustin, call back, please. <laughs> I thought it. I thought it was someone trying to troll Brandon, so I hung up on him. But you're right; it sounded like Dustin. Dustin, call and back. I'm sorry for hanging up yeah, on you. Yeah, call back, and uh, I've got my dog barking just for you, buddy. <laughs> anyway, while, while we're waiting, uh, you know what? I'll just call him back. I have the phone number. Screw this. I'm just gonna. Perfect. I'm just gonna. Oh, he's calling back in. All right. Okay. All right, uh, Dustin, is that you? Sorry, yeah, I'll go with the railroad. Okay, you know, rail, <laughs> railroad, you can say you're, that's your own situation. So, uh, so, so, Dustin, uh, a lot of people are curious about you. In fact, guess what? The number one question I was asked this year at the World Series. Um, I don't know. The question is, how is Dustin doing, and is he going to be playing? That's what everybody wanted to know about you. Yeah. Yeah, I actually came out there um, last week. I put a couple satellites, but uh, no, I didn't end up playing anything. So you said come out there. So I see you're calling from a Chicago area number. Are you back in Chicago? Yeah, I moved back to Chicago. Okay, okay. So I, I actually told the people wrong. I said I, I wasn't exactly sure where you were, but uh, that I, I thought you were in Las Vegas. But uh, from from what I would guess that you probably wouldn't be in any events this year, but I said, you, you never know, because I, I told them that I saw you in the 2011 main event, so. Yeah, I ended up playing the main event last year. Yeah. I, I could have got in, the offers weren't that great, I mean, it seems like people were trying to buy 7%, uh, so I could have got in for 30%. Okay. But, uh, I didn't really, really want to do that, I figured I'd just wait and buy in and I could play for so now that you're back in uh, in Chicago, uh, what what are you doing these days? Obviously, online poker doesn't have much going on these days, and uh, I, I know you yeah, have the Harris over there. But uh, so so, what are you doing these days to to support yourself, and what what are you just doing in general? Um, actually, I have a good story um, for how I got back here. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go into long lengths about it, but to make the story short. Um, it was actually 
prove that, you know, I'm not totally into dogs. I got ravaged by a 120-pound pit bull, Great Dane, and oh, put me in the hospital. Where, where was this? Yeah, I got, like, uh, it's actually my dog or my girlfriend's dog. I lived with the dog for two years. And where was this? Was and, this in Vegas uh, or was this in Vegas or Chicago? Yeah, this is still in Vegas. Okay. <clears throat> and put me in the hospital. I got like four stitches on my arm, some in the back of my head. Wow. Anyways, long story short, I was bandaged up. A week goes by. I was walking around the area, and I ran into Ali Asani. Hmm. And at first, like he he like kind of saw me by the corner of his eye. And he sounded like I had a cut up on my arm and stuff. And then he got a closer look. But what he said to me was, when I first saw it, I thought, you know, with stuff on my arm and stuff, like I was shooting up or something. He's like, I wasn't even going to say hi to you. But then I, I saw, I looked closer and I noticed, like, it obviously wasn't that. And we started talking and I told him what happened to me about the dog. And he's like, you need to get back to Chicago, then. So, long story short, two hours later, I was on a flight home. And, uh, yeah, been back in Chicago the last three months, uh, back working part-time at the pawn shop for a few days and playing really? at the horseshoe the other days. Of the week. So, so the horseshoe is a casino in uh, in Chicago area? Yeah, my old stomping ground. That's okay. where I grew up playing. And, and, uh, and what, what are you uh, playing there? Are you playing limit hold'em there or no limits? What are you playing? Uh, actually, it kind of I, all I have is no limit. There's 40 tables there, and I would say 95% of them are like one, two, no limit, and two, five, no limit. They have a couple five, ten, no limits that go, and they have a five, ten PLO that goes Monday, Wednesday, Friday with no cap. Then they hold them. They have a 2040 that goes on Wednesday, Friday, Friday, and Sunday. So, I mean, it's pretty dead as far as when it goes. They also have a horse, like a 48 horse that goes on the weekends. But what, what are you um, usually playing there? not much limit action. What do you play? When what you am play? I? When you go, when you go uh, down there, play, what do you play? Uh, I'll play the 510 no limit, and if that's not going, I'll play some 2-5. I play the 2040. Um, unfortunately, they nobody knew who I was there, so it was great. In the beginning, I'd get like, some shorthanded games, and I'd crush them. But, like, now I go up there and, you know, it gets down to three, four, five hand, and nobody really plays anymore. <laughs> okay. So, so, uh, so I, I, I've been doing pretty good. So you're working with this pawn shop. Now, what's that like? How did you get that job? Well, don't you remember originally I worked for a pawn shop? I actually never knew that. I did I, not know you worked for a pawn shop originally. Yeah. yeah, no, my dad owns a pawn shop. Oh, okay. And... Yeah, I worked for him while I was playing Poker Stars, and then when I was making a lot of money on Poker Stars, I decided to go out west. Now, now, now that you're back in Chicago, so, uh, have you gotten clean of the drugs? Yeah, I was actually clean like six months even before I came back here. Um, and, you know, that's what happens when you don't have much money. You can't really afford drugs anymore. So, um, yeah, that's it's a lot easier in Chicago, of course. Um, but yeah, I've been clean for a while now. Okay, and uh, uh, what what's the uh, so, so the plan for the future? Do you plan to return to Las Vegas, or do you think you're going to be in Chicago a while? Uh, what what do, you, what do you think is going to happen in the next few years with you? Well, I, I'm hoping to take over the 
the the shot we have one right now, and we're in the midst of opening up another. And if we open up another, that that one will be mine. So depending on whether that gets going or not, obviously I can't make enough uh, money just you know working for my dad. If I run one and own one, that would be different. Um, for the time being, that's why I'm just working part time. I work three days a week there, and the other three days I'm playing at the shoe. Yeah. I don't really have any huge plans on going back. I, I would never go back to Vegas, first of all. If I were to pursue poker uh, in the live arena, I would move back to L.A. and yeah. play at Commerce. Yeah, now, so, I mean, uh, live games are just drying up as it is. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh, so so uh, <clears throat> uh, I have a question from the chat from Bukowski72, who uh, always helps out this show with a lot of good information. He said, please ask him if Jim and Indian Tony are still playing. What's the answer to that one? <laughs> That's funny that you asked that. Indy and Tony, I ran into when I first got here, and actually, that's when I went out to Vegas last week. He moved to Vegas, and I drove out there with him. So Tony Aces is now living in Vegas as of literally last week. Um, Jim, I think are you referring to Jim Bo? I don't know. Uh, I, I, this guy? this is his question, not mine. Yeah, if he is, I heard he's around. I haven't run into him, and if it's a different gym, then I have no idea. Interesting. So uh, have you pretty much cut ties uh, with this girl that you were living with that uh, had the dog that attacked you? Yeah, that was when I hopped on the plane. That was it. I haven't even spoken to her. So you actually got on the plane to Chicago because Ali Islami told you that was the right thing to do? No, I was actually wanting to go. I was supposed to go back to Chicago the week before because somebody in my family passed away and the dog attack happened the night before my flight where I was going to go home to, for the memorial and stuff. Um, but I had wanted to head back like for the last couple of months. I just, it was hard to make that decision to like, just give up everything and start over. So it wasn't like uh, out of the blue sort of thing, but at the same time it was like the, the thing that I needed, the, the final push. So what made you... uh, I'm glad I I did because I I really, for me, and I'm sure everybody listening knows, I I need the balance. The the balance of, you know, having some sort of a schedule and working a few days. I just, playing poker full-time is just too tough. But with with the balance of, you know, having a job and having some money coming in and playing poker on the side, it's just a lot easier for me. You know, uh, now that you've surfaced here, and uh, I, I don't know if you've heard the whole show, but uh, um, Eleven Grover, uh, he, he's been doing a documentary. I think he's still in the process of making it about UB. And when I met with him a few weeks ago to have him uh, interview me about the UB thing, he actually mentioned your name and said, how do I get a hold of Neverwin? I'd kind of like to ask him about his experience because I told him that uh, you believed that you got severely under-refunded for what you lost on there. And uh, I, said, I, I didn't know how to get a hold of you. So if, if you want to, there's a guy named Eleven Grover, exactly as it sounds. Uh, e L E V E N. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I, I followed him. Okay. With the UV scandal. Yeah, so he actually wants to talk to you. Not, so so I, I don't know if uh, yeah. if you'd be interested in this or being in the documentary. Uh, I just wanted to pass that along to you. Are, are you in contact with him? I mean, you can get my number. Yeah, yeah I, I can send him a message here on the site here and uh, let him know. And. Uh, so, so you're playing uh, poker part time, and I guess your plans are that you you want to be able to own 
the pawn shop you're working in uh, that, that your dad currently owns and, and run that and just kind of do poker on the side. But you, you don't want to be a full-time professional poker player again because it uh, wreaked a lot of havoc in your life. Uh, I mean, <laughs> ideally that's, yeah, I mean, that's that's my, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, I guess it's it sounds, I don't know how to say this, um, that's the plan for now. I mean, obviously it's hard to say, you know, you, you hit a tournament score for like 200,000 and it's a different story, right? You know how it goes. Yeah. But like ideally... For me, I think it's just better, you know, having some kind of side income. I mean, I love poker. I'm never going to quit playing poker. It's nice to, you know, play even if it's not your uh, main source of income. And, yeah, I think I have a hard time with it just being my main source of income, and I think I do a lot better um, doing it this way. Like, whether that pans out or whether that that happens in the future, uh, it's hard to say. I I just know I'm better off with a little bit more balance and... uh, not doing that full-time and being completely dependent on it. Yeah, there's two comments I have from the chat room, one question and one comment. Uh, one comment is from a guy named Vegas Jim who said, tell him Money Storm said what's up. Does that mean anything to you? Not offhand, no. Okay. Uh, and then second, uh, <laughs> China Maniac asked, if poker comes back to the U.S., are you going to give online poker <laughs> another shot? Yes, yeah, that's a good question, yeah. If online poker comes back, yeah, obviously that's what I'd want to do. I, I mean, even if I look if I look back at my last 10 years, I wasn't really much – I never really made much money playing live. I mean, yeah, I didn't, like, try my hardest when I was playing live, and I had a lot of money then, so I kind of goofed off. But live poker in general is just slow. And, like, even now, I, I could play, like, six – four to six hours, and I'm just – I get sick of it. I can't play, like, long sessions. Online poker is a different story, like, I just like that online poker is like it's a different set of tells, and I like I just like the speed and and because of the speed it creates a different set of tells, and I just it's more enjoyable and I just think I I could read better when I'm when I'm playing my best I'll take online over live any day. Yeah, I I tell um, people about obviously I've had some success playing tournaments and I love live tournaments at least there you know you only got to be focused for the amount of days that you're playing, you know what your loss is going to be, and you have a great upside. But as far as, like, live cash games, I don't think I could ever just grind live cash games. You know, I, I agree with you. I actually feel the same way as you. I, I couldn't grind, grind live cash games full-time. Um, when I play live cash, you know, I, I can play it for a lot of hours in a row, but then I don't want to come back for a while right after that. And, uh, like, online, yeah. I, could, I could just keep playing day after day. And as far as tournaments, like... Even though I'm not a tournament player, and I think tournaments are kind of depressing, um, like at the World Series and stuff, you know, I, I enjoy being able to play tournaments live sometimes. I really don't like online tournaments much, and uh, I never got into that scene, and I never really wanted to get into that scene. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, li- I, still, I like the online play better. I, I, just like, I enjoy it more playing online poker than live poker, except for tournaments. And uh, so I, I know we kind of feel the same way about that one for the most part. Yeah. And it just feels like you get it, – it's it's all about, like, getting in – when you get into a zone online, you just get into that flow. And because of the volume, you're able to, you're able to you know, get good reads off of what people are doing. And, like, because of it, like, a lot of people will get emotional online because it's faster. And when you're 
playing a big volume of hands against people, you really start to see tendencies and you can really start taking advantage of it. Whereas live, like, you got to sit there, you got to wait, like, okay, maybe this guy isn't that great. Okay, well, maybe he is. Like, and, and the other biggest thing is, is online, after each hand, if there's a showdown, you can see their cards. So you really get a good read into what they're doing. Whereas live, like people muck their hands. You never like if you show your hand, their card, their hand goes in the muck. You don't get that information. Yeah. There's so much more information online than live. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, and it's hard to like get a good to, to get a good image live. Like you might have to sit there for like two, three hours. Okay, now they're thinking that I'm tight and stuff like that. Where online, like, you could get a good image or play off your image. A lot faster. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, uh, w- one of the greatest runs I've ever seen online poker in, in the higher limits uh, it was Never Wins 2004 winning of a million dollars in the 100-200 game on Poker Stars. I mean, that was unbelievable. That uh, um, where Never Win went from someone who had been struggling on the site for some time to just all of a sudden killing the games and winning. I mean, to to win a million dollars at 100-200 limits. Uh, online, that I had amazing. two wins over over a hundred thousand in a twenty-four hour period, a hundred and sixteen thousand, like a hundred and seven. Yeah, I think one of them actually was on like by Pez name. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of monster wins on other people's names. <laughs> yes, never one was one of the original multi-accounters, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he really. People like think he's just telling these stories of exaggerating. I, I watch these things happen. I, I watch these just unbelievable sized wins because I was playing those games then too, and. You know, sure. it, I was watching these unbelievable wins that uh, Dustin was putting up there, and it's just adding up, adding up. And, you know, and so like I had a month, a few months there where I win more than hundred thousand on that game, and I think, wow, I think about how I did, and then never win. I, I just know some of these days he was just absolutely destroying. It looked like he was winning like a hundred thousand in one day. This must have added up to something huge, and, and it turned out that in, in a well, remember. Remember, it was I never was a big multi-tabler, so like I was only playing one or two tables, but they were either heads up or like three or four-handed. If I was playing more than two tables ever, which was very rare, it was like four full games or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he just but then really, once they got short, you know, it, it's just pretty. Yeah. It's just pretty hard to uh, imagine someone winning a million dollars playing hundred, two hundred limits. In a short period of time, yeah, over a period of years, fine. But I mean, that's that's really an impressive win there, and it's especially because a lot of the opponents were actually fairly good players. It wasn't like against all fish, so uh, so. Yeah, but looking back on it, a lot of those players they don't they're not around anymore either. So no, but yeah, some of those people here. aren't. But some of those people aren't around for the same reason you're not around now because they just they had other issues that uh, that knocked them out of the game. So. Uh, you know, some of the people, it's not because they weren't good enough. It was just they, they weren't good enough at managing other parts of their lives, which is actually more important. It's a long-term success in poker yeah, than absolutely. actual skill. So, so anyway, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear from you here, Dustin, because people asked during the World Series, and I, I didn't know what to say. And I, I was afraid that uh, I was going to hear something very bad eventually that uh, of what happened no, to you. No, no, yeah. Actually, things are, are getting a lot better for me. Yeah, the, it's, someone else mentioned. Uh, I, I, while I didn't see him myself, someone else mentioned he's friends with Greg Deborah. He said Greg Deborah had been asking about you. So you know, a lot of di- a lot of different people uh, came up to me and asked uh, if they knew what happened to you. In fact, that's uh, a, a lot of the people from like the Limit community just kind of uh, because of our time together on Never Win Poker associate me with you, and sure. they, they hadn't seen you in a while. And that's uh, everybody said, where did Dustin go? You got to be a 
pretty well-known figure in the uh, in the limit community. So, uh, you know, sure. I I hope everything uh, ends up okay. I hope everything goes well, and uh, you know, I, I hope you can keep yourself away from the things that brought you problems. The mousetrap. Uh, you know, mostly drugs, but other things, you know, other gambling issues or things like that, and uh, you know, and, and all you, the little mousetraps. Yeah, like like what made me sad. I've I've said this before on radio, and uh, what what made me sad one time was when I was having a discussion with you about. Uh, I think I was saying about how I really hope that I don't have an untimely early death. Like I hope I don't just have a heart attack at fifty. And you said to me, "I don't think I'm going to live to 50. And I thought that was really <laughs> sad to hear. I, I was sad hearing that. I was like, no, yeah, like don't, "Don't say that about yourself. You got to try to live past 50. <laughs> Yeah, I was a little out there. I, people keep, just like that, a lot of people, like, remind me of certain things that happen. I don't really recall much of them. Like, I don't remember saying that at all. Yeah. Well, but I hope you, I hope you have a different uh, attitude now. <laughs> it's good to be able to remember stuff now again, I guess. Yeah. No, that that one was memorable That's because I, I've never heard someone actually say that about themselves, just predicting that they're just not going to live to 50. And when they don't have any kind of, like, you know, it's not like they have cancer or something where they know that it's unlikely to live that long. This is someone who just was kind of predicting from your own lifestyle you're going to be dead. It's hard to it's harder to decipher though whether whether I was just saying that or I was saying that sarcastically or to be funny in a weird way or what. So. <laughs> I don't know. It sounded serious. I mean, I don't know. I, mean I, I don't know how serious I was. Yeah. Well, everyone, you know, it was good to hear from you, and uh, you know, you're of course welcome to post on this site. And uh, what, what made you uh, listen to the radio show tonight? Uh, I was just—I have a couple friends in the main event, obviously, that I was looking at, and then um, I just wanted to see what was going on um, with radio stuff. And uh, so I, I opened up your site, and then radio happened to be on, so okay. I went to the chat room. Yep. Yep. Uh, just to. Yeah, I was just checking out. I haven't checked out stuff at Downtown or Poker Fire for a couple of months, so I was just trying to get up to date with stuff. And actually, uh, oh no, the reason, the main reason I went to your site was because I saw you at 105,000 after day one, and then I scanned through t- 2AB and I didn't see your name. So I was trying to get some info on whether you're still in, how many chips you had. Yeah, I think I vanished from their updates or something. I think something weird happened where, like, the, at first they had me wrongly listed at 45K chips, which I never had on day two. I was always above 100K, and then I, I they, uh-huh. then they tweeted to me that they're going to fix that, and I think I just disappeared. But I, I have 113.7, so uh, yeah, I, I, I saw that now. Yeah, I was so, just checking at the end of the day. Yeah, so I was obviously hoping for better, but 45. you know, I couldn't make I it. I also draw. saw your brutal bubble in the 5K. Oh, that was I lost four straight hands to bubble that way. Yeah, I saw that. and then you got you got aces or no ace king where you just limp re, or the guy limp re raised nine four. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was that was a brutal way to start the series. That was kind of hard to recover from. But uh, I hope well, I can hope do something. You make in the main. A, a good run in the main here. Yeah, I hope so. So, uh, thank you for calling, Dustin. Though it was an unpleasant, uh, it was a pleasant surprise. It was unexpected. So, uh, sure. glad to have you sure. on the show. And uh, you know, call in any time. And people always like to hear updates on you because you're. Uh, oh, you know what? I was wondering what I thought. It's so funny. I thought that vowels was just. Being respectful for like the interview, it wasn't. Uh, oh, she got kicked out. She got kicked off somehow. Yeah, like I'm sitting here yeah. and uh, I'm like, why is she so quiet? And I thought she just decided to take a little break or something and didn't want to interrupt the flow of the interview. But uh, we lost her. I'm gonna try to put her back on. Otherwise, uh, otherwise I may have to end the show early because uh, 
we won't have any host left. We have Brandon left. Tonight. It seems like you're having problems with the chat. Like I kept getting kicked out of that. Yeah, the chat has some bugs. I've got to replace it. I just can't find a very good chat to uh, to have that works well with this forum software. I'm that's been the one challenge here with the site is getting a good chat room. The site, the site looks good. It looks like you had a lot of people in the chat and yeah, on yeah. radio and stuff. Yeah, yeah, the radio show people enjoy, and uh, yeah, that's doing well on the site. You know, it's uh, fairly active. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it so far. Well, you don't you don't have to tell me the story right now, but the last time I was following, uh, I remember you were leaving Donk Down. Brandon had, like, some bashing, like, thing. And then the next thing I know it, Brandon's up there. And then the next thing I know it, Brandon, Brandon is bashing Micon, and then the next thing I know, it, that, that's the last thing I, I saw. Then I looked down here, and I saw Val's Drexel Druff. Yeah, it's... It, <laughs> so I, know, I gotta, that, that, I gotta go back and read about that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting progression of events, if you think about it, from what happened last year. Uh, you know, go from a year ago till now, all the different things that have occurred, and it's just drastically different. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, basically... What you said is what happened, and uh, now Brandon's over here, and uh, now the radio show is pretty much over here, and uh, you know, Mike Con and I, not friends with me anymore. Mike Con's not friends with Brandon anymore, and you know, these things just change over time. So, uh, interesting. All right. Well, good luck in the main. I think you were short stacked, like like the whole main when you went deep. Was yep. it last year or the year yeah. before? Yeah, the year before, so exactly what it was. Then, huh? Exactly what it was. So t- two years ago, I sat short-stacked, but just stubbornly would not go out and went all the way to late day six. And uh, had I won a race, I would have been average chips with 88 people left. So. Well, you should be sitting pretty good, able to have a little uh, room for movement this time around on day three. So. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, you'll run good. Yeah, hopefully, I will. Thank you, Dustin, and uh, thank you for calling in. All right. Bye. I'll be watching. Good. That was Dustin Neverwin Wolf, and for those of you that are newer to this community, and I don't know where, where Vowels is, by the way, we lost her too. Uh, but uh, Dustin, the whole way this community started, if you're newer to this whole thing, if you just found Poker Fraud Alert, or you found this community a few years a few years ago, in 2004, when Dustin had his historic run-up to uh, Hold on, I think... No, I thought Valves was calling back in, but she's just not here. Uh, when he had his historic run-up on Poker Stars uh, on his way to win a million dollars there at 100-200 limit, uh, a lot of people were fascinated with who is this Neverwin guy, so he actually had his friend Brian Mikon, who knew how to make websites, make him a fan site called Neverwin Poker. And he said, hey, you know, put up a forum there so people can talk about me. And <laughs> so... They thought it was going to be a fan site for Dustin, but instead it kind of became a weird, irreverent sort of, like, say what's on your mind forum. And I joined it, and I was a well-known figure in the online world at the time. I Not really live, but online I was a known player on PokerStars, so... People enjoyed interacting with me and asking me for limit hold'em advice, and people enjoyed that me and Dustin were actually kind of talking trash to each other over there, because uh, me and Dustin weren't friends at that point. And uh, you know, the whole site kind of took off, and uh, it took off even more when other things happened that brought attention there. You know, the pictures of genocide in her underwear, me winning a bracelet, uh, David Williams doing a porn, and we had a community, and... 
Since then, the community has split off in a million different ways, and Poker News bought everyone poker. It doesn't even have a forum anymore, and, uh, you know, a bunch of different sites spun off of it. And I guess, in a way, this site could be considered an everyone poker spinoff. So, that is Neverwin. And I, I guarantee you guys wouldn't all be seeing here. The, you, you guys wouldn't be listening to this show. You guys would not be hearing me and Angel and Brandon together on a show if it wasn't for Neverwin saying over eight years ago, hey, put up a fan site for me. So it's amazing how these little things can end up changing so much as far as what happens in the future. So had to have him on because he kind of vanished for a while. And people were very curious about him. I, mean, I got so many questions about him at the World Series this year. Anyway, I will talk about the rest of the things on our agenda, but uh, if, we, if we don't get our co-host back, um, I'm probably going to end this earlier than expected because uh, I like having co-hosts. I mean, I like doing my little solo show too, but that's kind of a different type of show than this one. Without the back and forth and the conversation, kind of feels weird. But I've actually gotten to most of the topics I wanted to talk about. So, uh, One other thing I have not gotten to yet. Oh, I see she just came back online. I think we we're going to have her back. One thing I have not talked about much yet is Epic Poker and what happened to their freelance writers that worked for them. Because they, Epic Poker hired a whole lot of different people who were involved in the poker community. People who had worked in various ways as reporters, as writers, as tournament directors, whatever. They hired a lot of people, gave people a lot of work. And people were very happy to see Epic Poker because they thought it was a steady paycheck. A lot of them dropped what they were doing. A lot of them dropped the other jobs they had on the side that they didn't think were going to be as steady or as lucrative in the long term. Dropped everything and went to Epic Poker. And they got screwed, not only from the whole thing crashing. And by the way, speaking of crashing, I just got a message from Angel that uh, her internet went out. So I'm connecting her back on here. Here we are. We have our our co-host back. I thought you were just being quiet and respectful during the interview with Neverwin. Thought a little bit too quiet. My internet went down, and I was trying to reset my modem and (laughs) running around like a chicken with its head cut off. I was like, that's bad enough to lose one host tonight. Now we have no host besides me. (laughs) So, so anyway, uh, I was just talking about Epic Poker. We just finished our uh, Neverwin interview, but uh, um, is Dustin not with us anymore? He's gone now. But uh, oh crap! I didn't get to ask my questions. That sucks. He's still in the chat if you want to ask him, but. What I was talking about with Epic Poker, and I'm not going to spend uh, too long on this, but we, uh, uh, Epic Poker, when they declared bankruptcy, a lot of people who were owed money for the work they did, and I'm talking about legitimate work they did, not just like work on paper or you technically showed up one day and claim it's work. I mean people who did real hard work and put other jobs aside or didn't take other jobs for their Epic Poker positions. Uh, a lot of them didn't get paid. And the bankruptcy court determines who can get paid and who can't, based on certain legal criteria. That isn't always very fair. Well, this came from Jennifer Newell, who's a longtime poker writer. She's uh, written for Poker News and for many other poker media companies. She's a nice girl. I've uh, met her before. And... Uh, she wrote the following. I, tr- I asked her if she wanted to be on the show, and she said she declined. But uh, this is what she wrote on Twitter. 
a certain bankruptcy court for a certain recently sold poker company, referring to uh, the Epic Poker League that declared bankruptcy that was uh, federated sports and gaming, just deemed me as a, quote, rejected agreement not to be paid. My debt is, quote, burdensome and of no further value to the estate as the costs associated with the contracts exceeded the benefits. That's what the bankruptcy court said. Then she wrote, Wish I knew how burdensome my contract was when I busted my ass to do the work. Epic my ass. Now, so she's claiming that the court, which was uh, yeah, the bankruptcy court that was uh, dealing with who gets paid, uh, I guess, out of the proceeds of the sale of Federated Sports and Gaming, uh, whether she can get paid out of that. And they claim that it's not... The, the writing she did doesn't give them any benefit at this point. So for whatever reason, legally, she's not entitled to getting paid, even though she did the work for Federated Sports and Gaming, as she was under contract for, did the work properly, and didn't get paid. So she just got screwed. Now, um, What is she owed? Uh, that I don't know. It's not some gigantic sum of money, but you know, this is someone who... who makes a living from writing. This is not a rich person. This is not someone who, who's you know rolling in dough and just wants the money for the principal. This is someone who, right. who she counts on this it. yeah, she counts on this income. So and a lot of writers are in this position. It's not just her. A number of people, this guy who calls himself short stack Seamus, I've seen his blogs before, he got screwed that way, as did several other poker writers who got involved with Epic Poker. Now she wrote one other thing to uh, tweet to somebody back who tweeted at her about why don't you you know, contact Annie and uh, you know demand the money from her. And she wrote, Annie doesn't personally owe me. Her company does slash did. Well, that's technically true. But Annie Duke made a lot of money from Epic Poker. She took a very large salary, of which she got paid most of it. Jeffrey Pollock took a very large salary, of which he got paid most of it. And there's several other people who are known who are not known names, but also got very large salaries. This is like 350,000 type salaries for, quote, working for Epic Poker. So they all got paid, and they didn't give that money back. And I think it's terrible that these people, especially some of whom are very rich, like Annie Duke, can have taken this money out of the Epic Poker League as a salary, and then screwed these people who worked for very little money that they really need. I mean, it's just really awful, and this is this is why Annie Duke is such a hypocrite, being this uh, this, this you know this hippie who, who supposedly cares about the common man and runs all these charity tournaments, blah blah blah, and then is happy to watch these people like Jennifer Newell get screwed, and she doesn't care if they can't pay their rent, she doesn't care if they actually did the work that they were contracted to do. Well, is she the one who actually makes these decisions? But why would the bankruptcy court make? I, I just don't understand why. I don't either. Uh, but but I'll tell you that uh, if I were Annie Duke and I took a salary for something like Epic Poker League and it failed like this and people didn't get paid and I and I had a very large salary it's not like I took a, a, a small salary just to cover my time for it or something I mean people I took a salary in the high in, in the mid six figures and got it and and people like Jennifer Newell are not getting paid because the whole thing failed. I would feel really bad. I would actually pay these people out of my pocket and say, sorry, I feel guilty taking this money from this company that was so poorly managed and that I should have known as a principal in this company that was being so poorly managed. 
and that uh, you know, I, something I feel like guilty that would it. really go a long way to helping Annie Duke's reputation. And she could make a big deal out of it, and it could be you know broadcast all across the internet and in, in yeah, all the papers. It, she should do that. That's true too. That yeah, she could that's actually great yeah, advice. Yeah, that she could actually help her reputation by paying these people. That's true too. Exactly. But but she doesn't like uh, like you got to take a look. You just got to feel the guilt of taking the, such a large salary when you're the one managing this company that was destined to fail. You you and and the other high people higher ups there manage it into the ground where. It had no chance to ever work, and everyone was saying this the whole way. You still got your salary and made plenty of money off it, and the common man, the people who work for a few bucks, got screwed and can't pay their rent. I mean, it's absolutely awful and reprehensible that they did this to people. So uh, we have a caller that's been patiently holding and breathing into the phone while I've been talking about this. Uh, caller, uh, who are you? Heavy breather. Hi, yeah. I was just uh, wondering uh, what you thought about, like, never went actually owing money to people. There's a couple of threads on 2 plus 2 about him owing lots well, of money. Yes. Uh, well, by the way, who are you? I will answer the question, but I'm just curious who you are. I'm a first-time, long-time. Okay, a first-time, long-time oh, caller. Okay. okay. Well, let me tell you about this. I get this question a lot, too. I get the question of, if you are running a site called PokerFraudAlert.com, if you're so against all these different scandals including what I'm just talking about here with Annie Duke and Epic Poker and all these bad things that happen in poker and bad people who cheat people, what do you think about Neverwin, who is said to owe people a lot of money, including this Kobe Yard guy and other ones? And I'll tell you, I believe the stories. I believe the stories that Neverwin owes money to people. And what do I think of them? Well, I, I, I think it's lousy. I, I think that Neverwin uh, should pay whoever he owes when he gets the money and, and make an effort to pay these people. Uh, I know Neverwin himself also got screwed by others who owed him, but that's not an excuse. Uh, th- that's totally well, that's nowhere near. It's no, nowhere. It, can no, it can't be nowhere near the amount that he owes. Well, I don't what know. Are, what are you saying that he owes? Yeah, what do you think he owes? I know uh, there's I know there's like one pay, uh, thread on 2 plus 2 that has over 30 pages. But it, of, I thought it's about uh, the same guy, him owing him like 10K. I think it's more than that, but... I mean, there's some people who really uh, screwed him a lot for a lot. There's a lot I know for sure that some people who legitimately owe him a lot of money and probably will never pay. But that's not an excuse not to pay other people. I mean, this was his decision to let these people owe him money, and that shouldn't screw third parties. So I'm not using this as an excuse in any way. And what I'm saying here is that definitely he should uh, make every effort to pay whoever he owes money to currently and, and be honest about it. You know, whoever he owes. Uh, and, and, and he shouldn't just wait for them to come to him. He should go to them once he gets some money to his name and pay these people back. I mean, it, to me, honestly, if he's, like, seriously clean, um, I think he should maybe try to make that, you know, an obligation, like a goal, you know, like... Yeah, he should. He should do that, and and I'm not you know, I'm not going to step around that, and that's that's the truth, and you know, and j- just because uh, Neverwin was someone I was friendly with and someone who who was kind of the father of this whole community originally, you know, that doesn't excuse him from the things that have happened in the past and that he's done, and I'm sure there are people that he owes money to that he borrowed money from under pretenses that he had a better ability to pay it back than he really did, and that that are that got that feel cheated, and rightfully so. And, and he needs to come back and, and pay them, even if he did this when he was under the influence of drugs or whatever, that's not an excuse. He needs to... He, he does need to do this, and he does need to... That, that is part of the process of getting yourself clean and getting your life back in order is also paying back the people that uh, that you harmed on the way down. And, and I believe that, and I hope he does that. And, 
you know. And, and in chat, he's saying that he agrees with you, and um, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> he so, says he agrees that he should pay back. Yeah, I mean, I can't put a number on it. I just know that there's several instances that he, you know, owes. Yes, and I believe And uh, just, I was just curious, uh, your opinion on that. Yeah, I mean, I believe that. I believe that my opinion on him is the same as my opinion of anybody in the poker community who has debts, which is a lot more people than you might think. I mean, a lot more people. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> so, I know. <laughs> so, but and my opinion is the same with all of them, and, and it, it does actually bother me to see people who owe money and just, just keep dodging paying whoever they owe it to, even if they have money at the time, or don't really make much of a priority to pay people back. And I know I would never do this to anyone. Uh, if, if I ever owed money, I, I would really, really want to pay people back, even if I had to live a lesser lifestyle or, or go without something or whatever. Uh, I, I would really feel guilty. And it bothers me in poker watching how a lot of people don't feel guilty and, and kind of see the people who they owe money to as a burden. And rather than something that they feel a moral obligation to do, so I, I hope that uh, Neverwin, now that he's on the, hopefully on the path to bringing his life back into a better state, and his left philosophy. No, I is, totally, yeah, I totally agree with I, that. I hope I mean, that's if what he, he does. The drugs and everything, then that's great. I mean, that's that's a huge improvement because that guy. That's the first I mean, step. He knows he was a mess. And, he, and, he knows he was a mess. <laughs> And, and, and you know what? Uh, you know, I'm glad yeah. that I'm glad that Neverwin has gotten this pawn shop job, because uh, you know I hate when poker players say, "I would pay you back, but there's nothing I can do. Uh, I don't have money to play. I don't have a role to play with anymore, and and I'm broke. So uh, you know, the little money I have, I need to pay rent and, and for food. And, and uh, other than that, I can't really make money. Sorry, I'm out. Well, you say, okay, what 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 job do you have? Well, I don't have a job. Why don't you get one? I don't really want to work, or like, like, you, if you can't pay what you owe from the past, if you can't make it through poker or don't have the bankroll to play poker anymore, then go get a job. You know, the, you can't just not work intentionally and then say I have no way to pay you back. Go get a job, start paying people back. So. Uh, now when it's, yeah, it doesn't really matter the increment that you pay them back in. I mean, you, you know. You could pay him back in a couple hundred dollar, you know, payments. Yeah. I mean, right. it might take forever, but... Yeah, I've always, I've always raised that point, too, that if you start paying people back, even small amounts, like like $50 a week, uh, they'll actually appreciate it. They'll say, oh, wow, I, I didn't expect to get this $50 a week. I mean, sure, you might owe me right, 20000 like, you know, you're making, like, a consorted uh, effort yeah. to, uh, yeah. you know, make things right. Yeah, like, you know, even if you owe the person 20000 and you're t- paying them $50 a week, that's going to take an eternity to pay 20000 but at least they see that you acknowledge that you owe the money and you're making an effort to pay. It's when you don't pay at all, that's when it looks really bad. And th- this is why I hope that... Uh, Neverwin does something like this for the people he owes money, and it, it will be up to him. I, I can't uh, force him or anything. And, and there are so many in poker that have his exact situation and just aren't as well known. But uh, I, I hope that he does this. I hope that everybody. I hope Lindgren does it. Uh, we know a lot of them never will. Like, I don't see Lindgren ever doing that. I see Lindgren only paying people if he com- comes up with a large sum of money again. I don't think Lindgren was looking to scam people, but I think Lindgren. Uh, did a lot of bits and loans kind of on credit. And uh, and once he can't pay, he doesn't feel that bad about it until he can get the money again. So I, I think uh, Lindgren's never the type who's just going to get a job and slowly pay people back. Lindgren, you're only going to collect from if he hits a big score, and, and then he'll give people some money. But uh, anyway, 
uh, th- that's my answer on that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So whoever this uh, first-time, long-time caller was... Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was well, a valid he, I think even his screen name is first-time, long-time. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I thought that was yeah. just like an alias, like first-time li- uh, first caller, long-time listener. But yeah, that's... Uh, no, but th- this is... Uh, it's a legitimate question the guy brought up. It is, it is. And, and, and I'm not trying to defend anyone in this scenario, but I will say that never when I've been in chat with him and he says that the rumors of what he owes, there's a lot of discrepancies uh, among those rumors, and that you were correct when you said that there are those who owe him a lot as well, and that hasn't been made right, too. Yeah, but the, shouldn't, one shouldn't have to do with the other. And I, I, the, I know some of the people that owe him money, and these people are either completely out of poker, or I don't know where the hell they are, but these are people who I think are unlikely to ever pay. And it's, a, it's unfortunate that this has happened to him, but, uh, uh, you know, he, it has to be, you can't blame this on others. In fact, even Barry Greenstein used that as a lame excuse about the full tilt Remember he owed uh, 400000 to full tilt? One of his dumb excuses was that someone owed him money on there, so he was just waiting for the person to give him the money they owed, and then uh, he would have been going to pay back full tilt. But in the meantime, like years passed by, so that was a lousy excuse, uh, even though it's probably better that Greenstein never paid back what he owed full tilt, or it would have been you know, stolen by uh, Howard Letterer like the rest of the money. So a- anyway... Uh, let me see what else we have on, on the schedule here. Uh, if, if people wanted to ask you anything, Vowels, they can. We haven't done the Ask Vowels segment. We were actually going to do a segment uh, with Biebs, um, and I I can uh, send you her number if you want to give her a ring. Sure. We can call her okay. up. Okay. Yeah. For those of you that came in late, uh, Brandon is not on the show due to an incident that occurred at the beginning of the show put him in a very bad mood and he left the show and uh, hopefully we will have him back next week we won't uh, continue to hash that out here just if, in case you're wondering why you're not hearing him and uh, yeah go ahead and send me have you sent me the number yet I have can okay, you see I it see, in our I chat see it. yeah I see it okay right, so we're gonna Beebs, I on, hope you're still awake connect on Beebs 9 Dizzle hopefully she has not gone to sleep early and uh, people are saying People were saying earlier this won't be a long show because I have to go to sleep for the main event. But you know, it's at twelve. I still have some time. If I had to wake up at eight in the morning for it, I would have quit by now. But uh. Jeff, I just want to correct a statement that I made a few minutes ago. Um, Neverwin did not say that there were discrepancies with what he owed. He said that there are discrepancies with the stories behind how he owed. Okay. All righty. Hello. Hello. Is this user Beebs Nine Dizzle? Yes. Hello. Hey, Beebs. How are you? Welcome I'm to good. the. How are you? <laughs> good. Good. Thanks for staying up for us today. Yeah. And welcome oh, to course. the show. Here uh, we're missing Drexel, of course, but uh, you know we have on Vowels and now you too. And uh, she requested. I know nothing about this, but she requested that I call you for this segment. So I've done so. So go right ahead. I, I will uh, be quiet, and uh, you can run the. No, no. And you can uh, jump in anytime. Um, we wanted to talk about something that I think uh, will probably be of interest to our listeners as well as uh, if there are any girls who listen to the show. Uh, as you might know, Biebs, whose real name is Bailey, is that right, Biebs? Yes. 
known as Beebs Nine Dizzle on our forums. Uh, Bailey has uh, several jobs, but I think the one that uh, many of our forum participants know her uh, for doing is that she sells uh, lotions, lubricants, and let's call them bedroom accessories. Um, do you want to go into a little detail about what you sell? Uh, sure. Um, here, it's back here. Um, so I mostly just sell, it's like Avon, essentially, except with the bedroom accessories and adult products. <laughs> so Avon for horny people. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it, it's actually kind of interesting on a college campus because many uh, girls my age don't know anything about their bodies. So I get a lot of interesting comments and questions, to, to say the least. Um, but I sell... A whole, bunch, a whole bunch of uh, just regular dildos, vibrators, dual action vibrators, which is usually a clitoral vibrator along with an actual dildo. And then... Um, no, wait, a dual action vibrator, uh, it stimulates what two areas? It's like a rabbit, time? essentially, but we call okay. them dual action. It's so it's both erratic. internal and external stimulation at the same time. Yes. Is that kind of um, like a triple action gold I, bond medicated powder? What? what? Never mind. <laughs> no. What was that? I didn't catch that. I asked if it's like triple action gold bond medicated powder. <laughs> Is it beef? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Um, so basically, but like I, sell, I even sell anal products. Like I basically sell everything. And there's male masturbators, and there's things for yeah. boys and girls to share together. Well, it just so happens that um, because I knew that you were dealing in these type of products, I had a conversation with a girlfriend of mine, and we were discussing the question as to whether or not using a vibrator regularly would cause a woman to sort of get spoiled um, by the strength of the action, shall we say, and no longer be able to have an orgasm during regular sex. And there's a lot of dissension about this on the Internet and among women. Some women feel that if you masturbate too much with a vibrator, you just can't get off from your guy anymore. Um, and I know that you looked up some articles, and I did too, and there seems to be no real agreement and, and no real good research on this. Right. Um, so the articles that I found say that it does cause, like, a temporary numbness, especially when it comes to the clitoris and, like, any actual, like, clitoral vibrators with a dual action. Um, but there were a lot of forum comments and, like, questions about it. And a lot of women would say, yeah, um, like, it causes me to, I don't remember how it was put exactly, but, like, it, it causes them to, like, it takes them longer to get to that spot because they have um, this toy that they, they would normally use, and, like, that's how they would normally get off. And when they use it with a partner, like, the partner just doesn't know what to do. Like can't compare apparently. Like that's kind of what it sounds like. So you're kind of agreeing then that uh, this actually makes it using these things a lot actually makes it hard to get off with a real guy. See, I don't agree with that just because like nothing compares to real guy. Like it may like the guy may not have like a little thing for like the rabbit, you know, where there's a clitoral vibrator, but. I mean, nothing compares. Like. Well, you're saying nothing compares to actual intercourse, but 
I mean, a lot of women, I think this is well understood, a lot of women don't have orgasms from intercourse. They yes. need clitoral stimulation. So, Correct. I mean, it's certainly possible during intercourse to use a vibrator as well. You could do everything at the same time. But the question is, if a woman uses a vibrator too much, can she no longer get off from her man giving her head, let's say? Is his tongue just not fast and strong enough? See, I'm wondering that too, um, especially because, like, I, I did just, like, read some articles and stuff, um, which it does make sense because, like, your body would become more accustomed to a very, very direct pressure, let's say, um, just a very, very clitoral stimulator. Like, it's this direct pressure that, let's say, a tongue can't compare to, um, and your body becomes more used to that, um, which is why um, it would be better if, like, the guy would use a clitoral, uh, clitoral use vibrator, a vibrator on you while he's exactly yeah. so uh like, i've got a question i gotta interrupt here uh, um Biebs, have you tested a lot of your own products yourself or? <laughs> i was gonna ask that too <laughs> i have tested some yes you have. So, now, do you test them for reasons of, like, you want to know how, how they work so you can describe them to the women you sell them to? Or do you just do this because it looks good to you and, and you think it, it, it'll just feel good to use? Um, both, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I know what I like. My boyfriend person, I mean, ex, I don't know what to call him right now, um, he knows what I like. And, like... Him, he he likes toy play, so it's okay, I guess. Someone just asked in the chat room, what the hell is this 15-year-old girl talking about? <laughs> and hey, in an hour, I'll be 20, okay? listeners that you are not 15. Yeah, she's going to be 20. In an hour, I will be 20. Oh, wow, okay? you're going to be 20 in an hour, so oh, you're going to be gosh. 20 oh, uh, July birthday. 12th. Thanks. <laughs> wow. This is also a birthday celebration. So we do have several questions from, uh, questions from the listeners, uh, and, and I apologize ahead of time if some of these are going to be a little graphic. Oh, have no you used a dildo on a man's ass? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and apparently your boyfriend's not into that, so. No, not at all. So if you had to recommend just, you know, not speaking as a salesperson, but just girl, girl to girl, uh, what is the best vibrator? Like, Anything clitoral. Anything clitoral. Um, a lot of women actually are not comfortable with anything, like, inserting. So no actual penetration. Um, but clitoral can pretty much cover the basis when, like, let's say with a partner, they, they can go, like, actually do the penetration where you can have a little extra boost for the, for the orgasm. So is there a clitoral vibrator that is so small but yet strong enough that it won't get in the way during intercourse? Yes. Oh, I can't think of what it's called. Because um, I know there's something called a Venus butterfly, but I have to say from personal experience, it's not very powerful. Um, there's this one. Oh, um, the only negative side to it is that it is... Uh, it, 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 it is not cordless. That's the only downside, but it's very powerful for the size. Let me see if I can find the name of it. Here, I'll just go to my and does it, does it strap on so that you don't have to hold it with your fingers and you can just go crazy with your man and not have to worry about it slipping out of position? 
Um, no. But actually, um, unfortunately, the only thing that I can think of that would kind of be, like, good for that is actually a C-ring that has a little, like, a little attachment for that. But a lot of guys don't like wearing C-rings. Well, what, hang on. What about, uh, I think what she's trying to ask here, she wants to know if there's a vibrator or a little vibrating thing that's kind of like the dildo equivalent of an Altoid. It's like, like small and powerful. <laughs> I think that's what she wants to know. Exactly. I um, mean, what what I would think would be the ideal invention is if you could have something so small and so uh, unobtrusive, and you could sort of strap it on, and it would it would lay right over the clitoris, but it wouldn't block the entry, so we say, in any way, so that you could have sex in many different positions, and it would still be doing the job. Um, and that that's actually that would actually be ingenious. But I can't even think of a way that would like be yeah, able to it, be done. Yeah, it would like, be hard to construct. Had you with underwear, like you know what? I think I think this is one of these <laughs> things like flying cars that we're gonna have to hope we see in the future. <laughs> but whoever invents this will be a billionaire. So I, I highly recommend somebody get on this right away. Yeah, well, like the, there's C-rings um, that there are a lot of scenes that like have a little attachment that can either go up against the, the scrotum or it can go like up against the uh, clitoris. So hmm. so is your final verdict, Beads, that it's okay for women to masturbate as much as they want with vibrators, or should they use caution and uh, not caution. perhaps get addicted to them because it might interrupt or in some way um, ruin their sex life with their boyfriend or husband? I wouldn't say it would ruin it. Um but, but, I mean, mean, some men do care if a woman comes. Some men do. <laughs> so not true. They might um, take offense to the fact that their ministrations aren't working anymore. Yeah, I mean, from my understanding, like, it would just, a lot of times toys can cause a big ego problem with the, you know, boyfriend or husband. Um, honestly, I don't see a problem with, like, using it as much as you want, um, but then there is the chance that you, how do I put it, that, that the guy can't just do it all on his own. Well, you, you think that, uh, you, you think if you overuse it, that it, it could also bother the guy you're with, uh, depending on who he is, so you, you have to use caution in that way, and, uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, well, some guys, there are some guys that are very uncomfortable with toy play, that's just how it is. Some love but can, it, some hate it. But can a girl sort of ease her man into it by slowly introducing it and assuring him that it's got nothing to do with his prowess and she's just simply trying to uh, add some interest to sex play? Oh, yeah. Um, actually, there's easy ways to do that where um, a girl can make it about him um, because a vibrator, using, let's say, a clitoral vibrator on a penis, it still feels, would feel great for him. Um, so introducing it to him, making it about him, like, let's try something for you. Let's make you feel great. Then that's, like, a way to, like, slowly... So what you're that. saying is make everything about the guy. <laughs> that's your relationship advice. <laughs> oh, no, it would all it would all benefit you. <laughs> but yeah, some, if the guy was comfortable with the idea, then to, to get him comfortable with the idea of, like, oh, let's bring toys into the bedroom, 
then you have to make it about him. Now, some people are complaining here that uh, that they're getting sexual advice from a 19-year-old, but what they don't understand, what they don't understand is that uh, in an hour you're going to be 20, and I think at that point it's fine to take the advice from you. So I, <laughs> I think we're just giving you like, um, a, an hour head start. Well, on I've been doing this like this business for at least a year, like a year and I don't know five days or something. Plus, I like took a human sexuality class in college. Hmm. So, <laughs> so you know, she's essentially an expert. Right? You know what? I'm going to tell you a story from when I was in college, and this is actually a story that took place uh, before you were born. Okay, uh, this this was in uh, in 1991. One of my friends took the human sexuality course at my college, and this is a very very popular class. In fact, I think it's one of the uh, most popular classes in the school. The problem oh, was that people didn't know what they were getting into. This was actually a very hard class with a lot of uh, a lot of technical study to it. It wasn't just about uh, you know learning about sex. So it was a tough class, and a lot of people got lousy grades in it or had to spend a lot of time studying for it, and that's not what they were picturing. They thought they were just going to go in there and hear about all kinds of perverted sex and, and watch porn and stuff. <laughs> and, and like once they found out what the class was really like, it was kind of too late. And, and I, I heard this over and over and over again. Like, I hear at the beginning of the semester, oh, isn't this cool? I'm in human sexuality. And then at the end, like, oh, I wish I didn't take this class. I don't have time for it. This is so hard. And like, over and over. But for some reason, the word didn't get around enough. And just it continued to be the most popular class in the school. I never fell for that trap. I never took that class. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it actually wasn't that hard for me. Um, yeah, I would, Actually, when I took it, I had already signed up as a consultant, so I already knew quite a bit. But <laughs> you already knew going into it. I think that's what they, people. Th- I think that's what people were thinking too. Like you sign up for a sexuality class, you go, "Hey, I have sex. I know all about sex. Like easy A here. Like that's what people think." But but Jeff, people in the chat seem to be insinuating that uh, Beeb's age does not qualify her to give advice to those who are more adult. Well, that's and what I, I was say saying. that's BS because here's a girl who actually is a purveyor of products that people use for sex and she gets a lot of feedback and she knows what people are purchasing and she knows, uh, I'm sure they come back and tell you a little bit about their experience with that as well, yes? Yeah, yeah I, can, I can see where she can give uh, some legitimate advice here. Now, I could understand more of them saying that they don't want relationship advice from a 19-year-old. But, uh, sure, sure. But we're not advice, talking about relationships. Yeah. We're, we're really just talking about getting off. Yeah, yeah. So sexual <laughs> advice from, from uh, a girl of that age who, who is selling sexual products and has for a long time and has gotten feedback from things like that. I, I think she has some good things to offer on this, and I, I think this is uh, an interesting segment. You know, we have something on this show every time. Some people are saying... <laughs> Why do we have segments like this on a poker show? Why do we have segments talking right, about right. trannies? Why do we have segments talking about dildos and stuff? This has nothing to do with poker. <laughs> and you're right, it doesn't. It has nothing to do with poker. But these are just like alternate topics that we think some people in the audience will have an interest in. And, uh, you know, this is a very long show. And if you uh, if you don't like the segment, you can always speed by it in the archives. And if you're listening live, then take the piss break. That's it. This is right. If this isn't the segment that uh, you enjoy, then this is the time to go smoke that cigarette. Or and uh, some someone wrote in here. Uh, where was it? I just lost it. It scrolled off. Uh, never mind. I, I I've lost it. Oh, here it is. Uh, someone wrote. Uh, 
Beeves probably has more experience than all the nerds in here. <laughs> Refer- exactly. Referring to the chat room. I, I don't know if my, I can necessarily, I don't know and, if I can I'd necessarily like agree with that. I'd like to give Beeves uh, just a little plug here, if you don't mind, Jeff, um, for just to thank her for coming on the show. And, you know, it's uh, she has to take some abuse from the other uh, posters as well for doing this. So uh, if you have any interest in buying any of these products, please do visit her Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Bailey, spelled B-A-I-L-E-E, dot pure romance, all one word. That's facebook.com slash Bailey dot pure romance. Now, is this really pure romance? I mean, I don't think these toys are really about romance. That's, that's <laughs> well, kind of I think she's known. trying to cloak it as romance, but it's really all no, about... No, it's actually uh, the company name. Orgasm. Oh, it's a company name. Okay. okay. I was going to okay. say, this isn't pure romance. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, I'm you not can make be, it romantic. I'm not going to be tricked into that. <laughs> so, okay. Um, thank you, uh, oh, Beavis, for thank this. Thank you so uh, much, Bailey. Interesting segment here. Yeah, no I, I, hope, I hope you made good use of the uh, $20 from uh, last week's contest. And uh, I did. Thank you. And, and please uh, do enjoy a good vibrator for your birthday. Yeah. So, <laughs> before you go here, uh, it is going to be your birthday now in 56 minutes. So, um, I have something. <laughs> This is the instrumental happy birthday. And uh, this is going out to you and all young girls who sell dildos around the country. (laughs) I would have preferred the Beatles that you say it's your birthday, but okay. And I'm trying to play like a sweeter song that's truly appropriate for pure romance. For pure romance. (laughs) Yes. And uh, so this goes out to you, Beebs, for your 20th birthday. You're not going to be a teenager anymore. But it's still a year till you can drink or gamble legally. But this is a symbolic, a symbolic move into adulthood, not being a teenager anymore. But and luckily, there's no set age on the use of dildos. I'm glad to hear you. Actually, there is. 18. Oh, no, no, no. So I'm glad to hear. This is a terrible happy birthday song. <laughs> I'm gonna kill this. I mean, this, this thing has 4.4 million views on YouTube and. And like 99% likes versus dislikes, so, I mean, I can't trust people on YouTube anymore. I mean, this you were is, fooled. I, I can't preview this stuff, otherwise it'll come through on the air, so I, I, I took a chance here, and like, I, I kind of feel like I was just hit by a one-outer of, of, uh, of a bad song. But okay, uh, but happy birthday there. Uh, 20 years yeah. ago today, almost, you were born, and, uh, um, you know, it, it's hard. it's hard to think about, like... This 92 in your name means you're born in 92, because I think about you know, my life in 92. I was already well on the way. I was an adult. In fact, I was turning 20 in 92. I was already 20 Did by this point. Do I make you feel old? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is a... Same here. I mean, I was... I, I was, try not to think about that. I was 20 years old in 1992. This is crazy. And you were, and you were just born then. And now now you're on my radio show talking about dildos. She that shows you how old I am. She could be your daughter. <laughs> Oh, yeah, speaking of old here, I posted this on my forum, but this just kind of tripped me out. Yesterday when I was playing the main event, um, after I missed those three draws, I was like just, I was really like feeling like I was on tilt. And uh, fortunately, a break come, came up right after that. But still, like you get back from the break, I'm still feeling pissed off. So I'm thinking, I got I to gotta take my mind off this and calm myself down. So I, I put on my phone a, uh, a rerun of Archie Bunker's Place from 1979. And I, I watched the, an episode uh, in between hands. Well, in this episode, 
there was a, uh, an actress in there who was playing the mother of a character there named Murray Klein, who was like supposed to be in his mid-50s, and probably was in his mid-50s, the actual actor. So this is the mother of Murray Klein in this in 1979. So just, just for fun, I, when the end of the show came and it listed what this actress's name was, I went and looked her up and I said, hi, hey, I wonder what year this, this woman died. Obviously in 1979, if she was the mother of a 55-year-old in the show, she's got to be dead now. It's 33 years later. I couldn't believe it. She's still alive. Thanks. So, but, I mean, old, really old. I mean, yeah, isn't that crazy that someone who was playing the mother of a 55-year-old in 1979 is still alive in 2012? How is that possible? But she is. Clean living. I guess. Yeah. That's absolutely nuts. And actually, the, the one she was playing the mother of, you know, that character, the actor behind that, he died a number of years ago. So she outlived her TV son. Anyway, uh, Beeves, happy birthday. Thank you for being happy on birthday, here. And, uh, Buck Ficon said, happy birthday. Hi. Treat yourself to a big black dildo tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. Couldn't have said it any better. Very good. Okay. Thank you for being on, Beeves. Thanks. Bye. Okay. So. And this is a very strange, uh, Jeff. We, um, as we've been sitting here, it started to rain and pour, and there's a lightning storm outside. I wonder if that might be responsible for why the internet is sketchy. Uh, well, do you but have it satellite? Was 115 before that, so it's kind of a relief. You don't have satellite internet, do you? Um, I don't. Um, what I have is uh, I got DirecTV when I moved in, and they had a special deal with what used to be Quest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's actually nice and cheap, which, as you know, me being a Jew, I, I went for it, even though it might not be the best Internet quality. <laughs> I decided to go for it anyway. It's it's only like 20 bucks a month. Okay. So I apologize uh, for <laughs> my cheap Jew Internet. <laughs> no, that's okay. You know, Dustin was pretty interesting, so while I'm sure you had some good questions for him, at least uh, he kind of held the floor here while you were gone. But um, this thunderstorm you have in Phoenix right now, it is going to come to Las Vegas, and it will be here on Friday, and while it's going to drop in temperature in Las Vegas, on Friday the high will only be 100, and keep in mind right now here in Vegas, at after 11 o'clock it's 100 right now, uh, so uh, it will only be a high of 100 on Friday, but we're going to have a thunderstorm, and I absolutely hate that because it gets humid here. It, it does here as well, but for the few moments of of rain, it's it's nice and uh, it helps if you have any plants. Honestly, when it whenever it rains, I just thank God because I I don't like to spend a lot of money on watering my plants outside. So. <laughs> it is true they must dry up very fast over there in Phoenix with it being 115 degrees it, dry. It, it gets crazy. I mean, if you just want to have a little bit of greenery, you're talking two three hundred dollars a month in water bills. Yeah, and uh, you know something I notice in Vegas in the summer is when I take a shower. Uh, I get out of the shower and my hair is dry so fast it's unbelievable. Yeah, like, it's, it's true. You can actually wash your clothes and hang them up and they'll be dry in like half an hour. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's I, unbelievable. I can't believe how fast my hair. Like it's just a bit, about impossible for me to ever see someone have wet hair no matter what I do because I, right. I I can go right out and go next door and, and my hair will be dry by then. So now I I have less hair than you do, especially I have less hair than I did 20 years ago, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's, uh, it's it's amazing in the summer. It's just very dry here in general in, in Las Vegas. And I actually had a funny quote from someone I played with at Bellagio, who lives here. And someone asked why she doesn't move to L.A. And she says, I hate L.A. It's too humid. What? Yeah. <laughs> she, she got so used to Las Vegas, living here her whole life, that going to L.A. seemed humid to her. 
because it's it's just like L.A. has uh, it, it's it's not humid or dry there, and uh, th- that feels humid compared to someone in Las Vegas. So and, I, I guess anyway, the last thing I want to get into tonight is the full tilt situation, and full tilt. Uh, they. You think it was all a big hoax? Well, do you think they allowed that story to get out? Yeah, I mean that's what's being said here. That that yeah. um, that not that poker stars did this on purpose, but I, I guess what's being said by this guy. Uh, I don't even have his name in front of me right now, but a guy who worked for Party Gaming as a lawyer is claiming that from a source that he can't identify that uh, this whole thing was just pretty much a hoax to get Group Tapey not to buy Full Tilt. And it was kind of implied, though he didn't say this directly, and that also you know maybe to get Ray Bittar to come into the co- into the country and get arrested. Well, Ray Bittar was granted bail, which makes me think that this probably wasn't a hoax in that way because uh, they wouldn't have granted him bail if he could just leave and never come back if it was a trick. Yeah, yeah, I yes, think he, he had cut a deal outside of this. Yeah, and and he, I mean he's if he jumps bail, he'll end up losing. Some whatever he put up for the bail, which was uh, um, a few million bucks, I think, and some, you know, the titles to some warehouses and some other stuff he owns. But uh, I think I'm surprised he was granted bail in the first place because if you're really facing a very long prison sentence, then it's worth it to give up a few million dollars in some warehouses. I mean, I, I'd I'd rather live in poverty for the rest of my life than than to have a long prison sentence. So um, I, I think if like if I got arrested for something very serious, and uh, and my option was to lose everything I own, and, and you know, pretty much start off broke, but uh, never have to go back, never go back to the U.S. and uh, and no, not spend any time in jail, or not lose all these things, but spend you know 12 years in prison. I'd have to say I'd just lose everything. I'd say, okay, you know, I, I just don't want the 12 Are years. Are you quit. sure? But what if it meant not seeing your wife and child anymore? Because what if for some reason, you know, she wouldn't, she wasn't willing to leave the country with you. She didn't want to leave her family behind or whatever it might be. And making that choice would mean saying goodbye to them. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, I wouldn't see my child much anyway if I'm in jail. I, I know they can visit, yeah, but it's not quite the same that's thing. That's true. I mean, it's but I mean, it would be. Yeah, I hear you. But that that could be, you know, a uh, thirty years, and then you get to come out and be with your family. Yeah, that's or a very never long time. see them again. These are horrible choices. I mean, thirty obviously. years is a super long time, but even twelve years or something like that is very long. But um, yeah, so I don't quite understand the whole Ray Bittar thing. I, I think what's going on is is probably Ray Bittar already made some kind of deal that just hasn't officially been struck yet, and that's why he right. came in the first place, and this is just part of the process where he comes here, they make a big deal about it, they list all these, you know, the, the grand list of charges against him that can add up to just uh, an obscene 126 years in prison, and, uh, you know, he knows privately that this is not really what they're going to go after, but that they have to posture like they are. I'm sure he's going to trade something and he's going to, you know, turn somebody else in in exchange for either less time or just a a much modified sentence. Yeah, and maybe maybe he's even, you know, rolling over on... uh on Ferguson and Letterer, which would be nice, and maybe that's well, part I bet of the he deal. would. I mean, so, wouldn't you in that situation? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to take the fall just myself if they did it too. Right. But <laughs> you know, um, I I don't know what's going to happen with that. But they they did grant him bail, which really seems to 
indicate that there probably was a deal the whole way, which is why he voluntarily came. Because remember, he wasn't just grabbed at the airport. He, he came knowing that they were going to grab him, which is different than all these other times they grabbed people like the net teller guys, where they were just stupid and uh, and came into the U.S. not realizing they're going to go to jail. So, uh, Yeah, he definitely struck up the deal before he ever got on that plane. So now the question is, though, you know, with this whole thing with the Poker Star sale, I don't think it was a hoax on Poker Star's end. I think they always believed that they were going to do the deal. And, and from the sources that I have, which uh, are reliable and, and have connections to people high up in Poker Stars, uh, it's always been indicated that a deal is going to happen very soon and that Poker Stars is very serious about this. Now, it's possible the DOJ could have been jerking them around, but. Uh, Everybody is saying now, who, who seems pretty reliable, like this Diamond Flesh guy who runs the Subject Poker site and others, they're saying this is bullshit. They're saying that the, the guy coming out with this is just making it up or has inaccurate information and that there's no validity to this story. And uh, um, the last I heard about Full Tilt and Poker Stars was that the DOJ and Poker Stars basically have an agreement in theory, and it's just the logistics of getting it done is holding it up. But it's not about the price. It's not about whether Poker Stars wants to or whether the DOJ wants to. Everybody wants to, and everybody pretty much agrees on it in theory. It's just a matter of logistics and getting it done. I, I can't be more specific because uh, uh, I've been asked not to from the sources. But uh, Oh, really? Yeah, that's but, intriguing. But, but that's, that's pretty much it. And if I were to tell you the, first, uh, the rest of it... Uh, You'd have to kill us? Uh, not only that, it's not all that exciting anyway. Oh, okay. It's, it's not that exciting. So just, just it's the logistics of it, and that's all I can really say. Well, be careful, because you're going to get a bunch of people complaining that you're pulling a dress. Yeah, and you're yeah I know. Telling us <laughs> something that you can't tell us. So uh, that is my, uh, you know, that, my feeling is that this is bullshit, and that the deal is still in process. And by the way, I was just informed that Diamond Flush, who runs the Subject Poker website, is a girl. And I did not know that. Is she a hot girl? That, that I don't know. Difference. Maybe the person will tell me that, too. But I, okay. I, all I know is it's a girl, and that really surprises me. I, I kind of pictured Diamond Flush as like another Noah SD, because they, were, they used to run it together, and I kind of pictured them as almost like one person. And then no SD left for some reason. I forgot why. And then it's just Diamond Flush running it. And I always just pictured... I, I, you know what? I didn't really picture exactly like Noah SD. I kind of pictured Diamond Flesh as like this short Indian guy. That's always what I pictured. <laughs> That's the way I pictured it. Could be it. a short Indian guy masquerading as a girl. That's happened before. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a short Indian tranny. I, I don't know. But I, I, <laughs> I just never pictured story. it as a girl. I always thought it was like a... Sh I, I really thought of that. Like whenever I'd read Diamond Flesh's articles, I'd like pictured it as this short Indian guy sitting here typing it out. I, I don't know why. But that's that's the way I pictured him, and now now it's not even a him; it's it's a girl. Now I, now I'm really intrigued to see what Diamond Flush looks like because now I I wonder the same thing as you. Like like could this person who's doing all this like really good in depth kind of like responsible reporting on poker issues and runs a website doing it? Like could this like really be a hot girl sitting here doing that? It just like doesn't make sense to me if it is. Well, we've seen uh, in the past, and we've even talked about this on the show that. Uh, Usually in those situations, it isn't a girl at all, and it's just somebody pretending to be a woman. So. Yeah, like, like, like that. But this, uh, I said, you have an inside source who has actually seen her vagina, or? Uh, well, <laughs> we I, I just was informed of this in, in a PM in the chat, so, and it's from someone I believe, 
But, uh, yeah, I wonder if it's like that girl for ESPN uh, that turned out... Right, that's who I was thinking (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I guess in a way, Diamond Flesh is kind of a a feminine name, if you think about it. Maybe a little bit feminine. For some reason, I still... Well, yeah, now. Now we think it is. Yeah, now I think it is. Diamond (laughs) Flesh, actually, that, that name makes me sad because... That's what that's what depressed me so much yesterday. I, I chased three diamond flushes in a row at the World Series. I didn't make one damn freaking flush. Not one. That you know, is my life story in poker. This is why I love I have a love hate relationship with poker. I, I I can never catch anything. I don't know what it is. I'm just very very. I, I'm unlucky in cards. So you would think I'd be very lucky in love. That's what they say. <laughs> I I mean I, I if I just had one of these damn diamond flushes hit, I'd have so much of a better stack right now. Like these weren't gigantic pots, but they were all decent sized pots. And I like, especially the last one. Like like just one out of three. Come on. You know, my dad was a very superstitious poker player, and he used to say something really silly. He would say, hearts are the hardest flush to catch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is diamonds. I should have caught it. I know, but uh, diamonds, he would say, you have no problem. (laughs) So so anyway, and... uh, um, Oh, someone said that uh, Bukowski said it's been said on two plus two she was a woman before. See, I, I don't read two plus two that much. That's why I didn't know that. Why does Bukowski know so much? How is he able to just take all this information in and remember it? He's just everywhere and seems to see everything. Like it's uh, it's amazing. You know what's also amazing? None of us have met Bukowski, and none of us have taken a phone call from him. I mean, Bukowski could be a girl. What if Bukowski was a girl? I just know Bukowski's not a girl. I, I feel it in my heart. <laughs> well, we never. Even I don't think any. <laughs> I mean, he listens to every radio show, which I appreciate. But he's he's never called in either, which which is fine. But uh, it's just funny now that I think of it. But he he really has a wealth of information. Or she. Now I'll assume it's a dude. Bukowski, are you a woman? And call in to the show and prove it once and for all. Uh, you know what? He's posted so many pictures of pretty girls on the forum over the years. Like, there's no. He, he's either like a super lesbian or a guy. He's a super lesbian. That's yeah. it. I guess he could. Okay, this the same guy who called before the first time, long time is back on. Hello. Hi. I, I just heard you guys talking about flushes and whatnot. <laughs> I just, just want to uh, see what you can elaborate on uh, the Suicide King. So, Who what, is this? That's the same first-time, long-time guy. What, what do you oh, want to know, long what do you want know about Suicide King? I mean, he's been around a while. Oh, are you talking yeah, about... No, I'm talking to... I'm asking... Poster? I'm asking Druff what... You know, you guys are talking about flushes are harder to get. Like, you know, a hard flush is harder to get. But I, I was just wondering what Druff thought about the Suicide King. Which Suicide King? The user Suicide King? No, no, no. You're the, talking the about catching the card in in the midst of the game. Yeah, yeah, catch, catching the Suicide King. Oh, uh, well. Are, <laughs> okay. are you saying it's harder to catch that king than than any other king? Any other king. It's the hardest king to catch, the Suicide King. Uh, no, come on. I mean, uh, this is uh, a uh, <laughs> crazy talk. Su- now we're getting into superstition here. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you for the call here. Superstitious poker players are hilarious. Yeah, I had to hang up on that. This guy's probably going to say, Dilla, scramble! After every hand when he loses. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what about you? Do you have any superstitions uh, when you play? I mean, I know that you had to have your little dandruff shampoo bottle on your. (laughs) Well, that's not not really uh, a superstition. It it didn't make you feel lucky or anything. But, uh, you know know what superstition I have? It's not so much a superstition, but. I guess it is in a way. 
I always I've thought about this ever since, and I know this is going to surprise you when I tell you that this once happened. But ever since I won a bracelet, I've thought about this because I had a friend. Uh, some of you saw him uh, on Poker Stars named Good Eats. He even posted on Everyone Poker somewhat. Um, I do remember that yeah, name. Good Eats was going to play the three thousand dollar limit event in two thousand five. He he lived in L A. and he was going to drive to Vegas and play it. Um, he ended up having something come up and. He would have had to rush to Vegas to make it in time. He just decided it wasn't worth it and said, screw it, and didn't come and didn't play. Well, I won the event. And when I was talking to him after that, I said, I thank you so much for not coming. Because if you came, everything would have been different. Just one additional player in the field would have changed everything about how the cards were dealt. Because the slightest change in anything... I always talk about the butterfly effect in poker. It's true. The slightest change that in everything... True. If you take yes. a second longer to act, it'll affect the next shuffle. So, right. so had he been there, it would have affected it, and there's a very good chance I would not have won that bracelet. And so I told him, it's, it's great you did not come. So, <laughs> so, so what I'm thinking, like every time I'm considering doing something different... Sometimes I worry, like, what if I do this? What if I stop for one minute or, or don't stop for one minute when I was planning to stop before I you know, come back to the table or whatever? Like, is this going to ruin my ability to win the tournament? I, I have thought about that before. And then I think, well, maybe it's going to be the reverse, where I was meant to bust out, but by doing this differently now, now I'm going to win. And then I drive myself crazy. That's you know, that will drive you crazy. I used to think about that when I played a lot of online poker before Black Friday. And I I used to think, well, if you take longer to respond, are the, the cards will be different. Well, So these decisions are so important, and then you'll drive yourself nuts. Well, I'll tell you this, though. On Poker Stars, they claim that the deck was shuffled before. So... The decisions so no don't matter, matter what, but, it doesn't matter. You're going to get the same cards. Yeah, but but of course, if if you're messing with uh, somebody at your table and you can somehow talk them into folding or or acting more aggressively, that's going to change the play. Well, and not only that, but it also affect the next hand if you take a, like a split second longer to act. Exactly. And, exactly. And then uh, um, now Howard Letterer, and of course he's a very trustworthy guy, so I see no reason not to believe him. He said that full tilt is constantly shuffling. So taking a second right, longer right. to act does actually affect the current hand. But who knows if he was telling the truth? He, uh, you know, given that what we found out about him. But uh, <laughs> good point. So so anyway, but yeah, on full tilt. Since he said that, that also bothered me. Whenever I lost a hand, especially if something distracted me, and then and then you know then I click whatever I click, and then I get beaten on the river. I'm like, damn it! If that didn't distract me, I would have won this four thousand dollar pot, and I'd go crazy. Like. Like, that would happen, too. I actually preferred Poker Stars games just for that reason, because I didn't have to worry about it. I didn't have to get angry if I took a second longer to click. Or I remember one time on Full Tilt, I clicked the button, and it, like, didn't take because I didn't click it enough or didn't click it long enough. And then I clicked it again to make it happen. And then I lost a big hand, and I was really mad about that. Oh, that happened only... to me, too. Maybe that's why I hated playing on yeah. Full Tilt. I, I never could win on Full Tilt. So, the only role that I ever built up big was on Poker Stars. How big of a role did you run up on there? Oh, God. I mean, it, it won't seem like much to someone like you, but a couple thousand dollars. No. I mean, if you don't play high, that's that's a lot. So That was that was the result of, you know, a long, <laughs> a long time of working hard and just grinding it out. Yeah. So, uh, 
Anyway, that, that so that's that's what's going on with Full Tilt. I, I think I think that person's full of shit, and I think that uh, Diamond <laughs> Flesh. I think Diamond Flesh, the uh, the young Indian girl guy. Uh, I think that person's probably right. <laughs> the young Indian transvestite. Yeah, I think they're probably right about this. I I, I got to find a picture of Diamond Flesh now. Now I'm. Uh, Bukowski, we're we're gonna give this assignment to you. Yeah. Get us a photo. <laughs> Of Diamond Flesh. I think the chance of Diamond Flesh being hot is probably low, but I think there's a, a chance, I think there's a reasonable chance that Diamond Flesh is, like, average looking. So, like, uh... I, I'd be satisfied if she just had big breasts. I, you know, I, I'd be satisfied, <laughs> actually, if Diamond Flesh was average looking. Uh, I'd be satisfied with that, too. I'd say, okay, here's a smart girl who's interested in, in poker, does a good job reporting and all this. Like, you know, like, if you have all that... And on top of that, she's average looking. That's good. I mean, that's uh, like a lot of guys would be into that. Like, like, like that's fine. Like, unless you're a dude with like really high standards for how girls look, that would be fine. Because she's got so much else to offer. It wouldn't just be her looks. Um, well, you know, if if a girl plays poker, she goes from a five to what a seven. Yeah. Well, that's what uh, you know. That's what uh, Matt Marafiati was saying about Lauren Kling. He was uh, he was talking about how she was just a six, and it was only her playing poker that made her hotter. Which I, is I don't agree true? with. No, is I, that I true? Are you more attracted to women who are poker players? Uh, actually, the answer is no. And the answer is also uh, about Lauren Kling. I actually think she deserves more credit than he gave her in this. And I, I guess he thought oh, yeah, she was, she's I, a cute girl. I thought I thought I think that he believed that too. If he really got back together with her, but uh, I'll tell you why I'm not. I, I don't find girls in poker to be more appealing. There, there's only one good thing about having a girl in poker, and that is that. It's just something we have in common. It's something, someone who can relate to me in that way, and and will have an interest in my, more of an interest in my play. More, I, I can actually discuss hands and strategy and stuff, and she'll understand it better. The stuff like that. Uh, well, when you come home from a tournament, I'm sure you want to talk about it, and it would be weird to have a girlfriend who didn't give a shit about poker. And yeah, well, had no idea what you were rambling on about. Well, like like my girlfriend, for example, has never played poker, and uh, um, she understands it well enough to understand when I explain the hands to her. She understands some of the strategy. Uh, she's told me, though, she thinks if she actually sat down and tried to play, she would suck. And uh, and that... Uh, but she, she understands enough where I can explain it to her. I, I try not to overwhelm her too much with, with too many long, bad beat stories and stuff because I know it'll just get boring. And uh, And I try not to talk in too much detail that, that I know, again, will get boring for someone who's not really into poker. But at least she understands enough to where I can talk about it with her and, and to where she can understand, like, if someone makes a ridiculous call or puts down a ridiculous beat, how it really is a ridiculous call or ridiculous beat. And she can understand that without me explaining it to her. I can just tell her the hand and she'll immediately know what I'm talking about. But, uh, but how do you know if she's listening with interest to your tales of woe or if she's just sort of putting up with them because she loves you? Well, it may, it may be the latter, too. You know, it's like uh, I, I remember I'd listened to Dodger talk after Dodger games, and uh, Ross Porter was uh, running it. And he, What he did a great job with is people would call in, and they'd ramble on with all these stupid theories about the Dodgers, mo- most of which was just really lame. And he'd just sit here and say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he'd say, "Well, he'd say, well, you have a very good point there, and uh, you know what you said very well may be true. And thank you for calling Dodger Talk." And they say, "Oh, thanks a lot." And they they hang up and they believe that Ross Porter not only listened to them but thinks they had a really good point and what they said may very well be true. 
But in reality, he didn't listen to a damn thing. He just said, mm-hmm, <laughs> and, then, and then repeats the same end to every call. But What uh, a great it, job, right? Yeah, it, it made, it made <laughs> it's the, the easiest job in the world. It was. He, he lost that job, unfortunately, but uh, he held it for a <laughs> long time. And uh, uh, so, you know, my girlfriend may be doing a Ross Porter to me when, when I talk about, you know, and I missed three flushes, and I picked up a straight draw, too. And she, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you did have very luck, bad luck in that tournament, and... Uh, Thank I you for calling me again. I think a lot of wives pull a Ross Porter on their husbands. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so anyway, that. Uh, but you know, there are bad things about being with a girl who plays poker. Uh, uh, one of the things is if she's really into it, and she's not a winning player, uh, she's going to waste a lot of your money. And uh, you know, you'll win, and then she'll lose, and it's hard to tell her stop playing, and it's hard to reason with her. I don't think yeah. you're a winning player. She'll be really insulted and get really mad if she's really into it. Uh, then she will constantly be hit on by other guys in poker, and uh, you, you have to deal with that too. I mean, even if, and I'm not even saying she has to be super hot. Even if you've got an average-looking wife and she's into poker, you're still going to have a whole lot of dudes at the table with her. A lot of whom are horny. A lot of whom haven't been laid in a long time and are desperate. And and a lot of whom are just you know. They see a girl there amongst other guys, and the, the natural thing to do is to want to flirt with her and want to hit on her. And they, you're going to have this constantly. You're going to have this just constant barrage of, of horny guys around her and desperate guys around her. So that's You know, you are right. And I, I don't think I've ever been hit on so much as at the poker tables. But I think a lot of it, you, when you walk away from the table, you walk away from the circumstance. It's not like they're following you outside so much to really try to get your number or take you home, they're just kind of uh, bantering. Yeah, and, and another problem with girls in poker is a lot of them are just very dysfunctional. A lot of them have, uh, you know, a, a lot of them are gold diggers. A lot of them are, uh, do have a lot of issues where, uh, you know... I but think now you're not really talking about girls who are true poker players. You're talking about girls who are just playing the scene. Well, no, even ones that are players that, that you know, play over the role and go bust or whatever, or ones that just, you know, like they... They use they have this as an additional asset of of ways that they can keep in action. I'd be worried like if I'm with a girl who plays poker and she's chunks off money and loses, and I say that's it, you're not playing anymore. Then you know she'll ditch me and go with some other dude that'll keep putting her in, or, or you know. So like uh, these these are all concerns. That's kind of I see that more as a girl who's kind of a hustler, and she just found poker to be a profitable hustling ground. You know what I mean? It's not that she truly. It's not that poker is her thing. She's just looking for people to use. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I uh, I actually, not only do I tell my bad beat stories to uh, to my girlfriend, but uh, since there's somebody else in my family I can talk to on the phone now, and th- that does actually talk back to me, uh, I actually tell them to Benjamin, too. And uh, when I told Benjamin about my trouble on day two yesterday, I, I called him up right afterwards and, and told him he was actually still awake. And uh, this is what he said to me. <laughs> he didn't want to hear it. Thing he ever. didn't want to hear it. He said, "Bye, bye, bye, bye bozo." bozo. <laughs> it almost sounds for a second like he's going to say, "Bye, bye, bullshit." <laughs> Maybe that's what he was trying to say. Thank goodness he doesn't bye say bye that. <laughs> so, uh, what a cutie pie. But uh, yeah, I can actually talk to Benjamin on the phone. It's it's amazing. He actually will. Uh, We'll, we'll have a, a real conversation with me. Uh, like I'll say something, and he'll say something. But uh, um, yeah, you know, I just, I, I just haven't. 
I just don't trust a lot of girls in the poker scene, and I think even the ones I can trust, I think they're still kind of dysfunctional. I'm sure there's some who are fine. It's just it's just kind of a red flag to me. I just uh, I'm not talking about the casual player of poker who you know likes the game but isn't like really really into it, but just like kind of poker women. I I just uh, I've never really been one of those guys who wants to go after the poker women, and I haven't had that much opportunity because most of the time I've been involved in poker, I've had one of two girlfriends. But there has been some time that I've been single, and most of that time, when I've dated other girls, they have not been from poker, and uh, and I haven't. But even I tried. mean, you're you're kind of a guy who's been able to stay away from the dysfunction of the poker community in general. I mean, let's face it, a lot of the guys are pretty dysfunctional. Oh, too. they are. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend my sister to go out with a poker player either. I mean, like I, I, I can understand when I was back on the dating scene after Miri and I broke up, I, I was concerned that girls would have that concern about me, that about being a poker player and being in the poker community. And I, I would try to hammer home to them when I would talk to them that I'm kind of different in that way, but it, it's hard. It's, it's hard to convince them. And uh, never when he knows, he's dated a lot of girls in poker, and he just said, all poker women are shady, Druff. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly all the ones that never win has gotten to Yeah, but so that's... Uh, yeah. I mean, never, right, right from everyone here that the girls in poker are shady. I mean, a lot of them are. I won't say all of them are, but uh, a lot of them really are. And uh, I, I also think I just hate having a girlfriend or a wife who has the belief that if things don't work out with us, that there's going to be a million dudes just like willing to jump on them instantly. Like, it's just not a good thing to have in the back of their mind, even if they're happy with you at the moment. And even if they, you know, a lot of women can know that they bring a lot of good things to the table and they can probably find another decent guy if they are not with you anymore. But to have one that's like constantly every day getting barraged by guys that just want to be with them, want to go out with them, want to take them out, guys that seem so nice and helpful and sweet and all that, like, yeah, it's just, if they feel that every day. But you would have the same problem if you were dating a 9 or a 10. Well, Even without the poker ingredient. That is, I mean, that happens too. But, uh, you know, and I, that's another problem as far as, you know, if, if you marry somebody that's just the type of girl that everyone's going to stare at walking in a room, yeah, that's, I mean, that would, uh, that can be difficult too. But, uh, you know, the, poker women, they don't have to be nines or tens to get that. Not even, they don't have to be near nines or tens. So, I mean, that's that's how I felt. And uh, um, the, the X Factor just said in our chat, offer to stake women if you can fuck them in their hairy asshole. <laughs> okay. And, uh, oh, and uh, Rick Astley just asked in the chat if my brother plays poker. And the answer is yes. And if you look at my brother in the uh, Hinden Mob Poker Database, which you can find just by typing in Wattellis, and you'll see there's two Wattellises there, and one is my brother, you will see that he actually cashed in a Limit Hold'em event at the World Series. He cashed at, uh, I think, the 2009 Limit Shootout. And he actually had a very tough table and beat a very tough player heads up. In, in Limit Hold'em. So my, my brother, and he comes out and plays in Las Vegas at like 15, 30, 20, 40 sort of games at, uh, at Bellagio. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a pretty good player. He just, uh, he just doesn't Did play that much. Did you provide any training to your brother, or was this just a natural ability on his part? No, no, he actually played before I did. Now, I, I've played more than he has at this point, but he actually started playing poker a little before I did. And he started playing Limit Hold'em also, and he also first read the Lee Jones book to learn how to play. And, uh, oh yeah, Neverwin was actually at the table where my brother won that shootout. 
or that, that shootout table. He didn't win the shootout, but he won the that one table of the shootout. And uh, Neverwin was actually at the table, and uh, my brother actually put a really bad beat on Neverwin himself. And my brother even admitted it when I asked him about Neverwin. He said, yeah, I put a really bad beat on that guy. So it runs in the family. Well, I don't put bad beats on people. I wish I was that lucky. <laughs> <laughs> don't say you don't. It could still happen. Yeah, no, I, I'd be happy to put on some bad beats here. Actually, I put a bad beat during day one of the World Series with a uh, uh, a gut shot straight draw. But uh, to be honest, the guy kind of misplayed it. The guy kind of let me get there. So, uh, um, you know, I usually don't put bad beats on people, though. Occasionally, once in a while. Uh Let's see if there's anything else on the agenda. I think we're about done. The show's only been four hours, 40 minutes, you know. <laughs> I think we did pretty good for a two-host show. Yeah, yeah. This kind but of I, I missed having Brandon. I, I did miss having Brandon, and, uh, you know, I'm going to have to talk to him. I hope he's not mad at me. I, I really only did what he was willing to do. Right. I mean, he said, okay, go for it, and I know you never would have done that if he hadn't yeah. acquiesced. And, uh, and, so. and, you know, I, it's, it was a funny position for me because I have the whole chat saying that I, I'm suppressing someone's ability to accuse one of the hosts of something, and that goes against the concept of the site, and then, and then I'm trying to explain. I gave him every chance in the world in the forum for 27 pages, and he wasn't doing it, and, you know... But Peter McNeil is posting, he's saying, uh, you put pressure on him. He didn't, really, Peter. That's not what happened at all. It was, the pressure was coming from the chat, and we do care about our listeners, and we don't want anyone to feel like uh, there's an abridgment of free speech. Um, and, And so that was where the pressure was from, and I was the one who went into my private chat with Brandon and asked if we could just give him three minutes. Yeah. So, because uh, my feeling was, hey, three minutes, he'll show that he's got nothing to say, and you know, uh, Brandon's innocence will be completely proven, and and uh, it'll be over. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I I hope we have him back next week. He's an important part of the show, and uh, you know, I understand why this whole situation has been bothersome to him because he really did nothing wrong here. I'm not just saying this because he's the other host. He really, from what I can see, did nothing wrong. He really just tried, you know, tried to do something helpful for someone, and, and that person has taken a lot of this the wrong way. I believe. I, I don't think Raw Wolf is doing this on purpose, but I think he took a lot of this the wrong way and, and just isn't really listening to reason as far as how this went. And and it's really bothering. I don't Brandon think that, he's very logical thinker. Yeah, and th- it's really bothering Brandon that that he did all this to be nice to the guy, and now it's backfiring on him and blowing up in his face, and now he has to handle deal with it on radio, and it kind of drew, you know, pushed him away. So, But, I mean, I and this is a, an important point, and Spew Artist just posted what I feel as well. If anything, Slim proved Jax was innocent because he wasn't able to make his point. He wasn't able to in any way change anyone's mind, and that's what I was expecting. And I kind of was just thinking, why is Brandon leaving? You know, he's he just had a victory here. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully we have him back next week. And this kind of reminded me of the old days from, you know, four years ago on Neverwin Poker when uh, MyCon couldn't make it and me and you would do a show. And uh, we actually did some very good shows there, just me and you. And uh, I remember getting good reviews on those shows, and that's why when we were going to do this radio show and start this radio show up, I thought, uh, you know, Angel would be a good host here. And I want to do one with Brandon, too, so I think the best thing would be uh, for all three of us. So Absolutely. And well, I, w- I thank you so much for including us and including me, and 
um, hopefully we'll get back to the norm next week. Yeah, and I'm going to read here a review from an anonymous party that uh, they sent to me just yesterday. There's someone listening to the show from the archives. Loving last week's PFA podcast. The show is so good. Love it more than the old DD one. Great content and talent. That was from someone who sent this to me privately who listened to the show and listens to just about every show and listened to a lot of the shows on, on Donk Down. And, uh, you know, this person really likes this show with the three hosts and, and the chemistry and all that. So, uh, you know, it, it's always encouraging to get comments like that. And, of course, I want to thank John Fabersham, the Colonel's brother, for <laughs> sending me yeah. a sound card that's been working and as you've noticed, we hadn't had any sound card problems or any cutouts during this broadcast. Thank goodness. And thanks also to JSEP, who was so kind as to send me a backup headset after I cried oh, on, I on the air about my cat chewing up all my electronics. I, I didn't know Thank that uh, JSEP sent you that. Yes, I just received it in the mail this week, and it, that was very kind of you. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that is very nice. So uh, tomorrow... I'm going to have either a big day or a very disappointing day. Maybe in the middle. I guess I could survive day three and kind of s- still have average chips and not feel good or bad. But, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you, if I can go into day four and still have average chips, I'll be just fine. Unless I had a whole lot of chips and chunk them off at the end, then I won't be. But I, I just want to get there, you know? I don't have to be the chip leader the whole way. I just want to still be there, and I want to have a reasonable chance to get real deep in this thing without having to have, like, five miracles in a row. And, uh, you know... A couple of miracles is all we ask. Yeah, so whatever is going to happen tomorrow is going to happen, and, uh, you know, I'm going to try my best to make the most of whatever cards I'm dealt, and, uh, you know, if... If it's in my future, if it's in my destiny to go deep in this thing, then I will. If it's in my destiny to bust firsthand tomorrow, then I guess that'll happen too. But uh, at least I got a chance. You know, about uh, three-quarters of the field, I think, is gone now. Or you know, somewhere close to that, maybe 70% of the field. So those people have no chance. Those people are out, and I can talk to myself and say, Hey, I'm coming back with chips tomorrow, with average chips. And, you know, think of all the people that have nothing. So I'm going to try to make right. the most of it. That's right. And... Uh, I guess I'll be looking uh, tonight to see who the other people will be assigned to my table from day 2C. They just com- they're about to complete there about an hour. Anyway, 12 p.m. tomorrow is when I'll be continuing. This show will go back to its normal Tuesday at 7 p.m. time slot for good next week. Maybe every once in a while we'll change it if something comes up in one of our lives, but until the World Series comes back around again... We're not changing this time slide. Tuesday, 7 p.m. will be the time, and you can count on that every week. Sorry for jumping around every week, but we just wanted to give you a show every single week, and we did that during the World Series. Thank you, Angel, for being here and for coming back when your internet came back. Glad to have you on the show always, and uh, hopefully Brandon comes back next week. And thank you all for listening to the show. I love to have all the listeners here. And one, two, three, Shalom. shalom.